Talk Brunch. Served hot. Ah, the state of the world, I swear. I don't even know where to begin. I was looking into this uh this nonsense that we have going on and it and it apparently it spread to where? Like locally, because it's ridiculous. I don't even drink Corona. But I'll tell you this, I knew from the beginning that that was nothing but piss and vinegar. You don't drink that shit. Now we got this corona everywhere. Unbelievable. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here with Destin Frazier. What's up, buddy? Hey, much, man. I'm going to just tell you something right now. Everybody who was going to Raw talk about something. Man, there's so much snow. We ain't got snow in Atlanta in like five years. All right? Y'all better be happy. Yeah, right? It's just, co- the- it's just cold as hell for no reason. No snow, nothing. When we do get snow, we get like an inch thick layer of ice, so you got to get through the shit to get to the snow. I don't want to hear that complaining, all right? <laughs> get to make your snow angels. Incredible. Yeah, be guys careful. Don't drink that Corona out there. Catch that virus. <sighs> <laughs> now I gotta find another go-to drink when I feel like being cheap. Yeah, see, I never <laughs> drank it. That's why I've been okay. See, cooler knows cooler. <laughs> and even when we did get snow, they ain't cancel school for shit. You just had to go to school with hypothermia. That was it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't blame this one on us. You know, call us when someone gets Heinekenitis. <laughs> you know, Heinekenitis. I'm done. <laughs> That Corona, it's not that strong. Take a little NyQuil, you'll be all right. My God. <laughs> oh, boy. I just, Jesus Christ. I almost wanted to be a thing just so I could hear somebody use the name. Like, Yeah, right. Quarantine. Like, get, di- get diagnosed with that shit and not giggle. I dare you. <laughs> like I said, quarantine yourself. Exactly. Just sit in the room with the door locked and the WWE Network, only $9.99. You'll have spent more on that thing. Thank you for the host. You'll have spent more on that than you did on the corona. Mm-hmm, right? You never know. A lot of bad stuff's been going on, but I'm going to start off with uh, an interesting uh, follow-up to a story, if you will. We haven't talked about this in a while, but did you hear that Mar Ronaldo came forward about the Corey Graves stuff? I did not. Yeah, he was on uh, TSN... Uh, 1040 in Vancouver. Hopefully I'm saying that right. I don't know how their stations work or whatever, but he was on this radio thing. I'll link you guys to the, uh, station's website and stuff if you want to research it yourself. But even if you guys, I'm going to give you a little recap. Essentially what happened was, uh, Corey Graves said some remarks. I barely even remember what the remarks were at this point, but it was just implying that Morrow was over talking everyone during the NXT takeover was more or less what he was alluding to. And later on, when the IWC called him out about the remarks, he basically uh, cited himself as working, quote-unquote working kayfabe. You know how it works. But the internet wasn't having that because Mar was someone who stepped forward uh, with mental health issues, and you know how we are in today's society. Everybody freaked out and uh, jumped on Corey Graves. Um, whether he meant to or not, I don't know. I kind of feel like Corey Graves is always saying something condescending, so not, not, nothing about this surprised me. You yeah, it's I mean? just Graves being Graves. like. Yeah, I think that it was a cop-out when he said, oh, I was working. Like, he didn't even have to say anything. The best thing to do is nothing in those situations. Silence is golden. Just uh, let people speculate however the hell they want to. 
but he he basically came forward and you know gave attention to the trolls in regards to the entire thing and i'm and I'm, as far as i know because i listened a little to this audio i'm about to play this drop for you guys i got the impression that it is true it wasn't like with the jbl one because honestly the jbl one despite everything that we heard for whatever reason it might have something to do with a settlement some people have speculated but for whatever reason in the case of the jbl one what we essentially wound up hearing from morrow was uh that it was untrue that he didn't feel disrespected and that they had a good working relationship i find that suspicious with that one just because of the way that it unfolded and the way he abruptly left and the tweets, there was so much evidence and he was gone and then there was silence. And then so long later, almost a year later, I want to say, it was like there was never a problem with myself and JBL. Like I couldn't imagine, like imagine if for some reason the internet um just came up with a thing where it was like, you know, like, oh, Rick Rick doesn't like Destin or, or disagrees with, it, with whatever, there's something with his wrestling opinion. And uh, now there's heat. And I just like didn't say anything like call bullshit on the air or on my podcast that i have or on my countless interviews that i'm doing so like i didn't address it wouldn't that just make it seem like i'm avoiding it yeah which makes it almost seem more true as opposed to if immediately i just like knock it out of the body debunk it immediately nonsense rumors we've seen people do that we've seen wrestlers do that just say nonsense rumors like right away in one tweet one word sometimes it'll be like lies with the retweet of what the rumor was. And then it completely kills it there. So again, with the moral one, I'm not saying it isn't true or is true. I'm just saying it's suspicious to me that there was heat with him and JBL. It seemed allegedly. And then later on, it disappeared. And he came back and said, there was never nothing. Maybe there wasn't. This time around though, he didn't say that. You know what I mean? Like this time in this order, I was waiting for him to say, oh, Corey Graves and I have a good working relationship or something. But it's more like he just talked about, uh, Trying to take the good with the bad. I'm going to let you guys hear and I'll share it to the chat room. It was a blessing in disguise. I have nothing really to say about Corey Graves or, or anyone else in my professional existence uh, in the sense that everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Everyone is able to critique everyone the way they want. Uh, I would never do something like that to a, to a co-worker, but that has been addressed. And if anything, I, I even publicly thank Corey Graves because he was the, the straw that broke the proverbial back in terms of my social media activity, and uh, I will stay here and now. I have been, I've deactivated all of my social media since November, and I would, I would implore everyone, <laughs> especially those with mental health issues, uh, social media is, is, a, is, is so dangerous to those of us with mental health conditions, and, and I know in the media and in our everyday lives now, uh, people are being hired and fired by their social media followings or or the amount of uh, information they post, or how popular they are. I, I think it's uh, a disease. So it, it, out of that situation with uh, my colleague, um, I am no longer on social media. I will never get back on social media. And I can't tell you how many people, how many kids, how many uh, just individuals in general, uh, in reading research and everything else, there, there was nothing beneficial or healthy to me as someone who's dealing with bipolar disorder or any other mental health issue, the anxiety that social media creates, the, the, the false sense of whatever it is, you, you put on your best face, your perfect photos, uh, the amount of depression that stems from social media, the, the envy, the anxiety. So uh, if anything, it, it, it was a benefit to me. I try to look always at the, the positives of all the negatives that we always in, endure. So for me, it, it just allowed me to 
unhook myself from the, the, the social media aspects of life where I found myself doing way too much, uh, and it ate up way too much time. And again, being in the media, being a sports commentator for combat sports, what have you, I'm following everything as much as I ever did. I know as much as I ever did. Uh, so if anything, uh, to everyone so, uh, you know, who suffers from mental health issues, I would severely decrease, if not deactivate, social media. And, and not to, you know, I want to bring it up, the, the tragedy of Kobe Bryant, as we saw on Sunday, uh, the fact that there was so much misinformation shared immediately on social media, whether it was uh, in relation to the, you know, Kobe's uh, Canadian basketball alum, Rick Fox, or, or his entire family. So this is just a, a microcosm of a much, much more serious issue. And uh, my therapist, my support network have noticed a change in me. And uh, so, again, I know how important it is for a lot of people in terms of their job. But, but uh, you know, I said the big F you to social media, and I wish I would have done it a lot sooner. So. He didn't debunk anything. He basically saying, yeah, the Corey Graves thing did happen, but it was a blessing in disguise because all of the drama from that made me turn off all my social media. And ever since my life has been better. What do you think? It's kind of funny how he didn't not as much about that was about Corey. It was more the bigger picture of like, hey, kind of what we say on here. Social media is really not that great of a place anymore. What I mean, you, he, he, it seemed like he definitely made made a point to acknowledge the whole Corey Graves thing. But like it turned it into like a bigger picture, kind of like you said, a blessing in disguise in a sense. And what do you think about him saying that people with mental health issues shouldn't be on social media? That's essentially the message he's conveying there. So I know people who I have, I'm friends with on social social media, I definitely do have like some type of mental mental health issues, whether it's family, friends, anything like that. I could definitely, I definitely see exactly what he means. Like you come across the worst kind of people on social media. And <laughs> Mark's a cough, cough, ACH, cough, cough. Nah, man. <laughs> yeah, he ain't lying. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like if you have stuff going on, social media is not the place for you because you're going to come across those type of people who will say stuff just to take a jab at you, just to take a dig at you because they have nothing else going on with their lives. And that's the only thing that gives them even the remnants of mattering. So, so I, I, mean, I look at it like this. I, I, and I'm, and it's not really a judgment. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, uh, free will. So it's not for me to judge whether or not people should. Well, I mean, not really that they should or, or whether they are allowed to. I could say whether or not they should, but whether they are allowed to, it's their prerogative. That being said, uh, this is just an observation and a thesis. So I'm going to word it very carefully. But in the case of people with mental health issues, I've noticed a consistent pattern, just my observations again, of the more frequency I see in their tweets and posts, the more inherent pain they're actually in internally. That's some dark shit to say, I get it. But I just notice through personal friends and even celebrities or anyone else, whenever someone has a mental health issue, you can kind of tell the difference between when they're using social media outlets as an accessory, a tool, if you will to enhance their actual life as opposed to live it vicariously within you can tell the difference with this you know and uh that doesn't mean you can't post and you can't tweet but like i said before you can tell when people live on here we do it i barely that tweet that you see that we automate that says that we're going live i barely make that 
barely sometimes by the skin of our our teeth where as the intros go i'm about to talk i'm getting that out and that's with seven days <laughs> you know like i could literally hang up from here and be like let me get that thing ready now because i have seven days worth of time so when i see like a lot of people chain tweeting it's a red flag to me because it's almost like i wish i could conjure that time and i'm pretty good with time management you know what i mean but like when the tweet that we're doing and again uh my use has been highly limited. Like anyone who knows me, I'm gone from Facebook. It's the account's still there, sure. But I mean, I'm mainly on, on Twitter. And even that, I'm, it's very, it's all promotion. Like I feel like you and I and others in our circles, we use these things as promotional tools and to stay in touch with one another in regards to the content that we're publicly on an almost daily at this point basis launching, which justifies using it as a tool. And of course, there's the, uh, I guess, recreational aspect of it. You know, even the oldest phones could play Minesweeper. Maybe not. But the point being, when I see it just used, like, you know, oh, I just watched this show. I just ate this ice cream. I just had this burger. I just sat here. I just stood there. There's my dog. There's my cat. There's my kid. After a while, that's a cry for help. This is, again, this is just me shooting. I'm no psychiatrist. But I just noticed that inherently when I see people with issues, the issues manifest themselves through them overusing social media which is probably why when you swear it off at least from all perspective you that energy goes somewhere else probably goes to healing him you know to help uh to helping him think clearer without uh any any invasive thoughts or influences around that that's my speculation on what he's saying yeah definitely makes a lot more sense i mean take time in your life to focus on the stuff that matters not whatever somebody's talking about on social media yeah i think it was a smart move for him and i think for again it's not for everyone it's almost like i look at it this way um some people can drink other people are alcoholics and can't have it at all some people can do it in moderation some people just if they have a little they're gonna have a lot they're gonna that's that's the way that it is when you're not an alcoholic it's probably not relatable to you i think that social media being something that stimulates similar parts of the brain and has dopamine effects and things can also have addictive properties and if you have an addictive personality then similar to alcoholism you're going to want it more and you're going to need it more and you're going to use it more than other people around you who can sort of live with or without it and then it becomes a crutch you just replace one form of addiction for another squires mentioned squires mentioned to me once uh that uh he's been around people that were you know recovering alcoholics and that now they drink so much coffee like to a point where they literally it's all coffee like they fill the damn thing up with mainly the the beans more than anything it's like the strongest coffee on the planet and uh our thesis of this was basically that they're replacing something they have to have something you know what i mean they can't they can't it's not officially cold turkey but they were alcoholics they need something there it's almost somewhat in some layers an oral fixation if you will they're used to drinking some you have to have something and this has some sort of an edge trust me i get it um that being said i feel that social media has now become one of those things and all of our society is looking in the wrong direction with the red herring being video games all i hear about is our video games too violent is there too much video game addiction are video games affecting our youth you know what motherfuckers you're not even paying attention to the real enemy here social media (laughs) can have a way more negative effect on kids teenagers and even adults going into their middle mid fucking 40s than playing Contra or NBA 2K20. 
You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm looking at this here and I don't think enough attention is coming to that, to the fact that, and, and this comes from someone who uses it at a tool. It, if it wasn't for social media, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't even be where we are speaking right now. We wouldn't even have the platform to be able to speak because it all started somewhere before there was audio and visuals and being able to put things together. It all started somewhere. But that being said, I do feel when it comes to mental health, the person can do whatever they want. You don't have to take my advice, but it manifests through their tweets and through their posts. That's a lot of when you see a lot of posting and you yourself, I know you're busy all the time. We can't find the time to be on there posting. It's almost impossible. And I'm not trying to be Mr. High Horse here or anything, but I think that's that's the sign of, of a healthy uh, life where uh, there's a balance. How often do you see people who are genuinely busy, directors, producers, writers, anyone freelance, small or big time, anyone who's trying to make their content, whether you're whether you have one follower on Twitter or whether you have a billion, anyone who's trying to make any type of content, find me one of them that just chain tweets. Anyone, anyone, look for me, find me anyone. I'm talking big or small time that's invested in just making their content. There's tons of community. You know how many wrestling communities there are out there? That's the reason why it's hard to stay established in this t- in today's world, because there are so many. When we started this, I believe we were here before what culture? I'm pretty sure. As a matter I of think, fact. Yeah, I think I remember you telling me that. We were here from 2014, right? So... We were here I want to say I remember you telling me you were here before, like well, or around that the same time as them. right? Or around the same time, so close to the beginning of this. And there's been so many different platforms that I've seen people, and it's sad to say because I love our community, I love our live chat room as well as uh, the people on iTunes and everyone, which is the majority of our listeners. But um, there are people who have been pumping out their episodes, and they might have fucking ten views on a podcast. But they've been doing it. And even those people, not mentioning any shows, but even those people are too busy just creating whatever the hell they make to have time for social media. And you know what, man? I respect that. Whether I agree with the quality of the show or whether I like the whatever whatever the networks are, whether I, I agree with the host opinions. I'm not saying I do or don't. This isn't biased. It's just me saying in general, very generalized um, opinion here. I can respect that I see that their effort is going into their content and not into their tweets. And uh, I think that the less you, time you spend on social media and the more you just use it as a tool to help get your shit out there, the more uh, healthy you and your relationship to others and social media will be. And if you can't create that balance, the same way an alcoholic can't uh, stifle their drinking and just have a couple, then that's the case that Mara might be saying. If you can't just tone it down, just get off of it. And yeah, either way, you're going to be in a lot better of a place. Yeah. And 20, 2020, you know, we're in 2020 right now. It hasn't caught on yet. But I think that in a couple more decades, if not sooner, people will make that bridge. And with the way information moves, people make discoveries and have epiphanies a lot more often. And I think that in the future, what we're saying will be common knowledge, just that, yeah, social media, no different than alcohol. It can mess you up if you have mental health issues. You get addicted to it and misuse it, and the signs are there, and uh, we just weren't able to label them or categorize them yet the way we are now. So mark this down, because in the future, they'll talk about it. Once oh, they yeah. get over the fact that games are violent and cause all the other shit in the world. you know, the Exactly. Talk, but then again, I mean, what, what, what else are they going to do? Actually take the time to research stuff? Nah, <laughs> just go with the video games. 
Complain about how many motherfuckers are drinking Corona, causing this virus. <laughs> right? We got Damn real Corona. issues here, right? When they told me coronavirus, I thought it came from Mexico. They were like, China, really? There's no card virus, just saying. Is that a Mandela effect? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Ever since that first fucking Halloween episode, anytime he gets a chance to work a Mandela effect bit in there, it happens every time. <laughs> So what worked for Morrow was staying off of social media. Uh, he seemed happy for it. He's imploring people to. He's pretty honest and open about what's worked and what hasn't. And uh, I think he's correct. I think in the case of someone like that, even someone, and he was a business guy. He's using it for business. It helped progress you. But even in his case, he says, don't use it. I would say if you're not using it at least 85% for the purpose of networking for some higher goal, even if that goal is just trivially your own stuff, then don't do it. Yeah, like me, example, it's either some kind of promotion of the show, or in my case, I just keep up with people I don't really see anymore. Friends, like I got a friend all the way in Norway we keep up with through Facebook. So it's like, yeah, exactly. it's definitely a lot better of a reason than just posting just for the sake of posting. Yeah, like I don't need to hear that you're rewatching Goonies. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I don't care. We've all seen Goonies. We all have our memories of fucking Goonies. I don't need to see a tweet scroll past that you'll be watching Goonies. Why would I care? Why would I care? I have Messenger. I could, if I was curious about what you were watching or doing, I could go, hey, what you doing? Why would you broadcast that? Imagine if tweets were like the bat signal and you each had one on your rooftop. Holy How shit. stupid it would look to have one guy who shoots out a light that just says watching Goonies. I'm not even, I don't know anyone who said anything about Goonies, by the way. If I know everybody's already look, looking on your, <laughs> on your social media <laughs> to see who I'm shit talking. I made this up. It's a completely fabricated event. Stop it. Again, not targeted at anybody. <laughs> Somebody scroll through their fucking thing. We were talking about the Goonies. <laughs> it didn't have. I'm just saying metaphorically. You know what I mean? That's the kind of shit that we don't. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm not gonna lie? I started thinking it too. Who the fuck was watching the Goonies? <laughs> That's just a metaphor, you know. I know everybody wants to do that, you know. I don't need to hear about it, like, you know what I mean? I don't need to hear that you uh, I don't know, caught your favorite family guy episode or any of that shit. You gonna <laughs> you know? cosplay you're gonna cosplay as greased up deaf guy or dragon con? I don't give a shit thing. You know, and then also those those obscure messages that people leave where it's just like, you know, just can't take it anymore. And someone goes, What's wrong? Nothing. I don't want to talk about it. Then, bitch, why'd you post it? <laughs> don't want to say it on here. <laughs> oh my god! Or just something but- that just leaves infinite directions of speculation. You know, like it rained yesterday. Tomorrow will be better. Just whatever. Just stop it. Just fucking stop. Stay off of social media if you don't know how to use it properly. Just because you can make grilled cheese with your iron doesn't mean you should. <laughs> Yo, he took it back with that one. Oh, God, on the ground paper bag in the shoebox. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand the flashback I just had. Holy shit. Yeah, don't, oh. don't drink Corona is a, is a message. <laughs> That's what all this mental talk was, was all about. <laughs> yeah, write it down, right? That's the moral <laughs> of the story. Everything that I just mentioned, all of the different layers of psychology that we just try to explore boil down to don't drink corona if you don't want to catch this virus oh god and the sad part is i don't know what else you have on the program but i'm praying for something to set that one up to be the title perfectly 
I don't know. I mean, I have ever, what don't we ever have on the program? It's a matter of how much we can get through in the a lot of time. So you know, I'm pretty sure it's all here. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad whatever worked for Mauro, man, honestly. Yeah, I'm glad I'm that he, he found his happy medium and it makes sense to me. That's the reason I wanted to elaborate on what he, he meant. All the joking and banter in there aside, the satire, if you will, aside, the, the main message. I think he's right. When you find people stuck on social media like that, uh, it's definitely a red flag. That doesn't mean don't use it. Yeah. I mean, shoot, when it came to tomorrow's Twitter, one thing I always noticed was, especially after the big takeovers, and I know it's one of those things where it's a case of the bad outweighing the good, but one of the things that you always used to see was people always giving him shout outs on his commentary. I used to do it myself. Like, like the fact that I would used to have chills listening to his commentary, you know, Mara really appreciated that stuff, but it was a lot less of that and more of just the bullshit on Twitter. So it's like, well, I have it. You shouldn't have to wade through the bullshit to get to the fun part. So, yeah, I get where a man's coming from, though. And I do. I really feel for him. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and Corey Graves, you know, he, he you have to. Unfortunately, Corey Graves, like I said, I've never been a fan of his commentary, but he has been a shit talker for a while. But at the same time, it's a business. He's They're in the business of shit talking. Yeah. He's been shit talking too long for anybody to act like it's a surprise when he does. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's to the point where why even be pissed? Like, it's Corey Graves. What do you expect? Yeah, exactly. It's like hearing a Jim Cornette shoot and being mad when he cusses. Like, what? Because he said motherfuck a few times. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, <laughs> I'm going to give you the same reaction. Like, this is what he does. Get over it. Like, Okay. So, again, we're going to talk about the big story, I guess, here. WWE has had some issues. Woo! Yeah. Um... How do you even break down a story like this? The program in front, <laughs> the program in front of me is gigantic. We're going to try our best, though. So just let's see here. You guys, I'm sure you already know the gist of it because I've gone over some of it, but I like to do the news on the air with everyone so that uh we can just sort of experience reactions and shit together. So I got the general bullet points. I'm bringing it up on the screen now. That being said, those are the co-presidents. Rather, those were the co-presidents of WWE. Michelle Wilson and George Barrios. Hopefully I'm saying his name correctly. And they are gone. They are gone from the company and they will no longer sit on the board of directors. And this is big news. It may not seem like that big of a deal, but, uh, they had, uh, been with this company for years and they are pretty much the ones that hold all of the business aspects of it together. In their place, they have Frank A. Riddick III. As interim chief financial officer, he's been on the board of directors for 11 years. That being said, the fact that he's a chief, an interim chief financial officer is very telling because the only time you have an interim is when you don't know exactly who you were planning on replacing them with. And the only time you don't know exactly who you're planning on replacing them with is when you didn't know you were going to release them. So this is definitely unplanned. It's not like WWE was saying, here's the person and here's the reason. Like they did with their music. Remember, they got rid of Jim Johnston and brought in uh, those other guys. What are you? Yeah, CFO. CFO, whatever. Wait, 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 wait. Is this intern another guy? I'm just saying, chief financial officer, CFO. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, foreshadowing, (laughs) right? But this isn't a case of they know who they have. They have an interim guy in there for a little while. Vince McMahon. They, 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 They filled the spot in a rush. Yeah. So Vince McMahon was quoted as saying, I would like to thank George and Mike and, and, and Michelle 
for their 10 plus years of service and contributions to the organization. I am grateful for all that was accomplished during their tenure. But the board and I decided a change was necessary as we have different views on how best to achieve our strategic priorities moving forward. We have a deep team of talented, experienced and committed executives across the organization and the board and I have great confidence in our collective abilities to create compelling content, engage our global fan base across platforms, increase revenues and drive shareholder value. So that was the very PC answer to the entire thing. And uh, like I said before, on one hand, you and I have spoken about sometimes how we feel like as crazy as it sounds, they're a big enough company that when things go really bad, they should just rattle the tree and let some apples fall. In other words, just fuck it. Like these writers and everything suck. Bye. We're going to try next week without you guys. And if it works, we won't call you back. That kind of stuff, you know. But that being said, we got a PC answer from uh, from Vince there. And um, this apparently affected them. Because their stock fell. And honestly, their stock has fallen so much over the past week that I had to, I lost track, honestly. I was, I was, I had a program done where I was losing track as it dropped. But we're going to see here what we have. Cause it just kept falling. It fell $10 as soon as this happened, which is a big deal. I believe their stock was above $100. It fell $10. And, uh, the investors are nervous because those guys were a big deal in keeping the company afloat and making all of the big deals and stuff. They said that this was out of left field. It was quoted as being an ugly departure, whatever the hell that means. And they said that the company is currently in panic mode. And uh, basically, Yahoo wrote up some bullet points in regards to why these guys might have been released. And uh, basically, they said, uh, let's see here. Interesting. They said bad headlines in the past few years, like with the Saudi Arabia controversy. Um, I'm not sure how they in- contributed to that. They said uh, investors were growing concerned about WWE's upcoming contract renewals and their public relations fallout with the because of the treatment of their wrestlers. So things like this came into play. Uh, the fact that they didn't renew their television contract with Saudi Arabia. And uh, we didn't, I don't think we had time to talk about it on here, but they had a television deal in the Middle East. And for some reason, even though there's still six months on that, on that deal, the Middle East just started, uh, just stopped showing it. They didn't really ever explain it. There's like no explanation as to what the hell's going on, you know, so stuff like that. And with that, we bring Matt Squires on here. What's up? What's going on? Hey. Yeah. I wouldn't worry. I heard Vince is going to follow the World Warcraft 3. Um, God. Kind of the, even, that, their, their game plan. So it's going to be good. Even. We just finished talking <laughs> about Morrow. You missed your, your, your best friend. Oh. I missed a tissue segment. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, apparently these are some of the reasons. We're hearing that they just need someone to take the fall. But these are the reasons. These are the things. The Middle East contract being messed up. I guess John Oliver, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I'm guessing John Oliver, he did another one of his uh, smear campaigns on them recently. And I guess that also contributed to the stock dropping. Oh, God. <laughs> um. There's a bunch of big investors, according to Brad Shepard, that are saying they're considering pulling out of this. And uh, according to Meltzer, they he like just like I said, he's saying that these two are being used as scapegoats because also the fourth quarter financials are lower than the expected. And I believe this week they're supposed to have that phone call, you know, a good old conference where you tell all your investors how the year's been. And from what we're hearing, even though that hasn't happened yet, to my knowledge, uh, when it does happen, it's going to be bad news. 
So this might be part of them absorbing that. And uh, yeah, they're also being reported that inside of Titan Tower, the vibe is uncomfortable, <laughs> which I can imagine that it is. Oh, and that Lord. people aren't sure what's going on. PW Insider said that uh, they said there were ir- irreconcilable differences between McMahon and uh, his two co-presidents and that it conflicted with his overall vision for the company. And, uh, yeah, they basically just said different strategic priorities and, uh, that basically came down to him being Vince and them not. And then again, they were in, they were in panic mode after all of this. And Stephanie and Triple H weren't consulted. They said this was like an impulsive Vince McMahon decision. Like, bam, two of the top people in the, in, in the thing gone. Maybe it might be something we don't know here about how quickly the hand of McMahon came down on this. You know what I mean? We could, there's probably something missing, but we're hearing that, uh, Apparently they were quote unquote. Do you, do you think they refused to? You think they refused to join a club? The, I hope not. Oh. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently, we're hearing that they were talking shit about the XFL. I don't know if that's cited as the reason, but we're hearing that they were talking shit in regards to the XFL. I don't know what kind of shit they were talking. But according to Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer, he said that the way it's structured is that Vince is probably going to lose about $375 million on the XFL. And he knows that. And that's why he's going to gonna um, do it. And at the end of those three years, the idea is that he'll be able to get a television deal that will total over $125 million a year, which will cover the losses. And then he's OK. And there's a lot of factors involved in that and that the ratings are one of them and that if he could get... um those stations um to feel that it's valuable to pay that much um it's not as long it's not as big of a long shot as everyone thinks nonetheless we're hearing that the two of them had issues with that that could all be speculation i would take that with a grain of salt because you really never know but yeah we can definitely say that they're gone we're also saying that uh wwe pr is on standby for when that next quarterly report comes out for damage control because we're hearing that at that point when it becomes public whatever it is they have to say in that financial report you're going to see the shares drop even more than they've been nosediving for this past week but according to bloomberg it says that the recent financial crisis cost them over 1 billion in market value because they took a 28 percent drop of stock so not good Loop Capital's Alan Gold said that WWE has diminished confidence in regards to Wall Wall Street, which at one point they were a go-to thing with their stock. Like I said, I believe it was over 100. And uh, the television, um, yeah, because we have, uh, who's this? Light Shed Partners analysts said the television ratings crumbled while engagement metrics across the company's other business units have followed linear TV ratings down. Fans have continuously complained about the quality of the company's content. It's funny how things that they ignored are becoming bullet points of, of their fucking doom, you know, because people do pay attention, but we don't know. How before uh, the marks come out and say, this is AEW's doing. <laughs> how do we know they're not already out? <laughs> oh, I can already see it. Ah, see? But Meltzer was saying that unless... Uh, Barrios and Wilson have now retired from being part of WWE that they could very potentially wind up somewhere else. And what's scary about that, and especially Meltzer saying it, which Meltzer, in my opinion, and many people have gone on record and said this, he's no longer really as unbiased of a dirt sheet as he used to be. He's practically part of AEW with the way he reports the dirt sheets. If you really listen to the way he reports, everything's pro AEW. 
he clearly, I don't know if they pay him or if he has an invested interest or if he just loves them that much or the friendship goes that deep. But the fact that Mel's are saying that they could wind up somewhere else, I wonder if that's like a red flag that they would wind up over there. I don't know if they would need people in those positions over there or in similar positions since those would already be uh, slotted. But at the end of the day, the bigger problem isn't really whether or not they retire and that they can go somewhere else because of the fact that there are just two people. The bigger problem is that a lot of the people that are in high positions were brought in by them. And uh, if they do wind up going to another company, they might pull some of those people, those resources that they filled the office with over to that other company and sweeten the deal. The stuff that you see that happens in wrestling between federations isn't that different than the stuff that happens between corporations. I even venture to think that maybe that's how they got the idea of doing that kind of stuff in wrestling. Because that's Could the way be. corporations work. That being said, it's happened in games too. If you recall Infinity Ward, when they released the two lead developers of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I forget their names, I'm sorry, brain fart right now, but you know who I'm talking about. They're the originators. They're not the originators of Call of Duty. They're the ones that reimagined it. They're the ones that made it have that uh, Modern Warfare-esque engine with the kill streaks and the, and the UAVs, right? They're the ones... Yeah. They're the ones that are, you know, they basically made Call of Duty super successful. And they got walked out of that company, literally escorted out by security where they had to grab their shit. Like it was a scene, you know, where they they were put out. So this kind of stuff does happen. But what did those guys do? They went and they made Respawn. Pun, I'm sure, intended. Respawn Entertainment. They left Infinity Ward and said, you know what? Fuck Activision if you guys are going to treat us like that after we. But again, you know, there's two sides to a story because we also heard rumors that these guys had already been in talks with EA and that that's the reason why uh, Activision said, you know what? Fuck you guys for, you know, this, this, uh, you know, what you're, you're about to do. We already know what you guys are about to do because let's not forget EA. They're the battlefield guys. Activision is the Call of Duty guys. And the rumor is that uh, they preemptively found out these guys were planning on jumping ship to EA. So they pulled the trigger on it so that they wouldn't get any more information or leaks or who, who knows what the, what the hell. Happened. Something like that could happen. Maybe Vince knew that these guys had some other endeavor somewhere else. I don't know the details. But when you look at the Activision situation, the important details are that when these two guys left, it left Activision and Call of Duty somewhat damaged. They wound up having to scramble together whoever the hell was left and when these guys went over to respawn and developed titanfall and titanfall 2 they took guys you literally i remember we used to report more game stuff on here they were dropping like flies every couple of days there were two or three more pe- people from infinity war that resigned and jumped over to respawn they took that entire company down you know like they literally whatever infinity Ward became afterwards wasn't what it was originally and people who played the games regularly like myself at that time saw the difference in the quality like the games there was a point where the games were terrible and it was like you could tell that it was just people who were trying to make something that they weren't the originators of for a long long time and the only reason why the franchise even survived is because they were lucky and smart enough when this whole thing started to make it a franchise that's bi-annually or or i guess every two years would be would be proper because bi-annually would be six months because uh the way it worked was uh infinity ward would do one and then Treyarch would do the other. Then Infinity Ward would do one. And then Treyarch. So you had Infinity Ward doing their Modern Warfare. And Treyarch, I believe, did World at War. And then went on to do the Black Ops. So Treyarch's mainly Black Ops. Infinity Ward was mainly Modern Warfare. And then they, you know, the titles alternate. That being said, so you have two years to work on this. So that's why sometimes every other series was good. Because you didn't have the original people there. They all jumped over. 
So that's the way a lot of things happen in corporations. When you see two top people, and again, they're, they're by no means the same. Wrestling and gaming are two different things. When you look at the structure, the infrastructure, you have two top people leave like that, and it's abruptly. It could be that the the CEO himself knows some shit that we don't, which is what was rumored with the other thing. We may never know. Maybe a non-disclosure agreement when they left in their severance package, which I'm sure they received. But uh, again, when you look at this situation here, and when you compare it to what happened with Infinity Ward, it, it's telling of how this kind of stuff can go down so what do you guys think yeah it's, i mean uh, they're gonna take it go ahead i don't know say so yeah it's definitely to have two like as you said they're the co-president so like they're literally like the next step down from the top to have two people like that just dip it's it's not only it's gonna hurt the company but then you're gonna wonder are we gonna find out later on why they dipped because it's already it, it's already hurting them before we even know why they left. And they didn't dip; they were dipped. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so it's just kind of wonder now what what are they going to say? Because I mean, are they going to say something later on down the road? Because if it winds up coming out looking even worse, then that's even more damage than they're already dealing with now. And the the damage that they're dealing with now isn't even over yet. Yeah. So they did this abruptly. I just no- think mm-hmm. they've been in this position before where they've been down and out. You have to remember, as crazy as Vince McMahon is, he's just as much as a genius. He created Wrestling Pay-Per-View, and then pretty much on the same hand, destroyed it by making his own network. While everyone laughed at him and told him it was a horrible idea, and this isn't going to work, and look, they're a self-sustaining company now because of it. So, as crazy as it sounds, he may have his reasons. Maybe Stephanie and Shane are going to be the, the, you know, he's moving everything out of line so his kids can take over so, and nobody's in the way. So, a couple things. We're hearing rumors that one of the reasons why these guys might be taking a fall is because in this conference call, in this quarterly report, that WWE network is not as self-sustaining as you might think. For the first time since its creation, it might be under a million in regards to subscribers which is not good. And in regards to Stephanie and Triple H, uh, there's an issue there. Melser saying that the company will be safe for five years no matter what, even if something happened to Vince and there's chaos because they have the revenue coming in. But uh, it can't be Triple H and it can't be Stephanie. Um, they're not going to be CEOs or anything like that because uh, Wall Street won't accept them in that role because they don't have the that background. So even they though they don't... Accept Shane. Well, even though they know how Shane's to run the, his own company, maybe they would accept Shane, you know, but the day to day couldn't be Stephanie and Triple H as much as people thought that automatically through order of command. That's how it would work. It's like Wall Street. Remember, this is a publicly traded company. Now, when people back when people were saying all of that, it was during the attitude era where they weren't publicly traded. So you can't just decide, hey, you know, we're going to have these guys take over like that. So uh it's very unfortunate. Very unfortunate when you look at it because this is, I think this is going to be the entire, uh, infrastructure changing. And the only people that are being noted as safe are people that work far removed from Vince. So it's something else. This is a role that Linda used to have before these guys took it over. Maybe it's a good thing. It, it could Who be. Knows? We'll, ha- we'll <laughs> have to find out what the, what the reasoning is in regards to it. Like I said, there's so many different things that are happening because of the subtlety of it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how things play out as the weeks go by for sure. Yeah, we heard because more is gonna come out. There's no way it's not. Yeah, we heard that they were liked within the company. There were people they were they were like good company people, and uh, they left a huge hole in the company's contingency plan. 
because if something happened to Vince, that was always what people would say. I guess it was in the office that, well, some, God forbid, Vince ever falls ill or, or dies or something. We know that these two are going to be able to continue with what's going on. Now, literally, the contingency plan's been fired. If Vince was to fall into bad health or die, everything would spin into chaos. Like the, the main people who know how to run everything are, would be gone. So I want to know how many weeks before these two people do a podcast with Conrad Thompson? Oh, God. <laughs> you wish. I'm, like I said, I'm sure I, it's a I non- had to actively think of who you were talking about for a second. I was like, who is that guy? Oh, yeah. yeah with that, that non disclosure that I'm sure is in their severance package. They're smart about that. WWE yeah. has the finest lawyers. Could you imagine? Yeah. But yeah, I'm also saying that it's got to be something really serious for him to fire both people without notice to no succession plan and kind of killing the succession plan. Because if something happened to him, then everybody expected it to be Michelle Wilson and George Barrios that would be the people to run the company. And now nobody knows who's going to run the company. And the uncertainty is one of the reasons the stock price dropped. Hmm. That's tough shit right there, huh? <laughs> yeah, that is nuts. Stock can always go da- back up. I mean, I don't put too... I mean, it, it is shocking, but I mean, that stuff always fluctuates. To me, nothing about this is shocking. I, I mean, yeah. it would be one thing if this... If people are acting like this went off like a like the Big Bang. You know, like, oh, everything was signed and suddenly... Like, no. What the hell have we been on here talking about for almost two years now? Every single time something, oh, look, they're taking a big risk with a lot of money there. Oh, now they're going to be part of Fox. This is a big deal. Those ratings and those numbers are going to mean something. Oh, shit. What are they going to do? It's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. What are we, what are we talking about? Like, like this, they're acting like they were just suddenly hit by a beam. They've been rolling. They've been gambling. Vince McMahon was irrational and made a jump decision about something. They've been gambling. (laughs) They've been gambling for like their entire fucking tenure. Think about it. We spent a couple of years in here talking about how the risk and reward game has been played. The network. We spoke about it before on here. And it was it was risk and reward. Some of these things that we, we wondered how it was going to turn out. The Saudi thing. We were wondering how to deal with the TV and all the shit was going to turn out. The Fox thing. The ratings. All of this was stuff that we wanted. And now we're getting the answer. We said it wasn't something that was going to happen right away. But that if it did, you would start to see changes. And that's assuming the speculation is correct. That these people were released because they needed somebody to take the bullet which is very possible you got to keep this kind of stuff in mind that everyone's kind of acting like oh it's just just a suddenly this isn't gonna all suddenly it hasn't been sudden there's been a gradual decline in everything we hardly ever come on here and talk about the improvements (laughs) you know or how much better or how that worked out it's always uh uh-oh well or it's always very close they make it by like the skin of their heads so I mean, don't be surprised if you see some drastic changes. There's rumors going around, again, just rumors, but there's rumors going around of a purchase, of it being impossible for Vince to be able to do what he's planning on doing with the XFL and invest that time into that and split it with WWE. And that this entire thing that you've been seeing has been to transition them over to Fox and it becoming a Fox property. And the McMahons having nothing to do with it. Maybe they still be characters, but there's been rumors. And we talked about that on here a long time ago. I'm sure you guys remember. It's like this is the first time I've brought up that potential sale. Back when we, we were talking about them even being part of Fox, when that was still a rumor, we were saying that the bigger picture of that rumor was that down the road they were prepping for a sale to Fox. And that we're going to see if something like that comes up. And now that's coming up. We're also hearing rumors of it being a bidding war and that Disney would be involved. You'd have Disney versus Fox again, this time for WWE. That's something that's been floating around. Can you imagine? 
these two companies are enveloping everything in their fucking sites. <laughs> After the new episode of Mandalorian, it's hell in the cell. <laughs> and then they have a run-in from Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, my God. It'll be like, I want, be to the, I want him to do the manic stuff. You know, like he'd be on the top and shit. You know, and jump down. <laughs> and then it'd be Little Mermania. Yeah. yeah. You go into Disneyland, you get your princess with Cinderella, Santina, Pocahontas. Oh, God. Look at that. You see? This is this is the merger from hell, literally. No matter who it is, we all lose. But yeah, the, it, <laughs> we, we had that speculation a while ago that something was going on. And it's starting to look like something is going on. I don't know what this would mean for the future. I'm, I mean, we can't just all assume that tradition wouldn't be followed. I have no idea what a WWE owned by Fox or Disney would look like. It gets fireflied. It's just not on no more. That's just it. They oh just God. kill it. They just shoot it. They would never be able to do that. <laughs> and also, last year, the McMahons and uh, those two co-presidents, Barrios and Wilson, they sold a lot of stock when it was still high. You know, we we talked about it on here. How they just dropped loads of stock off. It's almost like everyone knew something that we don't. It's been slowly happening. I'm just saying, there's a lot, a lot of strange. A little stuff insider here. trading. Uh-uh, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just saying that we're in an interesting spot here where you might wind up with no McMahon's. You worried about whether Triple H, Stephanie? This might be a completely different looking company. And you see the way Fox treats wrestling. I mean, I hate to say it, but they're not exactly the most respectful people when it comes to wrestling at all. If you if you leave the same people in charge of that that allow people to make mistakes with names and events and stuff, that shit will be American Gladiators within a week. <laughs> <laughs> it'll just be corny and hokey and no one will care and it'll fade into obscurity. I think you need the people that are in charge of this company, especially now more than ever. We could get Gordon Ramsay as a GM. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just have him come out and just just have him come out and just start a Noki and fucking Lana's matches like what? Yeah, matches garbage. So there was a digital <laughs> producer for WWE and he tweeted, his name's Zach Linder, and he tweeted, I will never forget the WWE all hands meeting when staff frustrated with limited parking at the office asked about renovations to the garage and George Burrell said they had considered it, but decided to buy a, pri- a new private plane instead. Anyway, I wish him well. Mm-hmm. Those are some harsh freaking oliver twist style stories right you want more more parking oh god (laughs) can i have a parking spot sir please please (laughs) no i need a new plane these are part of the reasons why social media will be considered unhealthy (laughs) see how dramatic things become see see see, marl got off to avoid this like, that doesn't even sound like a realistic story we're reading here. <laughs> like, what was he? Was he rubbing his hands together like a villain? Yeah. That? Like, in, in what you context? He should have allowed... I hate when people do tweets like that. You know, because in what context did he say it? Literally, like, you guys were like, listen, you know, it's hard for us to park. There's never any parking here. The other day, my wife went into labor, and I had to rush back to the house, and I had to run out through the parking lot to the three blocks of where I parked. And, and then he just rubbed his hands and was like, <laughs> sorry, bro. We're getting a jet. <laughs> like, like, what would be the context? Excellent. And also, these guys, you don't really see them in the public eye very often, aside from the McMahons. In what context, during a meeting, 
what that should be okay or be able to be conveyed in that way. What are you, Wolferman Hart? And we're watching an episode of Angel? <laughs> you know what the fuck? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, the evil corporation at the top of the building. You know, I got to send Bruce Willis in there to throw a motherfucker off. Like, what is happening here? That that was the call. He needs to, someone needs to get a shoot interview with this guy and him provide some sort of context into which somebody yeah. who's in that position, a president, would like literally villainously be like, <laughs> we're getting a jet. <laughs> write it down ha we're getting a jet and the yeah. jet runs on tears of your children so tell them yeah. no raises <laughs> it releases extra carbon dioxide just so that we could screw over the atmosphere earlier than usual we're going to be ahead of schedule like we are for our quarterly meetings <laughs> like, it's, it's going to be what, a fuck by Thursday. You're going to be fucked by Tuesday. Like, here we are trying to just break down what could be happening on a corporate level, having no idea of the infrastructure, really. And and someone's just like, ah, oh, remember that time he, he, he got a jet instead of gave me parking? Oh, God. Petty. <laughs> and was that, that really... Show name? No. Was that really the coin toss, too? Like, I have to also analyze... And I hate to analyze this tweet that much, but was that really... You expect me to believe... That that's the way that things work within the WWE headquarters within Titan Towers. You guys were sitting around a room trying to decide between a jet and more parking. Get the It'd fuck be great out if of that's here. how it was. I doubt that that, first of all, everyone can get a jet. Even the wrestlers have enough money to have jets. Everyone can fly. When you're rich, you can fly if you feel like it. Write it down. You can fly if you feel like it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have gotten three titles in two bits on this. So show. it's just hard to believe. Even renovations you can do. You know what I mean? It doesn't sound like it's out of their wallet's reach that they'd have to decide between a jet and parking. So I'm calling bullshit on that. Maybe that guy just wanted to make a dramatic type deal. Wouldn't that be great if like that's how they decide the streak was going to end every year they just flipped a coin? And it's just they got heads 21 times and then that one time they got tails. We should start a rumor on here even more ridiculous. We should say that what we found out happened, which is too late if we say it and people hear this, but it would have been great. To say that uh, we had to, they had to choose between the two co-presidents and Pyro, and this year Pyro won. That's why, all the, <laughs> that's why all the Pyro's back because they fucked off with these two, and the budget of all their earnings is now for Pyro. That's what it is. Not even Pyro. <laughs> we want Keurig or the two presidents. You know, the Pyro and the and the uh, and the fiend mask is what we had to pay for with their salaries. <laughs> we we I mean, we could have kept one of them, but then you guys would have a maskless fiend. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't like a maskless fiend, would you? Yeah, maybe if you guys uh, would have bought more of these exclusive belts, we would have been able to keep them. Right. So it's the fans' fault. You love Bray Wyatt the fiend so much, but you didn't invest in this belt, so now they're fired. <laughs> your seven grand, the seven grand you needed to save for your kids' college fund, cost them their jobs. Congratulations. Gone. Yeah. Gone. You know what? Maybe. What if that was their idea, that fiend belt? They deserve to be fired then. <laughs> there might be some decisions that they made. We've heard that Vince wasn't happy with the uh, with the international deals with one of the things. At least that's the rumor that he just wasn't uh, you know, he just wasn't happy with, with some of the deals that were going on. And if that's the case, maybe maybe this is a different situation. Maybe this is one where he Vince is like, I didn't, I don't like the Saudi Arabia shit. And they're the ones that are like, oh, you know, Vince, we got the lot, got to get that Saudi money, you know? And he's like, what do you mean, Inferno match there? I mean, you know? Story. It could be, that like, be like, great. You know, we have these people that are all 
very corporate that are not thinking about things on a personal level. They could simply be detached emotionally from like what wrestlers and shit have to go. Maybe Vince is the more empathetic person in this situation and we're just not looking too much into it. He doesn't want to do Saudi Arabia stuff or have all these other crazy things that we think are stupid. <laughs> you know, just we don't know. Take a little laugh. I would love for that to be the story. You know, because you maybe, see so many people blaming Vince. It's like, oh, see, it wasn't Vince. You know, we don't know. It's all speculation from this point, but we do know that they're gone. And like I said, that's gonna you're gonna feel the uh, the effects of that quicker than you're gonna probably even know why the hell this happened. Oh so, boy, yeah, we'll wait and see. Yeah, we definitely will wait and see. You know, good luck to the McMahons. And uh, there's been some changes. We don't really have to say that these are related changes because there's no way to know. But there's been some changes within the company itself now that uh, all of this is happening. One of the things we're hearing is now they have to be more careful with the way they call up superstars. You can't just one day be in an angle on NXT and then the next day show up on television on Raw SmackDown anymore. If you're used, yeah, you're I heard about called this. up. Instead, it's going to pe- be people who aren't used. I don't know to what the boundaries of these rules are going to be. But apparently, that's the long and short of it. They can't just pull you out of an angle like they've done many times before. Yeah, from what that's, I'm hearing, we go ahead, Squires. I said that's good. Yeah, yeah, because that's from what I'm hearing. Like, if you're doing something, like, like example, like a Raul Mendoza could get called up because he's not doing anything, but you can't just call up like a Ricochet. I mean, um, like a Johnny Gargano or anybody like that. If you're not do, if you're doing something, you're not getting just thrown up anymore. Yeah, which, uh, I mean, that's smart, you know, because it used to be inconvenient. I remember not not liking that at all. Like before NXT had a network, back when it was even FCW, I remember being invested in certain angles that were going on. And then they literally got abandoned and they were cool because, you know, you had interesting people booking that back then. I believe FCW might have still been Danny Davis at the time. I could be wrong. This before Impact came and after they moved it over to NXT. But uh, I remember there were just some interesting angles. They got dropped because they had like no fucking choice like back when Roman Reigns was Layaki, somebody took him out in the parking lot and there was this big deal about the buildup of his return. Then when he showed up, he had already solved who it was and was going to announce it. And then the Shield just debuted. And it was just like, well, guess that. Guess we'll never find out that. That, that was a lot of my issue with uh, how War Raiders wound up losing the tag titles. They were just on Raw and SmackDown so much. They were like, fuck it. We don't need these anymore. Yeah, but I mean, at least you got some closure. They tried to wrap it up because it was more known by then. It was literally like just that angle disappeared. Or like Rollins used to be followed around by Paige before they called her Paige. Back when she would she would just emerge whenever he was around from like different places. And they called her like the raven haired beauty. And no one like knew where it was going or what her intentions were and shit. Gone. For obvious reasons. <laughs> just like, fuck it, we, get, we need these. Bye. Like nothing ever got resolved in that company. And I think that's why winding up on the network was a smart move because now people got more invested and now more so to the fact that it's like sort of entwined into the angles. Cause I remember there were points where they wouldn't say anything. Like even if you were the NXT world champion, if you showed up on Raw, which I believe Owens did, there were a point where they didn't acknowledge it for a while. There were people who just didn't get their, uh, their NXT recognition until they got comfortable with the company being like a permanent fixture. Yeah, I know, like, when Rollins came up, all they mentioned was that he was from NXT. They didn't mention that he was NXT's first world champion. Or anything, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's I, 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 I know when Neville, and uh, the first time Neville appeared on Raw, he luckily was NXT champion, so they had to acknowledge it. Same with Owens, but, yeah, they, they, they weren't big on acknowledging what you did in NXT. Yeah, no, they weren't at all. Actually, that was the case with Big E. Nobody knew Biggie was the second um, NXT champion until like 
God, I don't know how long. I think until that best of NXT DVD came out. Yeah. Well, like I said, there's just changes left and right. That's the kind of stuff that you got to worry about. Shane, Sugar Shane, what's going on, dude? Sugar. Hey. Welcome to the party. But they're also making changes in regards to the employment of wrestlers as far as schedules go. Um, the main roster people are only going to have to work uh, 10 dates this month, which is uh, part of it has to do with the fact that it's a shorter month and they have the Saudi Arabia show February 27th. But uh, in March, they're going to work 14 dates and the same goes for Raw and SmackDown. So uh, the reason for this is because they combine super shows for a lot of the house shows. So instead of it being Raw or SmackDown, I guess it'll have everybody there. You work less days. And we talked about this. We talked about how there's a lot of injuries happening in this company right now. And that one of the things that other companies have an advantage of over their company is that they get more off time and more breaks and they don't emphasize the house shows as often. But unfortunately, the flip side of that, which no one really looked at, is that a lot of the superstars that was reported got their booking sheets with a lot fewer dates on it and now have to worry about their income because they didn't know that there was going to be a cutback in house shows until they got their booking sheets and then they saw the less time. It's like any other job. If you get less hours, you get less time. And yeah, sure. I'm pretty sure people like Rollins and Becky Lynch are taken care of no matter how any of that shit works out. But you got to look underneath those people and those house shows were supplementing income for a lot of people who are not on Raw and SmackDown. And uh, also the crew, cameramen, all that shit, everyone who makes it run, they reduced hours. So there's less money going around for anyone who's not at the top of the food chain. So it's kind of shitty because in a way it backfired. Like we always said, there needs to be more time for these guys to have off. But then there has to be a way for it to work out better than this, where like now people are going to suffer for incomes, assuming that that is correct information. So I don't know if there's some sort of a delicate balance we have to find here. You can't win for losing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because which one can it be? Is it that everyone's going to have... Exactly. Are they all injury prone? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. But uh, I guess the solution would be maybe make house shows a little bit more voluntary. It should be like overtime. You should have to sign up for it. You you down for house shows, and then the people who need it take it. But then I guess the problem with that is you're always going to need some sort of a draw. So some people would have no choice but to be at house shows. <laughs> But you know what? That should come with the territory because at the end of the day, being the world champion already comes with all of those obligations. If when you're the, and I've always said this to people that don't understand wrestling because you know, you're the champion. When people say that it's the belt is a prop, that shit is genuinely offensive to me as a fan because you don't understand the meaning behind this business for you to say something that ignorant. Like, That's not given to just anybody based on just the storyline. To be that person, the title holder, the world champion in a company, even in today's era, that still means something. You're, you literally, you you represent the company, you know, to carry the title is, is a bigger deal out of kayfabe than it is in kayfabe. You know what I mean? Like it's a responsibility. A lot more of your spare time is gone too. A lot more of it goes to photo shoots, autograph signings, action figures, voice acting, you know, all kinds of stuff. You become a focal point of where you are at all times. That becomes the center of your world, wardrobe and all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? Like it's it's no longer anything like what you experienced before hitting that peak. 
So when people say that that's just a prop, you're nuts because there's literal people that they could have pushed as champions that the only thing holding them back was their personalities outside of the work weren't something that were acceptable. They weren't smart or they didn't do things. They didn't carry themselves correctly. That shit goes with this company, man. When you see John Cena on all these morning shows and night shows and talk shows and iconic places, there's a reason for that because that's literally the kind of weight that comes with when you become a champion in this fucking company, you know? So... It's uh like I said, it's it's something that's super important. Yep. That's why you see those genuine reactions when people win those championships and they're in tears afterwards. Like that's them getting the getting the acknowledgement, like, hey, we're putting enough trust in you to give you all this responsibility. That's why they work so hard for that. I thought they were crying because they were like, Oh crap, I've got all this other stuff I have to do. <laughs> so that being said, getting back to my original point, we already know that the championship comes with that weight of responsibility. So at the end of the day, house shows should be voluntary unless you're one of their big draws, which in case you're probably already carrying that weight where you got to be at some of the house shows, not all of them, but you know what I mean? Like a Seth Rollins has to be at a house show. They're not going to come there for just the mid carters, but then have people underneath him that need that extra income to be able to sign up for it. I mean, I don't see why that couldn't be a thing. But then, of course, they would probably use that for leverage, too. Insight on how, how lazy people are, because I work with people who cry all day because they have to eat peanut butter sandwiches for lunch. But when Saturday is an option to work, hey, you can come in on Saturday. Oh, no, 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 I'm good. Yeah, and that, and that happens. I mean, I've heard them say in promo, even though it was a work promo, it was a shoot comment. I believe I heard John Cena say people hiding backstage trying not to get picked to be on superstars. Oh god, you know, because I guess at the end of the day, you're you're getting paid whether you're there or not anyway. But um, you get a base pay. Yeah, but I would just like to think there is some sort of a balance here where they reduce the house shows as well as keep everyone happy. You know. I guess welcome to owning a business. <laughs> yeah. yeah right a business where you just fired your top leads that deal with shit like this good job what the hell's gonna happen in regards to that but we are hearing that they have gone on to tell people before nxt last week they held a meeting telling all of the nxt people no longer to talk to the dirt sheets and obviously this has failed otherwise we wouldn't be here talking about the dirt sheets reporting it <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> logic would dictate, right? You know, the mission m- mission failed. Fishing I mailed. love. <laughs> I love the instant. Okay, so this is what they told them. They told them don't do this. But I mean, we're here, so they did it. They must have, it must have happened anyway. You know, don't talk to the dirty. You know, they told us not to talk to you guys. <laughs> you didn't hear from me. Yeah, you ain't hear from me. <laughs> oh, do we still have that? Where is that? Oh man, that button is that button is so ancient that I don't even know what what fucking board it's on. How shitty is that? Oh God, we'll stall. Fuck it. <laughs> no, there ain't no stall now. Oh, there it is. I ain't want to gossip, so you ain't heard that from me. <laughs> I just love like this screenshot. You can see the look in Vince's face. So, you know, if you want to keep working here, you can't be talking to him dirty, right? <laughs> In case you forgot, I am Vince McMahon. So, uh, yeah. I <laughs> no I would, dirt sheets. I figured that would be a good screenshot for this. Get it? <laughs> oh, my. You can fly if you want to. There you go. There's the one. <laughs> Don't dig Corona. There it is, too. Oh, Get boy. the dirt out. Actually, now that I think about it, this could be a screenshot for all three titles. <laughs> yep. 
no matter what. <laughs> no matter which one you pick. Look at that. Don't drink Corona. Ha, we're getting a jet. You can fly if you want to. It works for everything. So the dirt sheets, they don't want you talking to the dirt sheets because they want to make stuff like what's happening here right now cease to exist. But that's always been their goal, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> And they've still been failing. The, they also told them during this meeting that uh, they are now all required to provide proof of their own health coverage. So they basically told them in this meeting, listen, don't talk to the dirt sheets. And also, we don't give you health coverage, but we got to make sure you're covered. So show us what insurance you have if you want to work here. Because if something happens to you, we got to make sure your insurance is there to pay for that shit. If you wrestle with, if you wrestle Riddick Moss, we got to make sure you okay. Grimy. Shady. Well, and, I mean. And, and whoever reported this to Fightful. They're, they're, in, yeah, go ahead. they're independent contractors, right? Uh-huh. Well, if anybody is an independent contractor, they have to show proof of insurance. Right. And that leads to why this source came forward, who apparently it's a new person who's never spoken to Fightful before. And they said they reminded me that I'm a contractor, then tried to tell me who I couldn't talk to. So here I am. And then they went on to talk about how the performance center has issues with crowding right now. So interesting. Yeah, you can't exactly be an independent contractor and then they'd be like, hey, don't talk to this guy. Like, Bitch, I'm an independent contractor. I do what I want. <laughs> what? The company matched the game. Just all full of glitches, huh? All full of it, right? Literally. <laughs> Write it down. All full of it? There you go. <laughs> and the revival, apparently, they requested their releases again. Are you shitting me? No, no. way. Yeah, not Hell no. Nah, it's breaking. Yeah. They were turned down again, apparently, but they requested their releases again. They don't want to be there. They really don't. Apparently, they t- they said that, uh, wow, they were offered about 975000 per year per person to stay. $975,000 a year. And they said, nah, $25,000 short of $1 million a year. But they don't want to stay. I guess AEW has a much better, sweeter deal for them. Yeah, like actual relevance of the tag game. Wow. Oh, man. Like, if they're going to leave, fucking leave. Don't get a set of tag tiles and be like, ah, nah, tough it out. No, leave. Remember? Remember that as uh, that dare as a kid? Would you do that? I'd do that for a million dollars. <laughs> would you work for me, with WWE for a million dollars? No. <laughs> <laughs> a million dollars? And they said, nope. Wow. A million dollars to be unhappy, like. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes you wonder what was the AEW deal that they got, right? Like, think about that, because that has to be where it is, right? Yeah. No Somewhere else, else, they clearly got a lot better. It's, it, 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 <laughs> oh, damn, but like, it just tells me that at this point, the money's not worth the unhappiness. Because you can't tell males who are happy there. Yeah, they've been tag champions a few times, but it's only when they're teaming with somebody else that's more important than they are, which could be anybody, the way they're treated on this roster. And then they're just back to jobbing with no interests. Like, yeah, that kind of sucks. You, 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 you can't pay me a million dollars to just deal with the same old bullshit that never changes. Yeah. TNT probably gave them 300000 but an autographed copy of the whole complete season at JAG. So... It's pretty even. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Oh, God. All right. Well, let's let's talk about some of the Super Bowl stuff that's come out. Because, damn, Super Bowl, they really like wrestling over there in the world of NFL, huh? You know what I'm saying? They like it more than us. That's because they don't watch every week. Yeah, like, what's that all about, man? It's like, it almost feels like they wanted to have WrestleMania more than they wanted to have their own game. Well, I mean, the Patriots not there anymore, so nobody cared, so. Yeah, a little too much here. But, uh, yeah, The Rock, apparently, what did he do here? Let's see what this is. He did, like, a kickoff sort of type intro to the whole Super Bowl? Yeah, like, and then, yeah, starting it up. Let's he was a, a cheerleader. <laughs> all right, Faithful. It's about that time. We all know about this storied franchise, the rings, the legends. But tonight, it isn't about them. It's about this team. If there's a way to get that W, trust me, they will find it. Starting with this man, Jimmy G, leading his team to 15 wins and counting. Going for it all. He's got it. Four names who haunt the very soul of opposing quarterbacks and their future grandchildren. Here comes the fearsome foursome. The law office of Buckner, Armstead, Bosa, and Ford. Broken up, picked off. But the key is, as Mr. Sherman knows, it's not talking smack if you can back it up. And straight from the people's champion himself, allow me to introduce you to the people's tight end. Breaks a tackle 40. My man George Kittle will block. He'll catch a pass. He'll lay the smack down on your candy ass. Here goes George Kittle. This team, this time, this moment, here come the champions of the NFC. Going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here they come. So what if it's been 50 years since Kansas City was last here? By the time it took you to answer the door and tip the pizza guy, this team just scored another touchdown. For the four people on the planet not familiar with my man Travis, he's the tight end who led the league in yards, catches, and made opposing defenses question their life choices. Now there's fast, and then there's these guys. They are Hill, Watkins, and Hardman. But collectively, they are the Legion of Zoom. You know this guy don't care. Mr. Matthew, time to unleash hell. And if that's not enough, there's this man, Patrick Mahomes. You cannot take your eyes off it for fear that you will miss something incredible. So, Kingdom, are you ready? You've waited five decades to hear it. Here come your champions of the AFC. That's some dramatic shit. Right. I got goosebumps. I don't. You know what I'm but it, it was cool, though. It was cool. I liked it. <laughs> They did better for that than they do for the pay-per-views that we get. You know what? I'm, we get, oh we get okay God. stuff though. We've gotten a few. Can okay we get things. that guy? Like, yeah, we could get that guy. We had, we, like, we had that guy. I'm not talking about the Rock. I'm talking about where it produced all that shit. Oh, we need that guy and that guy. Both them guys. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, they definitely loved their wrestling over there though. Yeah. Especially uh, that George Kidder guy, I believe his name was. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the funny thing about it is, and I think I mentioned it to you one day. 
I guess he's a Pentagon Jr. fan because he's been notorious for throwing up the three up, three down during a big play during games. Wow. Like Pentagon's pointed out on his Instagram multiple times. They had a they had some sort of an Oprah Super Bowl spot also, right? Rock and Oprah. Is that what it was? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I, don't I know, didn't dude. see that. I'm, I was I'm so going through this shit. With, yeah, I'm going through this shit with you guys. His, and he was on recording and we were watching it, it up until it started an hour and a half behind. Why? Because he was screwing around with the remote earlier before we got there and rewinding and watching stuff, and he forgot to put it back to live. So we're literally sitting uh. there, and it's 3.20, and we see Jimmy Garoppolo with a duffel bag. And me and my brother, why in the hell is he in his pads? <laughs> and we look, we clicked the remote, and it said, and then and then we looked at the top on Fox and it said kickoff hour and forty minutes and I was like oh you got it we missed the national anthem we missed all of this stuff. oh we, we literally fast forward up to the coin toss we were so pissed oh God. wow <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> that is that is a botch and it sucks <laughs> well lucky for you we're gonna probably run a lot of the stuff. That uh, that happened here, like this Oprah shit, which we're gonna be seeing for the first time. Oh God! Hey, Oprah. Yeah, Dwayne. We're running. Yeah. We're mates. We're mates. You think of what I'm thinking? I'm in. You in? I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> 2020 vision in focus. Woo! 2020. Okay. Sounds like all of this stuff was more interesting than the Super Bowl itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know she. You know her running was CG, right? Oh, was it? I know, I know, I know you're doing. (laughs) You ain't shit. Oh my god! Hashtag running mates. (laughs) What else do we got here? We're gonna go through all of these. And again, if you're if you're listening to this on iTunes or whatever, uh, sometimes we put these on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is all but dead with their algorithms keeping our vulgarity out of it. But we do our. It automatically saves to Mixer.com slash TalkBrunch. Just go to past streams. And uh, if you're curious about any of the videos that we have, we'll do our best to describe what we're seeing as well. That was Rock and Oprah on a treadmill. Wow. If that's your fix. <laughs> Separate. Not on the same one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like that. Why did you <laughs> feel the need to point that out? <laughs> because he just said Rock and Oprah on a treadmill. That, that, I mean, oh, I my God. <laughs> If anybody hears that and that's where they go to, this is not the place for that. That'd be impressive, too. That's how it should have looked. <laughs> they clanging and banging to a whole different level. So, what we, so what's this next one we got here? This next one is Roman Reigns and Sasha Banks Pizza Hut commercial. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Tough matchup. Good thing we have Pizza Hut here tonight. It is the most important part of our pregame prep. This pizza's delicious. You guys are geniuses. Mm, pretty much. Hey, Jimmy, you here to give us a pregame speech? Oh, actually, just making sure the Pizza Hut's here. Looks like I'm right on time. On time for what? Shouldn't you be doing a pregame show? Wow, I didn't know Pizza Hut had wings. These wings are massive. Hey, I'm here for the pizza and wings. Oh, and you just happen to be in the area. Jimmy told me to stop by. What's happening? (laughs) 
Pizza Hut? I knew I came to the right place, man. I wish we had our own entrance music. <laughs> Seriously. Let's get this party started. You sent out party invites to our pregame? This pizza is legit. Believe that. Like you guys are going to eat all this Pizza Hut by yourself. Makes a good point. That was a lot of effort for a fucking pizza commercial, dude. I mean, hey, I it when old people try to act cool. I mean, it could have been worse. I could have got beat up again in the middle of that. So. No, you hate it when old people fail at acting cool. There's Harrison Ford. There's Clint Eastwood. <laughs> you know, you just hate it when they fail. Everywhere they go, like every room they walk into, their entrance displays. Like he goes into Trader Joe's, and it's just all. <laughs> 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 I feel like that would be fun for like the first week, and then afterwards it's just like, oh fuck! He's trying to sneak into the house late at night, not wake anybody. Oh, bam, bam. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Yo, sneaking into the Christmas presents would be in fucking possible. Someone calls him out. <laughs> It'd be the little tooth fairy underneath his daughter's pillow. Bam, bam. <laughs> Someone called him out on a, on a house show photo because it shows that when he punches the, the ground at the top of the ramp, he has like a little oh, pillow. Yeah. He has like a little pillow set up there so that he could punch the pillow instead of just the bare ground. And like he responded to them saying that he has to work like hundreds of days a year and it would be stupid of him to break his hand doing the punch over and over again. Almost as stupid as banging your head into a locker room and making your head bleed before you do a pay-per-view. <laughs> Almost as stupid as doing a leg drop as your finisher for 30 years and then busting up your back yeah see these are the kind okay. of fans that make it not fun to watch with those ones where they just nitpick like stupid shit like okay he punches a bag and your point is yeah well and i like that little dig he did at goldberg there which speaking of oh. just in case you haven't had your goldberg fix without any build-up without any trailer without any tension they announced that he will be a part of smackdown this coming friday Oh, goody fucking goody. You could tell that they just fucking came up with this because literally there's been no sign of anything up until this point of them even mentioning him. And they already said let, he'll be here on SmackDown to tell us who's next. Keep in mind that Saudi Arabia is at the end of the month. Whoever's is next is probably there where the money is. All I'm saying, he ain't got the balls to call out that door. So. Well, get ready to start seeing these weird Saudi matches coming together. <sighs> All I'm saying is. They're giving us a bathroom break for SmackDown and Saudi. Holy shit. Yeah, those shows are really good, though. I mean, even though the yeah. principle behind them isn't like those, they, ha- they haven't been bad yet. Knock on wood. Which They're one? Good. The Saudi Arabia? Yeah, nothing but the best for, for Saudi. When you go back and look at all those shows, they were entertaining from beginning to end. Yeah, that Undertaker Goldberg match was a. No, no, no. See, see that? No, but that was entertaining, just like in a Street Fighter, John Claude Van Damme sort of way. And even that, that, the, that was entertaining in the sense of like y'all can't hype this man up to me no more funny like and i went back and watched Shawn michaels and triple h versus undertaker and kane at least two or three times because uh <laughs> i mean one time for the show one time for me and then one time i had a friend where i was like yo you gotta see this shit <laughs> <laughs> i was like let me fast forward to the moon so let me fast forward to the moon so like look at this <laughs> watch this I was like, yo this is surreal <laughs> Let me slow down that part where he tears his pack. There's so many Shawn Michaels things that I go back and watch for the wrong reason. The SummerSlam with him and Hogan. That moonsault within the fucking Saudi Arabia. All of WrestleMania 14. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, you know my favorite you one? It, 
watching back, but then play the Benny Hill music behind it, and it just oh, it'll yes. make it so much better. Yeah, you know what? I always like to go back and watch just because I love how much he fuck with the crowd. Remember when he was it was it was actually leading up to SummerSlam and he trolled the crowd twice in one shot. Because I thought I think he did it first with Bret Hart's music, and then he did it again with Hogan's music, and the crowd popped both times. Oh boy! <laughs> it's like it's it's funny, but it's funny not for the reason. Wait, is that the one where the midget Bret Hart came out? No, no, no. That was what this was like 2005 when he did this one. Oh, I was thinking of the old school one because yeah, he'd yeah. done that before. This is like little... when this second one was when there was like no imagination of Bret coming back. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> That that was funny with the little midget Bret Hart kids. <laughs> yeah, he pushed him down. So was the one time the, nobody uh, got heat for kicking a midget. See, Cavs, that's how you do it right. Just do one thing and then that's it. So I'm looking to see what they had in the uh, the form of trailers here. Obviously, I don't know shit about this franchise, but the the trailer that I guess tra- we huh movie trailers that came yeah there was. Fast nine. Yeah, that, that's actually the and one it, I'm about to run, just because I guess it has the most to do with wrestling. <laughs> as funny and as it that gave is. us, and apparently it gives us something we will never get in the wrestling world. Yeah, let's have a look and see. I, like I said, I don't follow these. Things. If we do this, we risk everything. Come on, man. Come on, dude. I know people like these, but isn't this above and beyond fictitious at this point? Yes. You can yes. only I drive hope- a car so many ways, okay? <laughs> that is crazy. I hope they all die in a fiery crash at the end. They're not. I they're just, they're, they're invincible. They're never going to die. <laughs> what do you mean you hope Christ. they die? They're here forever, dude. They're going to be driving cars off of crazy shit till we're like 80. I hope the greatest car villain ever, which is Mr. DUI, just takes them all out. Oh, stop it. I'm, I'm not a fan I of it, that. but it, it's just so... I i don't know. I've, I've only seen like the first couple, you know? I think it's just become really over the top. Just looking at the trailers over the years, it's like... like it's a I superhero think- car movie. That's what it is. The only reason I think I watched the, the, the Paul Walker's last one was because fucking Ronda was in it. Besides that, I didn't give a shit, and I haven't given a shit since. It's awful. I hate it so much. One day I'll like, watch I watched out wa- of curiosity, you know, like I Ugh. just because I have no idea how the fuck they got from point A where I watched the first couple and it was like street racing, sort of like Need for you Speed, have- to uh, to it's like how did this happen? <laughs> If you, you know? need me to hold your hand through it, I'll gladly do it. But I mean, you have fun so with that. Wanted to went from racing down the street to jumping off the cliff with wire clamps on their tires, swinging across the Grand Freaking Canyon, Jump, jumping from building to building in a car, and driving that thing way more fucking competently. Come on now, that's amazing. It, 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 it's like the Saints Row of like movie theory of movie series. It's like what happened? It turned into mask. Remember Matt? 
freaking little flying cars and all kinds of the mask. <laughs> it's what it turned into. Oh god, the mask and the furious. There you go. Oh, holy shit! I love it. Yeah, like when I heard it was coming out, I was just like, oh, okay, another one, really? All right. Final Destination stopped at five. Just saying, clearly took the hint. Yeah, right. Exactly. The best, the the best trailer was they showed um, the new stuff from Disney coming out for Marvel. Let me see what we got here. I'm looking at the list showed, of trailers. Yeah, it showed, it showed Falcon throwing the shield. Was this is Black Widow's? This Black Widow trailer? Or? No, not the Black Widow. It showed uh, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. It showed WandaVision, and it showed Scarlet Witch in her classic uniform. Was that all in one trailer? Mm-hmm. And then it showed a little bit of Loki. One of you guys dropped that in the chat room for me, then. I don't see that up here. I guess they only this list must only be for movie trailers. While you're getting that up, I'm going um, okay. to look at this Black Widow one that we have here. Because they did a, some sort of a Black Widow teaser thing, too. See, it's not like the, that's what people tune in for, right? For the trailers. Not to this. Yeah. You better not tune into right. this. I'm talking about Super Bowl. Exactly. You, you tune into this for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hitler. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it is me. It's only me. You don't know everything about me. The Avengers weren't my first family. At some point, we all have to choose between what the world wants you to be and who you are. All right. Looks good. I mean, Black Widow movie always look good. Yeah, and I like the guy that plays the the Russian... uh... Captain America. Yeah, it looks really, really good, though. Like, But then again, usually all the Marvel trailers usually, especially when they're good ones, they usually come out looking good. The thing I found had some stupid kids commentary with it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but they gotta that, be stupid, man. Fuck that kid. Give him a dislike well, before you leave. The thumbs down. Of a shield that was a little different. Uh, yeah. See if he's even glitch, you can give him two. Give him thumbs down. Link me so I do it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Link me that's so I can watch it just so I can give him a thumbs down. That is fucked up. Yeah, we gotta be a team at this shit. Oh shit. You gotta do it like conveyor belt pass and dislike. When you bury people, you make sure you pass everyone a shovel. (laughs) (laughs) When he he throws a shield, he throws it more like US agent instead of Falcon, and I don't think this is gonna be good. (laughs) Dislike. Clicks. Shut up, stupid. Oh, God. It was kind of funny uh, mentioning this. This wasn't the only one that I saw that I was excited about. You see, uh, they also put a trailer out for A Quiet Place 2. Quiet Place 2. Yeah, I've already seen that. I've seen a tra- Not the Super Bowl ad. We're only doing the Super Bowl ad, but I have seen a trailer of it. I'm hoping there's another kid. Why? Just because of that start. Just because of the start of the first one. <laughs> Ronnie, what do we got? Some kind of fire? We got units headed out there now. It was loud for a quiet place. I don't know why he came all the way up here. I'm glad they kept the same actress and her two kids. People worth saving. Yeah, that's right. They came up with the solution to take these things out at the end, right? 
Yeah, pretty much. That was the coolest part where she cocks the shotgun at the end because they realize that they're like, you know what? We know how to kill these fucking things. Right, so we need to tell everybody. You you know where they're in that room, that place? You know what that place is that they're hiding, I heard? What? Spoilers. It's a bubble wrap company. No. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) 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 Would that be even shittier than how the kid died at the beginning of the first one? great like you find refuge and you go in and it's just bubble wrap everything. Oh, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> That'd be the greatest. I'd be like an old I'd be like the old man in the first one. Just stand outside and just start screaming. Like fuck it. Remember no, Ethan Matura when he goes in the closet he's all <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I thought of when you brought up the bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. Going through it, old Ray Finkel's closet. <laughs> oh, it looks like it's gonna be good. So I put that I put that link in there. Oh, in the chat room. All right. Well, they have it now too. So good. Let's try. It's to only forty seconds. Yeah, all of the Super Bowl ads are only forty seconds. Even the ones we have. That was a. I guess that was a new formula. They don't want to spend too much time on ads. They have too. They have so much Super Bowl to watch that you can't have time for all these damn ads. Still five thousand or five million dollars. Right, let's queue it up. Allow me. No, I will not allow you. We know your evil ways. <laughs> we got time for that shit. If you're not the NWA power one, I don't want to see you. You know, I, I looked at that show again recently. I can't watch it, man. And it has nothing to do with the <laughs> It's awkward. The way it's set up, the set and everything. I feel like I'm watching Family Feud and Price is Right. And it's just really, it's strange, dude. Like, it's really strange. Like, I, I can only watch... Merv Griffin set. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it's just uncomfortable, man. Like it's like, really like, and I hate to feel that way because I know there's good talent on there and shit. But man, I've never felt more uncomfortable about the way something looks. Like I only like the ad just because the it's still really me, damn it, guys. In the end, it's the only reason. I see the ad and I'm just like, okay, and everything else besides this is now. Yeah, that sucks, dude. I still like whose that. idea was it to be like, hey, well, let's have a studio wrestling show? Like, but no. I like them having their own unique vision. I just wish that vision wasn't so unappealing. Like when I saw it, it was just like, yeah, this is a little too intimate too for the crowd. You know? Yeah. Like I, I, I wouldn't want to be in a place that small. Like if I don't know where Squire says he linked it. I don't see anything in the chat room. Oh wait, yeah. There. <laughs> I was gonna say it came in right before the choir place one day. Oh yeah, he did. That was so long ago. It <laughs> <laughs> was like so three minutes ago. So much has happened since then. <laughs> right? We had a whole other trailer. We talked like, about the NWA power ad. What? What you been? It, it's practically a callback. NWA apartment wrestling. Oh my god! Like man, yeah. Now I gotta queue up this nostalgic ass Marvel trailer. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider. I'd be done if that was the case. Like, nope, I think I didn't agree. You're like, I tap. Is that Firestar? What? Yeah, when's somebody coming out? They're going to do Firestar and it's going to be a black dude. Watch. They're going to try to yeah, keep the doing internet this. is going to flip. They're going to have this progressive shit. It's going to be, what's his name? Fucking, uh, 
Jesse Smollett. That's Firestar. <laughs> just to fucking piss everybody off, right? Motherfucker said Jesse Smollett. Hell no. <laughs> I can't. Hey, and the villain, he's just walking down the street and everybody throws a bucket of water on him and says, Make America Great Again and puts oh. him out. Oh my God. <laughs> I almost want that now. <laughs> I don't know if you put my fire out. Just so I can go just so I can go in the theater and laugh. I almost want it now. I thought it was weird that this Firestar character living in New York only eats exclusively at Quiznos. It's just like strange. <laughs> weird bullet point. Well, you know, Firestar likes his subs toasted. Alright, finally let's look at what the hell this is. It's time. Wanda, welcome home. Vision residents. I'm gonna burn this place to the ground. Yeah, Disney's ready with that money, right? Mm-hmm. They said this shit is not a game. And just like that, it wasn't. Alright, well, yeah, that looked good, oh, too. God. I'm interested to see what they're going to do. They're about time to have more content on than The Mandalorian. Nobody wants to rewatch Lady and the fucking Tramp. You know, like you're paying you're right. people monthly for these rewind, re, rewinds of old movies. You know, it's like I don't really feel that nostalgic. Right. Iron Giant, maybe. But come on now. Like, I'm on new shit. I just watched Willow the other day. NHD. You watched you what? Cookie Board? Mm-hmm. What movie? Willow. That was an all right movie. You got the John Williams soundtrack in the da 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 da. You got the little midget guy. You are great. Remember him? That guy's fucking adorable. Oh, adorable motherfucker! Come here, little guy. Ring it in. Who didn't see an acorn as a kid and pick it up, turn something to stone? Yeah. Oh, the legendary stuff. Get ready for the new Willow that's going to be Kathleen Kennedy and uh, Ryan Johnson. Is it Warwick Davis coming back for that? I I don't, I doubt they're going to, they're not going to really do a new Willow, are they? I'd like throw myself off a building. Yeah, I think he's not on Netflix. (laughs) Don't lie. I'm not going to be working today. Yeah, going to be a new Willow. Oh, God. Leave it alone. Did you hear the big news? Who else is coming out of retirement today? Who? Rick Moranis. He's going to do a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot. Because we really need that. I like Rick Moranis. Yeah, I'd rather that than another Fast and Furious, but we're still getting another one of those. So. It's a key master. What we really needed was a Honey, I Blew Up the Baby reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case anybody hadn't been punished in this generation, we got to make sure, make sure everybody had to oh, suffer the same so fate bad. as us. <laughs> make sure everyone had to suffer the same fate. <laughs> We dealt with it. You deal with it too. This next generation doesn't even get honey. I shrunk the kids. That's the loop. You just get the dildo, which was the the the, the fucking the blew up the baby one. Out of the package, huh? Yep, straight out, frozen hot dog. With all the white powder, <laughs> white powder, chipping powder all over. The fucking movie. Give me a rash. I swear, movie theaters are a dice roll like never. The house always wins when you go to the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> they got your money. I, Fuck you. Rick, I forgot about that movie till you just. <laughs> How could you forget about it and remember the other one? Are you kidding me? 
I can't believe I forgot. I put it out of my head. My I remember that was, stupid... My favorite one was Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Though. Like, it was a nightmare. What about that, too? Holy crap. <laughs> you, you forgot which one? one? Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. I've never even heard of that one. It kept going? That, one, it, that was my favorite one. <laughs> that's, a, that's some Return of Jafar shit right there. It's like they just didn't know when to let go. <laughs> You gotta watch that one. You gotta forget. You gotta pick some topics and watch that one. That like, one was great. Like at some point, you gotta. Just... Of course, it was straight. You don't even have to ask. It was straight to VHS. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was home video. Can you imagine that being on a screen? We shrunk ourselves. I thought he was trolling at first. That sounds like some shit that you would hear. Remember that cartoon, The Critic, where it'd be like, honey, I, I, we shrunk ourselves. It stinks. And that would just be the cutaway. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I can't believe that they kept going. They made a trilogy. He said it stinks. <laughs> I just can't fucking believe it. I'm so blown away by this, man. I'm so fucking blown away by that. I have to go see a clip of that. Not on this show, but later. I'm going to go look at Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. And blew up the baby. Uh, 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 Did anybody uh, uh, even reprise their roles? I bet it was a whole new set of actors. Oh, was that before Beethoven's seventh? Who did they have to use the Dragon Balls to wish back for that shit? Hold on. Hold on. Let me tell y'all something right now. I look. I started to look for this or Rick and have it for later. I got the Honey, We S. The first fucking thing. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Full movie. What was the year? I'm going... I'm going to see if it's canon. I'm going on my Disney app and seeing if they even put it in there. Yeah, and then tell me the year when you get a chance. I'm curious of when they decided that it was time to get back on that wagon. It was 1997. That's when Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves came out. Oh, my God. I was wow. 16. Wow. You see, we were already I was five. away from all that stuff. We were already oh, away we- from all that shit, man. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. <laughs> shrunk kids, honey. I blew up the kid. It was blew up the kid, not blew up the blew baby. Up the ba- I remember being blew up the baby. Oh, honey, Mandela effect. Okay. Well, whatever. Maybe we're Mandela affected. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! So that was three years. So because honey, I shrunk the kids was eighty nine, which that was perfect for me because I was eight years old. Then in ninety two was blew up the kid, and then. Five years later, ninety-seven, we shrunk ourselves. Wow, amazing! Uh, I know what I'm watching tonight, and you just made fun of Disney Plus. Look what I get to watch! Yeah, <laughs> get your subscriptions if you haven't already, guys. <laughs> First month free. Unbelievable! And so, if I watch the next suggested movie is Adventures in Babysitting. Stop. <laughs> so Ric Flair had a Super Bowl commercial. That's all I need to hear. I'm sold. What is this going to happen? It's about hummus. Haru, you must. This is how I must. This is how we must. What is must? This is how I must. How do you must? I must. Oh, shit, it was Urkel. I must pretzels. Okay, boomer. I see it's como yo must. Bananas. Must buy. Is that... What the fuck was that? Oh, wow. And the winner is uh, Scary Spicy. This is a five-star tip. Sassy. Jerky!
Wimas. Sabra Hummus. Woo! Okay. He looked like a drag queen more than a drag queen's. Yeah, he did. Very flamboyant of Ric Flair there. He's all on our. These are all on Twitter for anyone that needs to see it. Oh, my God. If you want to see Ric Flair look like an old woman, check out that hummus commercial. Oh, dear God. That's what that was? It was hummus, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Sabra hummus. Every time like, I hear hummus, I met... That's the same thing. What the every, hell is that stuff? What is a hummus? Every time I hear hummus, I... I mentioned this here before. I just think of that cutaway. We have to find it and play it one day. Where uh, on Family Guy, you know the way it opens with them watching TV. Like one of the things it opens to is we now. It was like we now return to the the All in the Family meets Modern Family crossover. And like the the fucking family, the Modern Family, they're knocking on the bunker's door. And like the two gay guys are like, we brought some hummus. And Archie's like, I knew you two was hummus from across the street. <laughs> I fucking lost it, man. Oh, my God. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. I just couldn't believe that bit, dude. Um, sexual. All in the family meets modern family. I would watch that. Oh, God. Wait. Oh, Jesus. I found it. Oh Hold my God. on. Give me a minute. Make sure you put it in the chat. I can grab it from there and put it straight on the screen quicker. All right, give me a sec. Oh my god, I just hummus. I can oh, tell you were hummus. <laughs> I can tell you were hummus from. Yo, uh, McFarlane is savage. He's one of the biggest savages of all. It's so wonderful. Oh my word. Yeah. Well, while he's bringing that up, let me look over here. What else happened in Super Bowl? Well, was, this isn't really a video from Super Bowl, but I'm sure it's a video pertaining to Super Bowl. This is apparently uh, Corbin at the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, he got tickets. There was Corbin and then Triple H and Stephanie. And, and he celebrates, of course, because he's going to throw it in all your faces. good for him at least somebody enjoyed it right yeah somebody <laughs> yeah triple h and stuff were there and then i think cody and brandy were there too yeah i saw pictures of cody and brandy they actually have on the super bowl program they have an ad they have an aw spread on one of the pages so anyone who's flipping through that super bowl ad sitting in their seat they see a big aw thing they were up there though like they weren't down where corbin is corbin's practically in the game you know <laughs> Like they like they were up on the top. Like this dude is like like holy shit. Look at how look at how good those seats are. I'm sure most of those people who don't know wrestling was like A and W. I like room here, right? And there's the link. <laughs> I remember. Wow, that's so close. I remember one time going to a WWE pay per view and not being clear. Like I, it didn't translate to me what the letter and number were of where I was going to be sitting. And we're like, you know. The girlfriend and I are looking around. Where is that? Is that there? No. Lower? Oh, lower. When I realized where we were, like how good this is, I was as happy as a pig and shit. Like it was like, wow, this is pretty much like I'm here. <laughs> you know, it's always <laughs> when you get those, those golden seats. 
you know, or it's like, we're just yep. gotta move cameras out like, of the way and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get real comfortable with these snacks I smuggled in. Like, now that I know this is where I'm feeding, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're, we're in for a pay-per-view night, motherfuckers. <laughs> Let's do this shit. It was one of those seats. It was one of those seats that, one of those hands in your pants Al Bundy style seats, you know? Like, oh, yeah, man. I feel like this show is for me. Hey, I'm gonna be on TV. I have literally never heard that expression a day in my fucking life. Hands in your pants, Al Bundy. Yeah, like I had those, those that good <laughs> shit. Oh, that's why he's so happy. Like, look where he is. It's awesome. Good for oh him. My God. So, what is the link that you got here? That is that that that's oh, the hummus. Bit. Right, right, the hummus. Right there. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, I gotta pull this I'm off fr- the screen. I don't want them to ad spam us. While I put it right. up on the brunt tron here. Unless it's the NWA power, I'll deal with that. But no. <laughs> now, even that'll be a bit awkward. Yeah. It, like, the sad part is the ad's less awkward than the actual show. I don't oh, know. The show's my. pretty damn awkward. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just... There's not many things that can be as awkward, is the reason why. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least, you can, at least you can't get much worse. So. Only reason I even tuned in again was because i wanted to make sure that that first time wasn't a fluke and i'm not even joking like i was like it can't always be like that right yeah i was like this (laughs) is hoping it's like no no this is always the way it looks like that wasn't just like a one-time thing like they're they're invested to this weird fucking look it's like y'all motherfuckers stuck to this 10 by 20 didn't you like jeez oh god this thing starts with the family guy theme song it's a good thing i opened these behind the curtain before i bring them up on the tron man because (laughs) we would have been listening (laughs) <laughs> I hope it sound like that. <laughs> we now return to the All in the Family and Modern Family crossover episode. Hello, Mr. Bunker. We brought some hummus. Oh, uh, yeah. I knew them two was hummus the minute they walked in the door. The <laughs> oh, crossover always brings out the best in each show. It certainly doesn't smack of desperation. The priorities are always creative and not driven by marketing. Okay, or... that's enough. <laughs> oh, my God. The lack of hesitation would make it so funny. I knew those guys was hummus when they walked in the door. Oh, I haven't watched Family Guy in a long time. Are they still allowed to do shit like that in this new world, or is everybody wanting to crucify? No, not Ah, if they, you think if they if they just aired an episode of All in the Family, oh my gosh! Like, I just, well, you can I, watch I, it like on TV Land and shit, right? Yeah, but that's different. But you can't it's tell anybody you're watching TV Land, shows. right? It's one yeah. of the funny shows ever. I know South Park still don't give a shit after all these years like this. South Park ain't scared of no damn buddy. <laughs> so John Cena and Jimmy Fallon have this commercial here. I don't know what the oh, fuck yeah. is going on. Here? Get up over your head, through your legs, thrust your pelvis, engage the glutes. Yeah. We should go. Working out. Come on, man. You just gotta see the lighter side of this. Oh, this is it. This is how I die. Y'all ready for this? Still got it, Jimmy. Snail. Jellyfish. Come on. You guys want to switch sides now? We're good. Cross me. Robots. Oh, what in the hell? 
So proud I can squat you. I feel great. <laughs> a little sore, a little sore. I'm cold. See what happens when you don't drink Corona? Not only do you not get that virus, you get to be like John Cena. Moral of the story? Don't drink Corona. Stop it's with that man. Have we suffered enough? <laughs> and... And a side note about the Super Bowl, even though WWE tried to capitalize by having that backstage show they do focused around the Super Bowl, it still dropped from the 111,000 viewers it had the previous week with CM Punk down to 97,000. So people love CM Punk more than the Super Bowl, at least in the wrestling world. Incredible. Any other trailers worth? We Look what we have here. We had the... Uh, I don't know what the hell Minions Rise of Guru is. I don't give a shit about that. I, I don't know you guys do. Either. It's probably just one of them shitty Minion movies, which, no. Uh, there's a Mulan one here. Yeah, it's just like they're being like a live-action Mulan, pretty much. What do you guys think of there being a Mulan movie? I mean, I enjoyed the original one, so. Long, um, long as they don't last airbender it, I'm okay. Like, I don't know if I even ever saw the original. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I heard um, it, when in the theaters when it comes out, they... They're going to put uh, Szechuan sauce on all the popcorn. Oh, my God. Close the gates! Six of our northern cities have fallen in a coordinated attack. Their leader fights alongside a witch. Wow. Crush these murderers. Your Majesty. Every family must contribute one man to fight. You're a war hero. You've already made many great sacrifices. My father cannot fight. So I will take his place. The northern invaders will kill her. If I expose her, our own people will kill her. When we take the Imperial City... I will take revenge for my father. What is your name, soldier? Hua Jun, Commander. Son of Hua Zhou. You will now take the oath of the warrior. Loyal. Brave. True. Die pretending to be something you're not. Yet here I stand. Proof that there is a place for people like us. A girl threatens all plans. A warrior. Who made this shit? The Wachowski brothers? <laughs> it looks good. Don't get me wrong, but damn. I don't yeah. remember ever seeing the original Mulan, but I don't know if it had that much action. I'd be surprised if Disney version looked like that. Uh, I mean, I don't remember there being that much. I remember there being a lot of action. There was more action in that trailer rolling, than, but... than, in the, than in the fucking whole cartoon, I bet. Oh, God, that was nuts. Huh? This one looks like it's going to be a lot more action than the uh, original animated versions of I mean, I didn't mind. Which I, not, which I don't mind. So. Yeah, I didn't mind Beauty and the Beast. Probably I didn't mind. The, where's the dragon? 
Yeah. I didn't mind Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin. They were both good. The only part, there was only one part of Aladdin that legit made me laugh out loud at how corny it was when uh, they're taking Jasmine away and like she breaks into a song. Did you guys see that part? Uh, oh, God, I haven't. But now I feel like yeah. I need to see this movie to see it. Oh, God. I remember thinking, what the fuck? Like, did I miss something? Because she, she, she's being taken away. She's being handcuffed. They carry her away. And then she breaks into like a song where like, I guess in her own mind, she's no longer handcuffed. And she has like this whole number about how she's not going to be suppressed and all this other shit. And then when it cut, when the song's over, she, she's still just in handcuffs. It's kind of like, I won't be suppressed, but you will get the fuck out of here. Go in the dungeon. It just, just felt so just forced. Like, I've been. <laughs> it's just it, it just it felt so forced you know that was the only scene where it was just like you know they had to put that woman oh, empowerment God. shit in there and it was it just felt like they just had to put it somewhere and they're like fuck it right here is good yeah <laughs> unbelievable all right before we get back to any wrestling news you know what? we'll play another trailer somewhere we'll pepper it in somewhere because i want to get back to some of the uh so there's a lot of damn trailers here and stuff but those did look good um our next story Oh, wow. As George Takai would say, oh, my. Oh, my. This is interesting. This She comes up in our news almost every week now. We're going to have to give Paige our own, our own fucking entrance music. Like, we used to have the China one. Yeah. It's nothing bad her, here. I, I got no complaints. Her, her new additions. Yeah, so Paige, bring this up. Do we got the picture here? Is it confirmed? Is it safe for work? Bam! People on the audio are pissed. What? What? She has new titties. Oh, she got new look, carpet. We're looking at the picture. So I'm telling you, look on YouTube or Mixer. We got new new titties. Um, <clears throat> I have no problem. They look nice. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Some people are saying there were fans that were saying that she no longer looks like that rebellious girl that she used to be that came into the company that had like that unique look to her. And uh, all Mark cares about is why does the dog look sad? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he, <laughs> maybe well. he's one of those people that was on Twitter saying <laughs> <laughs> he misses, he's one of the people that misses the old titties, you know? Oh, shit. I don't know. It could be. But yeah, people were saying, you know, now, now she no longer resembles that person she was before she came to this company. So Soraya Knight, her mother, tweeted out saying she was 18 years old when she moved to the USA for WWE. She's 27 now. And she has also been to hell and back and had to have the work done. My daughter is amazing and I would rather her look this way than seeing her broken she's a survivor and she is now happy she is beautiful so we don't know the details but according to her mother she had to have this done they look like bigger boobs than the old ones right uh yeah well then how will you have to have it done i mean the only time i've ever heard of someone having to have something done is when the bigs the boobs are so big that it fucks with their back so they have to have them reduced i've never heard of someone needing bigger titties can someone explain, explain the physics of this to me does she keep getting ID everywhere she goes? Like, what is, is there? I mean, I don't care. You can have bigger tits just because they're cool. But I'm just saying, is there a female out here who can educate me as to what circumstances there are in which someone with smaller tits has to have bigger? Like, we have no choice. We have to. Maybe she wasn't a. Maybe she wasn't buoyant enough. We had to. Uh, Damn, as far as you beat me to it. I'm afraid that we have to implement the bigger titty procedure. Doctor, you know, it's like, you know what I mean. Like, I'm just, I'm just confused. You know what I mean. I'm just confused. These are bigger. They look great. I have no complaint. But it's just weird for someone to be like, she had to have this done. She has no choice whatsoever but to have this done. There was no. The alternative was death. I'd rather see because she emphasized. I'd rather see her like this than broken. Well, the old titties are broke or somehow. Right. 
unless Alberta. unless <laughs> unless it was something where there were signs of some sort of possible cancer or something and she decided to do what angelina jolie did and go ahead and just have both breasts uh everything removed and rebuilt that's literally the only thing i could think of where she would have had to have had it done because when they catch breast cancer early and again just speculation um she had them before and they were c silicone oh so that's what george is saying she had them before and they were c silicone so i guess that's the bad silicone that's the one that turns into those prune looking tits after a while Maybe like something went wrong. Like they, with yeah, they the leak, and then and then your tits yeah, start looking like they, they start looking like Diablo demons. Oh God! I've seen people where those things leak, man. You look all fucked up. So yeah, I could I could see understand that. There you go. Thank you, George. I'm serious. Go go look. Don't yeah. look. Oh yeah, it was, just disturb yourself. Don't I, I don't want to look again. So so that's that's what they meant. You know what I mean? It could be something like that. Which, if that's the case, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I don't think her mom do even needed. Safety. I don't even think her mom needed to chime in. She shouldn't have to explain to anybody why she wants to have her breast done, especially in the entertainment business. It's just funny that they felt the need to be like she had to get it done. But if what you're saying is correct, she had to get it done this time. The initial time it was a choice, though, and now it's sort of uh, having to be followed up with, which makes a lot more sense. You know, exactly. I can't help but see how many lurkers swing in and out of here when I have a picture with boobs up on the screen. It's like they see that on their thumbnails when they're browsing Mixer. They're like, ooh, what is this? All you hear is zip. I just have, I want a water balloon fight. That's what I want to do. <laughs> so she decided if you have to remove them, we as well upgrade them as well, you know? Right, yeah. Nothing wrong. So what? What's the big deal? And uh, once again, I think that the, the best thing that she could have done was just not do anything. Like, what? Like why are we... uh? Who cares? Like, I don't, I don't understand why everyone feels the need to explain to people on Twitter what you're doing. Fuck them. This goes back to the original thing where Mar Ronaldo and Squires, you weren't here for this, but Mar Ronaldo ultimately didn't deny that the stuff have a Corey Graves, but he talked about how when he removed himself from social media, it solved most of his problems. And then I just went on a thing about how a lot of people who deal with mental illness, kind of like people with alcohol, if you can't, uh, handle it, then just cold turkey it. You know, like, I yep. think if, you know, like, there are people who can have a beer here and there and they're fine, but then there are people who just in their genetics, that shit fucks with them. And it, I think that's what social media addiction is becoming. And I talked about how I think it's worse than game addiction, which I don't think is a thing, but it's becoming a thing because of the violence and all the other shit. And that really the red herring here is going to be this uh social media addiction that people are overlooking. And Morrow hit the nail on the head when he said, reduce your use of it, or at the very least, uh, you know, just cut yourself off if you can. And I think that it's a sign for help. When people chain tweet on there, that just shows that there's problems. That being said, she seems to be someone who always has the need to answer. Fuck them. Who cares what people say? Like, why are you guys replying to people that are saying things? I've said this about everything that she's done. Paige has yet to do anything for the book because I am not, I am by no means a Jedi on here, nor am I Sith. I'll put it that way. Paige has yet to do anything that has personally offended me. And yet she's always explaining herself. The only thing she's done that has offended me is being hurt and and reacting to all of this kind of stuff like i don't care i don't care that she has breast implant i don't care if she went on a drug spree with dorio and they were they were having a hot affair i don't give a damn if she did some steamy home videos and had threesome i wouldn't care if she consciously did porn i don't give a fuck you know what i mean it's just what bothers me is her reaction towards that kind of stuff i've always said on here i'm a firm believer in free will live how you want to live and really no one should be able to judge you based on any of their own philosophies or values so I don't give a shit. She hasn't really done anything that I don't have friends that have done. 
honestly. So it's like, why the fuck is, 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 uh, there this need for not just her, but her family to keep explaining to people, oh, you know, well, the reason she did this, she was in a bad place and she didn't, like, just stop. Let her. Paige was that. Paige was that stupid kid when she would come home. Hi, mom, I'm home. And no, we didn't get report cards today. <laughs> oh, don't be mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey, I got my boobs done and don't make a big deal about it. <laughs> it's like nobody was until you said something about it. Dummy. Like, yeah, there are a few people. There are a few people with with no followers that made a comment, and you guys feel a need to address them. Who cares? People get their breasts done all the time. People do fucking porn all the time. People do leaked videos all the time. People have threesomes all the time. You know, people also blow each other up and kill each other and rape and murder each other and do really vile things all the time. My focus is too busy being offended by that level of stuff to give a fuck if you have had a little sex. And I, somehow whenever we bring up sex, a Game of Thrones metaphor always comes to mind. Go figure. But I was thinking about a scene, not from the show because it was sort of cut, but in the books where there are, I forget where they're walking through. Might have been a Dothraki city. I don't know. I haven't read them in years. But Daenerys sees a bunch of people fucking. Like everywhere. It's just like, oh, there's a big crazy thing. And at first she averts her eyes and then afterwards she just acts casual. She's like, why am I so, like, why should I look away from people that are, you know, just enjoying and indulging and giving each other pleasure? You know, and it's like when you think about the character and her age and the shit she's seen, violence and war and murder and hangings and, you know, impalings and, you know, people mutilated and burned alive and decapitated. At the end of the day, there's we got bigger problems than that you did a fucking few porn tapes, man, that you have big tits. Trust me. There's like crazy things in this world. So I just find it funny where it's just kind of like the whistleblowing is on the sex, not all the crazy mindless violence. No one who watches their daughter go out to a party or go out with friends first thought is i hope she doesn't come back with bigger titties their first thought is usually <laughs> i hope she's not dead i hope no you didn't get hit by a fucking crazy drunk person or murdered or some, somebody has ill intention no one's ever been like man i really hope that she doesn't just come back randomly with bigger tits like that's not a big concern right now you know what i mean it's not one of it's not the top of the priority maybe for some people just not on top i think for most people you know, so stop. Everyone needs to stop making it seem like she's done the worst thing in the world because of some porn and tits. Write it down. No, we can't put porn and tits as the name of the No, no. I didn't even attempt to reach my phone that time. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, I'm not even going to share this. If you want to look at it, watch it on the thing because uh, whatever. Things have got enough attention already. It's on our screen. So if you want to watch it on the replay on our stuff, fine. But I don't think we need to share the picture or the image on Google, motherfuckers. Yeah, Charlotte did it. You're right. A few, quite a few people. It's not the first time. The yeah. Bellas did it. One, and Charlotte one, right? didn't say shit when she did it. Yeah. You know, the Bellas got their, their, their breasts nice and full. You know, one of them, and one nobody, of them used, and um, cared one of them used silicone, the other one used semen, but one way or another, they both wound up with big attacks, right? <laughs> wow. Hey, pregnancy works, man. That's all I'm saying. I didn't know where you were going for that. I'm just saying pregnancy might work. One of them, one of them right. had to use, one of them had to use, uh, the old natural way <laughs> you know because, yeah exactly the booby fair you see you get them the natural way if you have kids you get you get oh. presents you know because brie filled in nicely just because uh you know not saying taking nothing away from the other one but you know it naturally came to her what one, one of them had to pay for them the other one got free you know who else too watching the commercials uh mrs wife yeah you see and she always had a, a cool body so there you go so hold on because i wasn't planning on playing this but yeah i guess this is the announcement in case you guys haven't heard both bellas are now pregnant 
Hi, I'm Bring. And I'm Nicole. And, and we're, we're the Bella Twins. And from Total Bellas. And we're, we're pregnant. Who <laughs> would have thought? So I never thought ever that we would even be raising kids within a few years apart together. Let alone when she found out her due date and I found out mine and I'm like, we're a week and a half apart. I mean that, then I was like, this is weird. It's you know, just, someone told us today, they're like, wow, you guys are only a week and a half apart. It's like you guys are having twins. It's just the twins decide to grow in different wombs. And I was like, wow. In 10 years. Mind blown. I, you know, envision that Brie and I's empire is still growing, but it's making amazing changes in this world that we truly want to see. Knowing that we're going to raise these cute little babies and bird to help make those changes continue as we sip our wine on our porches. Right. <laughs> oh, God. I love how I had to come back to wine. Do I, do I want to know? <laughs> No, you just know how I think. I just, what if one was black and one was a dwarf and they're like, oh, they're twins. <laughs> oh. It will be a modern version of twins, right? Because that's what was missing from twins. It's the funniest oh, thing that Squires has always wanted to go to the darkest place. Like, Oh, it's so funny. What if one's black and the other's a dwarf? <laughs> they're twins. But Bree's black. Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> There's some controversy right there. Oh man. Oh my god. It was Kofi Mania, but it wasn't just in San Jose. Unbelievable. Oh, man. So Nikki's finally getting her uh her dream, I guess. At least that's the dream that she had in Total Bell, right? Don didn't want any kids. He was like, I'm too selfish. He straight up said that in one He was like, I'm too selfish for kids. I wanted to be you don't want kids, me. you don't want to get married. He was polite about it, but he basically said, nah, man, I have I'm I'm really fucking I really like my money and my life. Got shit going on, bro. So she found that other guy. What's his name? I don't even know the other dude. Fuck if I know. <laughs> he ain't seen her. That's his name, ain't seen her. She and didn't waste no time either. Huh? Cena. Nah, he didn't waste no time. Are you kidding me? He got right up in there. <laughs> Pull-out game is non-existent, bitch. I was about to. You literally took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, no matter how strong you think your pull-out game is, you're you're if you're in a Bella, you know, you're taking risks. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in a Bella, it's going in the belly. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Right in the Bella. Write, write it down. Write the Bella. Write it down. <laughs> right in the Bella. In the belly, belly, in the belly, willy, as Dusty would say. Oh God! Don't you, you bring him into this. You can't can't blame the man. He was like, "Now's my time." Most people would have. I'm about to catch me a Bella, Mom. Yeah, it'll be like Dave Chappelle with the Oprah skit. Remember when? When? Oh my God! <laughs> I don't want to go into it anymore. <laughs> all I'm saying is, do you want me to find it? That's all I'm asking. No, 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 no. We have way too much. <laughs> There's so much fucking content. It's ridiculous. I can't uh-huh. even begin to. Oh God. <laughs> Y'all ever wonder how we never run out of shit? It's because we get stuck on shit so long. We got to push shit back a week. Oh, God. What were we even talking about that we segued into her pregnancy? Um, we just segued into it. That was like the no, next thing. No, 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 it, was, it, it was Paige's tits. Right, right. Paige's boobs. Somehow segued into, into, into Nikki's belly. That is messed up. Yeah. <laughs> we will just move along. That is the solution here. Congratulations, <laughs> Nikki. We'll do it live. Do we have? Do we keep that one around too? I don't even know. 
That, that, that one, I think that one we used at least somewhat recently. Maybe, I don't know. We just, we just digging up old drops and shit. This is amazing. No. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! <laughs> if, they, if you ever wonder why we gotta dig this shit back up, it's because we never know where to I so analyzed funny. that the other That's day. That's one of the best Matt Towns ever. I uh. analyzed that the other day. I feel so bad when you really look at what happened to him. He didn't know. He didn't understand the script. That poor guy. Because it said, and now, and now a cut of Sting's new album to play us out. And he didn't know what the terminology to play us out meant. So that's why he flipped and was like, what does that mean? There's no words there. Do you mean to end the show? Like he just lost it. Like they were oh, trying to give you shit. some cool way to say it, bro. They were just trying for you to go and now a cut of Sting's album to play us out. If you would have just read it, and I've said that before on here, sometimes I'll read quotes that I'm not quite sure. My eyes widen, like, oh god, where's this going? I just read through it, and, <laughs> make, and it makes it makes sense by the end. Sometimes it's just the way that someone's talking. When you hit the period, you're like, oh, I see what they were saying. It's like he just needed to go with that sentence and not flip out. <laughs> you know? Go f yourself, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Burgundy to play us out. He tried to figure. He tried to figure out where the finish line was before he got there. Like, just keep running. Just keep running. You'll get there. I swear you will. You'll be okay, man. Mama said so. But we, but we got one <laughs> of the best meltdowns ever. That one is legendary. Yeah, he had to have some other shit on his mind. It couldn't have been to play us out. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Just do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it. Even if you do it live, you're still going to need to put something at the end of that sentence that makes sense, which he did, right? Then he's then he says his own way. He 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 still after he realized that just to be defiant ended it with like a different thing. He he just went and that and and now for Sting and a cut of his new album and then he just threw the mic down and sort of fucking angrily sauntered off. <laughs> like I'm not even going to give you guys that line. Motherfucker says you don't get the line, you just get the drop. Yeah, you see, you would never make it in WWE. They'd release you for that shit. They want it word for word. <laughs> if the period's in the wrong place, fire. If you try to do it live there, they'll they'll, they'll do you in. That's what'll wind up happening. Oh God! Ask Matt Riddle. He started going <laughs> a little. He started going a little too live, so they had to slow him down, right? Oh. Yep. Which that's what I'm hearing, by the way. He does have heat. Remember we were talking last week? He has heat. It's not just. Hmm, I wonder if people are pissed. I'm <laughs> hearing from a lot of sources. They're saying that uh, the heat is legit. You know, and I don't know if we ever talked about what the quote was, but Lesnar basically said, kid, you might as well stop saying my name and tagging me and shit because you and I are never going to work together ever. So uh, that says it right there. He's a heat magnet. Don't worry, Brock. He had something better to do on Wednesday, but we'll get to that later. They threw him out in the Royal Rumble so fast because that was Vince personally sending a message, like trying to teach him respect and stuff. Yeah. So and during the performance center meeting. They basically mentioned to the people in NXT and all of the Performance Center talent um, not to tweet calling out talent from Raw and SmackDown without their knowledge. So you see, Riddle, you fucked it up for everybody. Before, there might have been a little bit of elbow room because things like that used to happen a little bit because they didn't really know about it. But you you fucked it up because occasionally you would see an NXT guy and a WWE guy interact just to just to work a little, just to entertain the fans at the possibility of something like the down the road. Dream. Like what? Like the Velveteen Dream. He would do that. Right. And But Riddle did it to such an excessive point that what that just like WWE does now, 
you're not going to see that anymore because they're basically saying, look, don't don't call out the upper talent anymore. So it's now a controlled environment. You see, that's what happens when you abuse it. So how many try to have fun in this place? You know, no, I think it's Riddle's at fault. He was really fucking obnoxious about it, you know, and they had to enforce it. And you can't enforce something for one person because then you don't enforce it for everyone else, you know. So they had to make a, a, a diplomatic decision here. And unfortunately, if you got one guy who won't shut up, who keeps going on social media and calling up a top guy, you can't just tell him not to call out the top guy, even though I think they should have. But they wanted to make it a more universal thing to avoid problems. So now no one from NXT can do that. Thanks a lot. All because of that bro yeah. dude that you guys love so much. Nobody gets to call out Brock when he decides to show up. Oh, <laughs> everybody's so happy in this bro dude that you never think about the uh, other shit. And he kept going too. Is this a thing from him right now? Twenty twenty Royal Rumble. Maybe next week will be my year. <laughs> get, get these out before people get here. Seriously though, this place is freaking huge. It's definitely one of my favorites. I love the surprises. Too bad that we'd be surprised if we're in. <laughs> Last year we would have been up in one of these suites. You know, we were what, in the suite, wishing we were down here. Like we, you know, you always want to be part uh, of. The how action. long is this? I've already had but my fill of him. Time, sometimes it's nice to sit back and. <laughs> yeah, watch this, this was this was from before that decision. Because this came from our WWE PC channel. And in this, he talks about fighting Brock Lesnar. Yeah, this was before they were just like nobody gets to call out Brock anymore. Potentially, our time. Oh, okay, that's true. Wait a long time to get into a Royal Rumble. Like the Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view since I was a little kid. It's my birthday month. It's just one of those things, you know. He looks good in the ring, man. There's no denying that shit, you know. Yeah. Like he's excellent looking. He looks fantastic. Really get my hands. Really going to get my hands on Brock. You know, I saw him throwing everybody around. I don't care what he says or anybody else says. I don't care if he wants the match or not. I'm going to get it. I don't care. It's not up to him. I don't like being told no, especially when I work as hard as I do. And trust me, I guarantee you. I guarantee you, I get my hands on him, and I make that match happen, and I take his, I take his career, I promise, I promise. See, they're not as big of trolls as I would have been to him, because I would have made him Brock Lesnar's sidekick if I was Vince. <laughs> I would have, I would have made him his, his, his Nightwing. I would have, I would have had the same setup, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, and and fucking Matt Riddle standing there with his hands on his hips like a superhero. Riddle would have had to be the one to hold the belt up all the time. Yeah, carry his bags. Leo Rush. Yeah. To his Bobby Lashley. We'd Leo Rush his ass. We would Leo Rush his face in 
Be like, you want to be around Brock Lesnar? <laughs> well, guess what? He has some bags for you to carry. <laughs> you know, make him humble. Oh, God. Can you imagine that? Him hyping him up and then Brock just going, thanks, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe they are all working us, though. You know, it seems to me like they have some... some uh, I mean, they're, they're running some of this stuff, you know, as much as they're telling people not to call it on. Maybe the whole thing's still working us and they would put Matt Riddle out there, I, even though I think it should be Keith Lee if you want another big man. Yeah. But then again, I mean, let's be real. They ruined that when they decided to fuck the whole first half of the rumble at this point. So Did they? Like, I mean, at this point, I'm like, keep Lee as far away from fucking Brock and his shit matches as possible at this point. <laughs> Do you truly feel that the uh, the rumble was ruined by uh, by the Brock Lesnar stuff? For me, it was because, first of all, they kept revert referring to fucking Strowman's record, which isn't in the Strom record in the real Rumble. And then it's just like, so you mean to tell me this guy basically gets rid of half the field by doing virtually nothing when we've seen guys who are here all the time and they struggle to get past the first like three or four people? Like it took half the match for us to get three people in the ring, like. That's not a rumble for me. Like the, the fun of the rumble was at any point you could see 10, 12 guys in for half the match we saw just Brock. Yeah. No, I definitely like, see it. It, it, it sucks the rumble out of me. Like, and then on top of that, the fact that it's a world champion in the rumble and his belt's not even on the line. And it's funny you say that because Brock, I don't know if you guys heard about John Cena's conversation with Sports Illustrated. Oh, I heard about this shit. Yeah, he said, I'm proud to say I watched the Royal Rumble from my own home on the WWE Network, and I thought the event, and especially the Rumble, was absolutely awesome. So if you watched from Houston or if you were in the audience, it really didn't seem like I was missed. I thought it was the event. I thought the event was extra special. It was great to be able to watch it as a fan and not endure any fear of missing out and just enjoy the event. And I can say with the utmost sincerity that I believe Brock Lesnar is the best in-ring performer that I've seen. And I know it's an opinion. And if you want a cool quote, here it is. I think he's the best in-ring performer of all time. I thought his performance at the Rumble was a clinic on how to establish yourself, how to establish those around you, establish the championship, establish the importance of one event. He did so in less than 30 minutes, and I certainly don't have the skill set to do that. And it was awesome to be able to see a master classman put on a clinic on what to do and how to do it. And I was really impressed with the Rumble. Was hmm. he watching in 2003? That's an interesting statement. I mean, <laughs> hmm. established a championship by ass. He didn't I, defend the fucking championship at the Big Four. I'd love for him to elaborate a little bit. You know what I mean? Like oh that's, my it's God, not I'd like, love to hear the logic behind that. I mean, I, I can sort of see some of what he's saying, but I don't think that it contributed to everything. It was the, something different. What was that? I mean, it was something different. And what did Brock throw out? He, he threw out all the chuffa. Keith <laughs> you know Lee. I mean? People like Keith Lee ain't fucking chuffa. The, Keith guys Lee, like Keith Lee should have gotten rid of his ass because what, what's Keith Brock going to gain from Keith Lee didn't get tossed like the other guys did. When the when Keith Lee and those other guys came in and Ricochet, I mean, there was it wasn't just it, there was that's when it started pretty much. Like when like it, it does when you're in the Rumble, you're not in there just to get for the first half of the fucking thing to get tossed out. Like the fact that he just nobody lasted more than five minutes in that in that first half of that Rumble besides Brock. Like, yeah. It's just like it's just like okay, so just fuck the first half of the rumble. Like no, 
The first half of the Rumble wasn't a Rumble. It was just Brock tossing guys over the fucking top rope just to make them look strong. He didn't establish shit as far as I'm concerned. He didn't defend his championship. He did fuck all for 20 minutes and still got blown up. Like, what What? What? what was established? Yeah. Like, all it's established is, hey, Brock's the golden boy, so we're going to let him do whatever he wants, including just escape his way out of a championship defense. Uh, I mean, it does help put over Drew McIntyre being the one who eliminated him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and, the, and the it, one thing I did hear that uh, Brock did do good is when it came to when Drew eliminated him, apparently he laid there for like two minutes. I'm sure that wasn't so like, intentional. Um, <laughs> Keith Lee, he made him look like a million bucks, but that laying there, dude, that was a shoot laying there. You you, you saw how he looked, the condition. We were talking about the what what, what well, his yeah, favorite that, I mean, color, tired too, what his favorite yeah. color Gatorade was. You think that he legit, he was out there. <laughs> That dude was fucking blown up way before he had to go over those ropes, man. There's no way that that was part of the gimmick. He was not going nowhere. They almost had to get the stretcher. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brock looked like praying at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> Brock looked like he ran a four, ran a 500K marathon, I guess. Oh, man. Oh. But, yeah, that's who Matt Riddle wants to be able to defeat. And Booker T actually chimed in on the Matt Riddle stuff, and that's what he had oh, to say. Fuck somebody first in order to be able to do something like that you this ain't this ain't the ufc okay right. and that's that's what i want to relate you know also this is not the ufc where you see these guys talking so much smack to each other back and forth and whatnot uh, now on the other hand when the Corey graves thing started with, right. with you and i yeah when all of those reports came out i called Corey graves and said man don't say nothing just yeah. let it ride you know let's see you know let's see if you get a few clicks out of this let's see if we get a People follow us, you know, whatnot, you know, and it became something. But we both knew what was up. And y'all had a prior relationship. And we had, yeah. we, well, we, everybody we else, well, everybody else thought Corey and I had a lot of heat right. already. So we was like, okay, well, if they think we got heat, let's, let's, let's do something with it. Right. They thought, you know, Corey Grace took my job. So right. I was like, man, let's do something with, it. you know what, man, because that's, that's the way I am. It's not, like I said, it's not about me. You know, Corey, big ups, man, this guy was on the road. 52 weeks out of the year. <laughs> Working. So you're saying that with Matt Riddle, if you don't know Brock. Look, man, you know, like I say, this is not the UFC. Okay? You can't go... If someone don't want to work with you, and, and if, if if someone don't like you, they it, it definitely can become a problem for you. When Back in the day when guys had a, you know, a reputation to where... You know, someone didn't like them because of certain reasons and it, and it started, you know, like be going, you know, becoming viral and going around. And it wasn't just this one guy saying it. And then it wasn't just this one guy saying it. Then it wasn't just this one guy saying it. And then finally, the one guy who meant something, he said something about it. That guy got fired. I'm serious. That's just, that's, that's normally the way it, this is professional wrestling. Right. This is not the UFC. To where it's, 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 it's okay, cool is to create controversy in, in the UFC, uh, especially when, um, you know, it's, it's real and it's organic to where the fans are buying into it. But with professional wrestling, it's not like that. You don't come in going to business for yourself in professional wrestling. So that's why I feel like this deal right here, he was in character one moment and then the, the media took the, um, the character and made it a shoot because of what happened. You know, on Sunday. So I just feel like, like I say there again, be careful what you say. Be careful, you know, and, and like I say, even, even if you're just messing around, think of, think about what you're going to say before you say it, because 
People can take it and inter interpret it. People can take it, um, switch it around. People can take it and edit it and make it sound like what they want it to sound like. And trust me, that's what you don't want. And next thing you know, you got a rep. Yeah, right. then, yeah, then you got a reputation. Um, and, and you're really not that, that guy. But this one right here, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't throw it all on Riddle because from the package that's in the, um, clip that's on social media, well, on one of the sites, it actually, um, gives you everything verbatim as far as what he said. But in the, you got to click on the video to actually really see what it is. And if you don't click on the video to see what the video was, you don't really understand all of the interpretations that you're reading. It sounds totally misconstrued. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But just, I guess, uh, lesson to be learned, right? I guess on Matt Riddle. No, part. it is a lesson to be learned. It's definitely a lesson to be learned because I'm sure he probably saw it and, and go, oh, man, I didn't say that. And, 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 and then he go and look at it and he go, but he, I did say it. You know what I mean? It's not the way it's being portrayed. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. But definitely. also don't work an angle unless you know the guy. Don't work an angle unless you know the guy, man. That's just not. It's bad for business. It's bad for business. That's just the way I feel about it. Hey, man. Well, he got off easier than Macaulay Culkin did, so. Oh, my God. The way he roasted him. <laughs> yeah. I watched the replay back. It's still just as funny. Oh, God. He roasted his brain, it's head, a, man. That, that segment hurt to get through last week. He roasted his fucking brains out. Oh, my God. You gonna learn today? Macaulay <laughs> <laughs> Culkin, we coming for you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, nah. <laughs> oh, shit. All hail King Booker in that situation. Right. Oh yeah, let's also share that in the chat room for all you iTuners. iTunes. <laughs> iTuners, Jesus. We tune. We all tune for iTunes. Little tuners. Mm-hmm. So there's been a new development in the, uh, the TNA reunion that we're all looking forward to more than WrestleMania at this point. Oh, snap. Yeah, man. Holla if you yep. hear me. Because yep. no, I don't. Uh, oh, yeah. Big Pappy Pump. <laughs> Big Pappy Pump. The Shoney Kid. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's a couple of other ones, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared to ask. Well, you know one of them. Oh, they they put out a page like all of them on there. So we got that. We got uh, you got disco, right? Yeah, oh, we got disco. Petey Williams. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, and they had to search a million armories, but hiding behind one of the bleachers, they found amazing red. Wow, did they get crimson too so they could be brother and sister again? <laughs> no, no, nobody wants crimson. Nobody. I feel so bad I did that. Oh my god. And they bring him back Ultimate X, as you can see on the screen. Yeah, the X Division main stage match. Oh god. Oh, so the so so the three guys I just mentioned will probably be in that. Chris exactly. Saban, Amazing Red, and Petey Williams. Exactly. Hopefully Chris Saban I mean, doesn't I... get doesn't get uh injured by me sending out this link. Yeah. Uh, I think I think at the top of the X for these guys there's a healthcare contract at yeah, one of them. It's not an X, it's a cross. Oh god. It's not an <laughs> ultimate X cross, it's a red cross match. Blue cross match. Blue shot. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> oh, I'm so mad at this joke because Ultimate X is one of my favorite matches. Oh, 
Uh, and now I think awesome. about it, it's kind of fun. That would be kind of cool to have Chris Saban in it because I think he holds the record for the most wins. Oh, that is fucked. It's either the most wins or he's been in the most, one or the other. Mm-hmm. I kind of do like Steiner coming back, though, because, I mean, not only is it Steiner math, but, like, he's a big part of TNA history as well because he was in that first lethal lockdown match. So. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they're going to get enough people. I'm not sure how this is going to turn out, but they definitely do have their share of people here. Yeah, yeah but you got yeah. the the B and C team of TNA. Yeah, they're definitely not going to get AJ Styles and Robert Roode and Abyss. And, I mean, I mean, I mean it could be worse. Christian, Austin, it, it Aries, could be worse. Disco and Eric Young. And, yeah, they, yeah, they are the Pope. I mean, it, it could be worse. Disco Inferno could be the top draw there, so. It's too late. And this is, I don't feel bad. I'm completely numb to it. We talked about this enough over the years that I don't feel a fucking thing for them. When all those guys were still there, we were on here talking about how much of a waste it would be if with this roster, they blew it and never got this chance again. And now they can't. Those guys are all gone and they've all moved on. They had, when you think about it, that's a crazy roster that they had. Like if someone had a roster like that right now, they would take over everything. The guys they had the most off the wall roster. I didn't even know because Dixie was too much of a mark for the old timers to realize that those young guys like, that were there like AJ Styles and Rude and, and James Storm and Eric Young, that they were, that they were talent. We all know the young box. You had the fucking young box. Like, 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 like example, to break kayfabe a quick second, I'm, I got Pluto TV on in the background. I'm literally looking at everybody at this Ultimate X match. None of them are here. Fucking Consequences Creed, the Machine Guns, Jay Lethal, Suicide, who was TJ Perkins, I think at this time. None of them are here anymore. I remember really loving some of the stuff they were putting out there, man. Like, I remember watching Motor City Machine Guns and some of the stuff they were doing was, like, just unforgettable moments with those I, dudes. I I remember because Suicide was my favorite character because they he emerged first in their game, and then he debuted. So it was just like, I mean, yeah, that means you have to remember the TNA Impact video game, but still. <laughs> and then they had to rename him from Suicide to Manic because Hogan doesn't like the, the, the word suicide, right? Yeah, and then after he left, when they brought the character back, he was suicide again. Yeah, suicide was too close to something that Hogan went through. So that means that uh, if the if the freaking Marvel WWE merger does come through, then we're going to have to just call Wade Wilson pool. <laughs> Oh shit! Look at the cotton pool. Mommy went a long way for a joke, don't you think? Fuck it, I figure I'll. I don't think you deserved that one that time, but okay. All I'm saying is I wouldn't gave it to you that time. Hey, how come we can't call him Deadpool anymore? Oh, because Hogan. Oh. (laughs) Call him pool. (laughs) Oh, that one's gonna haunt me for the rest of the week. Holy shit. Hogan or the joke? <laughs> Both. <laughs> okay, we gotta move on now. <laughs> New superstars. Hey, you're right. Holy cow! <laughs> no, I was just no, no, not that. I was looking at something else. I was just looking at their roster in 2011, and it was just like, dang, that roster was nuts back then. I know. I, I had to download Stimals, all of them. I had to download all of them to my games. Yeah, I remember beautiful. like. When you had to download those guys, you took up every spot you had for a creative character because their roster was that stacked. And that's when you could put the music into. Yeah, Brian Kendrick was great back then. I was the one that used to meditate on the top of the cage and shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Magnus, Kazarian. Oh my god. Like, they, TNA had 
let's be real. A lot of people used to always say it was the best. Not even just because of the wrestling. It was because that roster, there was no mid-card in that roster. Christopher there was Daniels, the top guys and then the topper guys. Samoa Joe. I mean, they, they had it all. And yeah. the matches used to be off the walls, too. Like, and, and even their women's division was good. The knockouts used to be better than the Divas. It goes to show, though, that at the end of the day, spotlight really is only on you, truly, when you are in WWE, at least at that point in history. Because unless you were wrestling fans like us, where we were just really into all kinds of wrestling, a lot of people didn't weren't aware of these guys that you're naming until they came to WWE and NXT. Like, no one knew who Adam Cole was or Kyle O'Reilly or Bobby Fish or Roderick Strong or any of, any of those kind of people, you know what I mean? Or the, even the only like a Keith Lee, even a Cassius Ono. You know, the, the only exception was if your favorite from WWE went there and you just happened to follow him. Generation Me. <laughs> just think about that. Generation, Generation Me. Yeah, the boss. And even Woods, who was, who was Consequences Creed. Yeah. Yep. They have they had like such a fantastic setup oh, that I really uh, feel bad for them. They even had um oh crap I forget this name ROH champion um. David Richards, it. Eddie Edwards. Nope. Jay Lethal. Austin yep. Aries. Oh, Jay Lethal. Yeah, yep. yeah, they did. Yep. I, I, yeah, they I did. I remember at one point, I think I think Jay Lethal was, what, 19 when he first joined the TNA roster? Like, yeah, he was a kid. Know. They always used to talk about how he was the youngest one. The, the Dudleys had been there. Spike had been there. Like, they, had, they had Okada. We talked about that before. Uh, <laughs> we don't talk about that. We don't. Uh, I forgot a young Shinsuke Nakamura showed up there once when he was the IWGP champion. Like, like the talent that used to be there. Tommy like, Dream. But good thing that we had Russo and Hogan on screen all the time with Jared right. and and all these other guys. You know, good move, man. real good move. Sting and Abyss in their last rights match. Yeah, like everything all blindfold. I'll tell you, the blindfolds were great. Apparently, I actually wanted to going back and um doing a little research. Apparently, the story was the blindfolds that they were going to have were worse than that. <sighs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know who they had though, Dustin. Oh god, who? Quarter past nine. <laughs> Quarter past nine. <laughs> oh, Monty, Monty Mar- Brown. Marcus. Yeah. Oh, or as, as ECW fans knew him, Marcus Corvon. What the fuck? What? Why? Yeah, the pants. Period. I'm looking Dude, forward to, to WrestleMania I weekend. Uh-huh. I remember watching Monty Brown on Fox Sport on 4:30s on Fridays. That dude was great. He could have been world champion if he had stayed there longer. Yeah. Because he was, he was close. On, I mean, one of the signature matches, Monster Ball, he won the first one. Like, WWE did nothing with him. God. You could tell. I mean, the fact that they put him in WWE CW was the first indication of that. Like, Then they changed his name and his music. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Well, looking forward to that weekend of WrestleMania and their crazy antics. Oh, Jesus. Off topic, um, I just came across this, but you see Nia Jax lately? She looks in fantastic shape. Eh. Holy crap, good for Nia. That, that's going to be cool. She shows I, 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 I legit can't wait to see her back now. Like she, yeah, very cool stuff. She, yeah, good for her. Uh-huh. In other, you, yeah, she is. I was, really attractive feature. She got the best of both worlds, her German mom and her... Uh, Samoan dad? Yeah. Incredible. Good mesh of jeans right there. Some big feet, though. (laughs) Jesus Christ. 
I think stand out. I just looked down. Like, Whoa, this is a big feet. <laughs> <laughs> She's not like most girls or most feet. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Nice rack too. Those are some comfort titties right there. You know what I'm saying? And you had That's to pay too. My That's two my pillows. You stupid. (laughs) You will sleep like a baby. (laughs) You wake up nine months later. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Now hit the drop. (laughs) Mommy went a long way for a joke, don't you think? That time you deserved it. (laughs) Oh, my God. You never want for anything in this world. Including milk. Anyway, now we move along. Or shade. Yeah, right? <laughs> Give a no, whole new definition to fight in the shade. Now, new superstars joining NXT UK. Who the hell are these guys? They got Pretty Deadly, Pretty Deadly, Levy, Levy Muir, Candy Floss, and Danny Luna. Are you Danny or Luna? I thought those were like knockoff toys or something, like Sailor Moon. And so, the only one I know in this group is Candy Floss. This is the one the pink because she. Made no, you don't say she's, she, she's Candy Floss. I thought it was going to be the one in the bottom right. You stupid! <laughs> <laughs> but the, Floss with a Z. No, thank God, no. But F L O Z. She made a few appearances uh, when they were doing the download festival stuff. Because <laughs> I think she had a match with Tony Storm. Uh, and what's the one on the left? Homeless? Fuck if I <laughs> She looks like she's going to have that gimmick like in uh, Glow, the, the chick who turned out to be... Uh, what's the guy's name who's the stand-up comedian who turned out to be his daughter? Oh, I can't remember. That's the gimmick she's going oh. for. She, she's going for that wild child look, right? Oh my god, she looked like she'd be friends with Paige. Oh, they all look, they all have a good look. And then we got the, the one in the bottom. Then we got right. the, the the young books up there. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it looked like knockoff young bucks. The the one the black guy looks like he's looks like he's part of a cosplay Isaiah Scott Generation Wee over there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Weebies. Their faces are way small. Like, look at oh it. It looks God. like they're like photoshopped on. Yeah. How come oh the bottom dude looks? How come the bottom dude looks like he just got finished robbing a fucking Wendy's? What's going on with that? <laughs> well, that's a given. Oh shit! Oh, wow! Wow! <laughs> what is fucking going on here? He is pissed. I could give. I could give you one reason. Oh my God! He wanted to be in the UFC, and this is where he settled. Yep. He, he he didn't make it past the preliminaries. The ultimate fighter. He's angry because the two the two um generation Wii guys got the got candy floss and uh and I don't know oh my God. whatever her name is. Oh Jesus! So what do we got here? Pretty deadly is a tag team. Those are those two guys. They're called Pretty Deadly. <laughs> Sam Sam Stoker and Lewis Howley. They said they're pretty good. They've been impressing people at NXT events. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Stoker and Lewis Howley. And then we got, so Sam and Lewis couldn't be more generic, huh? I mean, it should, I guess Matt and Jeff managed to get over and so did, you know, yeah. Nick and Matt managed to, I mean, it, I guess, you know. You know what they should be is Bimmy and Jimmy. 
No, you didn't. <laughs> Don't no. double dragon three them, you bastard. <laughs> Those were bad translations. The importers didn't know better. <laughs> Great. As a tag team, just to be Bimmy and Jimmy. <laughs> oh, my God. So yeah, we got that. We got the the two guys, Sam and Lewis. We have uh Candy who's twenty years old. She's been in Europe this entire time. She's been in Japan. Uh and then Levy Muir, she's uh, a powerlifting champion. Really, she looks so small. Maybe it's just her image. What a paper clips? She's a powerlifting <laughs> champion. And she's been all over UK and she's been in progress. And uh Danny Luna is on parole. Oh wait, Levy Muir. Oh, I see. Levy Muir is the power lifter. It's the black guy. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> Levy Muir is the power lifting guy, and Danny Luna. That's the one who was on progress. So that makes more sense. I was thinking she's a power lifter. No way. Oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck is she lifting? Okay, we got the two of them all switched. Squires didn't miss a fucking beat. <laughs> It's my fault, too, for confusing the fucking power lifter. Yeah, I'm crying. He ran out of occupations. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> He's on parole. Well, you know what? At least that's, you know what at least that says about me? It says that I'm not a racial profile. I assume that the little girl with the green hair was the power lifter. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yo, it's it's not even that he said it. It's that he did not hesitate. He goes, and the last one is on parole. Yeah, you see? <laughs> he proved he's as racist as I am not. Squire, <laughs> <laughs> let me just tell you right now, the past only covers so much, okay? There's certain shit I can't save you from. It's all right. Wow, dude. Oh, Buddy's oh, fun. That was that was something else. So yeah, my that mistake, guys. The power lifter to clear the air here. The power lifter is not the girl in the green hair. Levy Muir is the uh, oh. is the black dude. You see, they have this in a shitty order. And then Danny Luna is the one from Progress. They're both from Progress. The girl with the green hair. What's that one girl from Super that turns into Brawly? <laughs> okay. Oh, no. No, it's cauliflower. Oh no! That, that would have explained. That would have explained the powerlifting if it was true, right? Oh shit! Oh, she transformed into him. Yeah, right. Oh god! <laughs> to him okay. specifically. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, holy shit! Uh, I didn't uh, think introducing new superstars would give me a headache, but holy shit! Oh, uh, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> the candy chick looks cool. Candy transform and then you're paroled all. It's like, what happened? They should make them a team like the Suicide Squad. Bring them all into the stable. Oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Even the two, even the two young buck cars. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like when you first download the WWE game and the good and the good car creators haven't made their ones yet. Wait, what? As it looks like when you first when you get the WWE game early and the good car creators haven't put theirs up yet, so those are the yeah, <laughs> like ah, the first hour. fuck it, I'll download these for now until until Dre Forty One puts his up. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. oh, 
I feel bad because they're probably great in the future. They're going to be our champions. They're going to be like, you remember when they were all just kids that we made fun of on this fucking? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Katie Voss is great. I've watched her multiple times when she showed up in UK. But yeah, yeah, we used to make fun I of you guys on this so Brady Bunch-looking grid. Oh, oh my god! So is her gimmick like I'm Sailor Moon? No, she, she, she's oh. she's just all nice and adorable and shit. Yeah, looks adorable. Look good for her. Okay, let's move along. Ryback. Oh, oh how we go from funny to Ryback, man? Do I still have the Botchamania Ryback drop? I'm using a lot oh, of damn. old drops. That here we do. <laughs> <laughs> what movie was that again? I don't even remember the movie anymore. I don't remember. Was it Under Siege or some shit? It was some it movie, been. Was some action movie where the bad guy was, or the good guy was Ryback, and I was the villain screaming. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I yeah, it was Ryback. Right yeah, right? And that was a bad guy when they were like, Ryback. Right yep. yep. and, <laughs> and remember the engineer from Star Trek was like, you should have cooked for us, Ryback. Right yeah. <laughs> we, we need to get more Ryback right drops. Now we know that from that movie. Right All right. So Ryback right has issued a plea. He's basically said publicly asking WWE Vince McMahon Triple H to let the Ryback trademark go. It wasn't created by them and trying to make someone spend nearly 200k to keep their legal name and brand is pretty it's petty and unnecessary. Please move on and erase me from your history and programming. Man, you know what? I don't know how- Almost every drop I've ever played of you on here might fucking complicate things. You know? <laughs> right? I love how he of all people is trying to call somebody petty. Like, yo... It's not that and anything that he's saying is wrong. What was that? I said, look who's left the company and changed their names and been completely fine. Right? Like you, you don't have to be Ryback. But he's already marketed. He's already marketed so much stuff as Ryback, including that ethnicity changing magic water. Uh, he should. He should. Well, dumbass. Should have thought of that before. He yeah, that's what you get for doing that before you had the legal rights to it. That's called that's bad decision making. You better hope they that can't sue me. you for your products, not if they're under the name Ryback. Like, like that just tells me he's bitter and stupid. Like this might well, be the reason why a lot of people leave WWE and then they say nothing but good things about him, like Cassius Ono did on his first release, who's now back, by the way, and killing it in NXT UK. Just saying, don't burn those bridges. You know, like I, I don't disagree with anything Ryback said. I've said that before. But I've also said that nonetheless, he was too quick on pulling the trigger on a few things that are going to cost him. And that being one of them, he's on here constantly and he, he says the truth, which they don't like. He talks about how shitty they are and the bullies and the politicking and stuff. But then you can't ask them for favors, man. You know, you're going to have to be right front. <laughs> <laughs> Feed me less. <laughs> Feed me something. Oh, shit. You can't get that over. Continue it. <laughs> right? You gotta, gotta rebrand all your shit. That's why you gotta be good to these guys, man. They have you by the balls. They have you by the Rybacks. You guys just you, been, should have just been Ryguy. Ryguy, yeah. I like that. Ryguy, yeah. Ryguy, he's a wild and crazy guy. Uh, oh, he's no. a gimmick. Party guy. I'm Ryguy, the party guy. He just rolls on your way going. <laughs> Next look at that, one. we got to a whole new gimmick. Yeah, look at it. Took me what took us what three minutes? Not even. <laughs> Amazing. Alright, next story. 
Bret Hart has confirmed that he has skin cancer. He said, go for 2020 and beyond. Wear more sunscreen. Basal cell carinoma removal scheduled soon. Another opportunity to remind everyone to look after your health and hashtag get checked. So, uh, yeah, he has some sort of skin cancer. I feel like, didn't he have a different cancer that we reported on here before? Yeah, like, oh. Uh, I can't remember what it was. But it was prostate, right? Prostate cancer. Yeah, look at that. I hope you find this guy beats all the cancers. He really does. He got this. You know, he yeah, he's a cancer champion. You know, look at that. He comes on. He can't. I didn't even remember him beating the last one. He's already up to the next one. <laughs> that takes character right there. I mean, good. Good for him, man. No seriousness. Good for him. That's crazy, though. Like, what are the fucking odds for him to catch two cancers? Right. Yeah. yeah. Get well soon. Yeah. And drink water from somewhere else, man. Because I'm starting to suspect that location out there, that Calgary shit. I don't know what's going on. Two cancers. <laughs> two cancers. Oh. Fuck. Live in a scary world. And whatever you do, don't drink the Corona. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then you have, two you have a fucking coronavirus on top of that. You know, even the lime, despite the rumors, the lime does not disinfect it. Just makes it taste shittier. You fuck around and have corona cancer, and it's gonna be a whole different thing. Yeah, like I said, call us when you have Michelobitis. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> We're drinking with Cena. Motherfucker had full moon fever fucking blue moon fever. Yeah. Stasis a smile more. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe. Can you believe that? The gateway to getting rid of cancer is to be happier. Maybe if you smiled more. That's interesting. Don't worry. Be happy. I don't know. Maybe. You, 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 bitterness you is- what was that? Said bitterness is a poison. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you guys are right. Maybe something about that because it's very rare. Yeah. Very, very rare. All right. We need to get to some of the weeklies before we wrap up here. So let me see if there's anything worthy of news before we move along. Meh. I think we did most of the important stuff. Unless you guys have any other news you wanted to bring up. Nah, I think that was pretty much the bulk of it. I was, I think, unless anything broke, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we should pick another Super Bowl thing here before we start the thing. What do we got? We got the Rise of Guru. That's that minion shit. No, we don't want that. We have no time to die. Um, we got Top Gun Maverick, The Invisible Man, and Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> we ain't gonna play them all. Well, the Sonic one's new. Probably just fixed, I hope. Yeah, the Daniel Craig James Bond didn't look half bad. Yeah, let's take a look at that then. No time to. Just by the name, I suspected it was gonna be a James Bond thing. I didn't know yeah. for sure. I think it's Daniel Craig's last one. I've been hearing that for years, man. I think he's just going to be James Bond forever. He's getting old. James Bond can be old, especially when you're playing a gritty version like that. You ever flown one of these things before? Nope. When her secret finds its way out... Oh, nice. It's James Bond. What do you do? You know? Yeah. Nothing wrong with more James Bond. I used to feel that way about Star Wars. I used to, one of my sayings used to be, you can never get too much Star Wars. Woo. Was I wrong? (laughs) 
they they shoved that shit straight down my throat. I was like, yeah, I guess it, there have to be limits. Anything can be broken on, under the right levels of stress. <laughs> you know, ever Too since much that, you I've been, say, oh, okay. Yeah, no, Star Wars made me a cautious dude. I'm always in crouch mode, man. When I walk into the movie theater, I hold down B. Hell no. <laughs> All right, so what do we got for the weeklies? I know everybody's like, ask them about the barring part. I'll try to make it entertaining here. You had AEW <sighs> Dark. And uh, I don't know what happened in this AEW Dark here. There was a tables match. Is this the correct one? Tables match happened there. Did you see it? Uh, yeah, there was a Nyla Rose versus Shauna. Yeah. And uh, oh, right. Oh, how did I forget about this? How could I forget about this? So Shayna. Shanna, whatever fucking name, versus Nyla Rose. Uh, Highlight of this match. First of all, the finish was Nyla Rose does a nasty choke slam to Shanna through a table. It's a tables match, obviously, that ends the match. During this match, JR breaks kayfabe and he says, This match is bowling shoe ugly. <laughs> it was the greatest thing I've ever heard. It was the it, it topped the mankind off the cell call. Dude said, I love JR in this company because he just seems like such, like just an old man that just doesn't get certain things and is proud to say it. Because he was just like, this match is bowling shoe ugly. And there was just this oh awkwardness afterwards. And, uh, yeah, after the match, there was like a top rope Samoan drop attempt. I don't know. Is that, is that what Nyla was going to do? Then Sadie Gibbs yeah. comes in for the save and then Nyla, she went up sending Nyla over the top rope and, uh, I don't know what the hell the, that move is where she nearly bust her ass with a space flying tiger drop. Is that what they call it? So I, I think that's what they call it. Eh? Yeah. When you bust your ass, you know. Yeah. And uh, Sadie winds up having to take a ride through a table too. This was just a glorious mess of stuff all going on. You know, they send whatever the hell they can out there to make this women's part bearable. I suppose is what they were doing. <sighs> and uh, we also had a singles match. This was QT Marshall. Um, actually, you no. Know, for you guys, kind of, you know, I never do this. I don't want to forget to do. I'm going to link you guys in the chat room. It'll be on our social media. This is AW Dark. You really should watch these. All right. Anyway, yeah. singles match: QT Marshall versus Kip, Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford. With the finish being uh, a pin with Sabian, not only grabbing the ropes, but Penelope grabbing his hands and helping him. And somehow the ref not seeing all of this, so they're still doing the heel thing with these guys. Uh the funniest thing in this whole match wasn't even a spot. It was that fucking appearance by Joey Janela. Oh yes, <laughs> dude, this shit. Wait, 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 wait. That was that so, wasn't no, no. That's an actual AEW Dynamite. That this was still the, oh, the AEW the Dark. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking oh, about. Yes. They, they had this happen later on. But the next match in Dark was a tag team match with Brandon Cutler and Sonny Kiss against the Dark Order, Evil Uno and Grayson. With Sonny Kiss um, wearing basically the wrestler version of Ellie's outfit from Clueless. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That was a bit distracting, you know, and not in a positive way. It was kind of, uh, you guys ever seen Clueless, you know, the main character, that little outfit she wears, that little plaid thing, little plaid black and yellow outfit. She, he, he made that into like a fucking, he made that into a wrestling thing. I didn't notice it was the girlfriend who said, oh, look, it's Ellie's outfit. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she said, look, and she brought it up on Google Images. I was like, oh, shit, he turned, he, he's wearing the Clueless outfit. Good for him, oh, I God. guess, you know, cosplaying. Whoever thought he'd be cosplaying as a character from Clueless. Difference is Clueless had a happy ending because the Dark Order basically kills him. This is a tag team match and Brandon Cutler never even gets to tag in, you know. And it's funny because at first I'm like, ah, I'm angry. Like, what the hell? But then, you know, what I'm thinking I've never seen that before. I'll give them that much credit. That's something you only see when you're playing the game where they say, you know, we're going to isolate this guy. 
so far from your corner that we're going to beat the shit out of him and then leave <laughs> with a legit pin. <laughs> it's possible when you think about it logically in a tag team match, it is possible that they could fuck you up so badly that you just never make it to your corner. And then the other guy was just like, Oh, yeah. I didn't get to, a, I didn't get to be in the match. <laughs> Storyline wise, they never do it, but yeah, it's like, if you're looking at it from a logic sense, it's doable. That is a, a tag tricky, team strategy that's never been used. We're going to kick this guy's ass so badly that you're never going to get to tag. There'll be no, I do tag. it in the, ge- I do it in the games all the time. Yeah, I just didn't expect it to happen to Sonny Kiss. So I'll give them credit. I've never seen that before. Someone doesn't make the hot tag. Yeah. They just he just died out there. <laughs> he died out there in his fucking clueless Ellie outfit. Oh god. You know? Holy shit. And for some reason they decided to put the final match as a separate final as a separate file, separate video on YouTube. It was called a bonus single singles match, which was still part of AEW Dark, but not in the AEW Dark file. It was Michael Nakazawa against Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford. These guys are getting a push clearly because I can't stop saying Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Oh yeah, they they are real. They're they're starting. They're letting them have their moment in the sun now, which is good. At this point, Jr. just wants to go home, and that's my most the most entertaining thing about this AEW so far for me was how much Jr. just wanted to go home and put his feet up because Michael Nakazawa sprays his uh his oil all over himself, and then uh who's out there with with uh. JR for this. I forget who it was, but they, they're mentioning, uh, they're mentioning that there's Turkish oil wrestling and he and JR just so, so put off. He's like, Turkish oil wrestling? Did you just make that up? <laughs> <laughs> JR was so over the show. And then when the guy's like, no, and he's just kind of grunting, like, fine, Turkish oil wrestling. Like, you could just tell like, like it. He JR's that like guy <laughs> in the theater with his kids waiting for the movie to end so he can just go home and drink. Yo, his delivery was so dry that it it provided just the perfect ingredient of entertainment for me. And then during the match, randomly, there's just wrestling going on. And then JR goes, I heard a lot about Michael Nakazawa in the years. And there he is. And that was all he fucking <laughs> said, man. That was all he fucking said. <laughs> I had to rewind. It was like, what? <laughs> Wrote a song about it. Here it is. <laughs> and there he is. Fucking JR. So Penelope managed to get a hold of the freaking Turkish oil and she's spraying Nakazawa, who he's leaned over the ropes, almost 619 delivery style. But it's funny because it becomes a money shot of wrestling oil because when she sprays him in the face, instead of him selling it, he opens his mouth like, ah, give me more. Like, ah, it's just like ridiculous, you know, um, then he does the and at this point, fucking Jr. <laughs> JR was done. a highlight they of are dark done. The end of it. Because Nakazawa goes for that move he does where he takes off his own thong. I don't even know how he takes it off under his trunks. Like the trunks don't come off, but he takes the thong out and leaves the trunks on perfectly. It's <laughs> some crazy <laughs> shit going on here. And what the purpose is, is he put, he does a mandible claw to the person with the thong wrapped around his fingers. So when he's going to do it, the person out there with JR is like, mandible claw with the thong wrapped around. And JR, he goes, how the hell do you know that? Is this a trend? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Yo, JR was the greatest part of this dark he was done man I might watch it again tomorrow just to listen to JR JR oh. sounded like that reluctant friend that, that everyone has that they're trying to show wrestling even though he's oh, been in this business god. longer than anybody and the worst part and, and you picked the wrong show to show him Oh, man. And of course, Penelope, she gets this mandible claw with the thong in her mouth. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, Sabian goes over with his, uh, Deathly Hollows. This was, uh, this was entertaining. I've got to say, AW Dark, man. I'm glad it's becoming a network show, but I, I was definitely entertained by this. 
Oh my god, this that was, shit was so funny. This was definitely one of the better things. <laughs> How do you know this? Is this a trick? JR was done, dude. <laughs> He's way too traditional for this kind of shit. If I had I my way, I will put JR. Yeah, I will. I will put JR and Jim Cornette out there. If this was my company, I put two of the most oh, unlikely Jesus people. Christ. Just let them do their thing. Oh, oh, it'd be amazing. No one would understand anything or yeah, get anything. JR's the guy at a magic show. It's like it's behind his back. <laughs> just revealing the gimmick. <laughs> just... Oh, the wire. Those are fake legs. The okay. bunny's already in the head. <laughs> Calling out all the spots. Stop fucking ruining it. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, AEW Dynamite. Now, I'm doing a lot of this off of memory, so you guys will have to help me out here. But I will say once again, this is becoming a trend with AEW. They put it on the pre-show, which is just the first few minutes before it becomes Dynamite on YouTube, which was uh, Nyla Rose. She was out there with a commentator. I forget the guy's name, but I found it really funny. I've said before that Nyla Rose... uh, is really a good character, really good on the mic. She goes over to the guy. He's one of the Spanish announcers. And in the middle of her doing her heel promo, she just kind of has an epiphany and a curse. He looks over at him and goes, aren't you Spanish? Don't you guys have an announce table? <laughs> and then he looks up at her and he's like, no, our people have suffered for too long, please. Because <laughs> he didn't want her to get, put him through the fucking announce. I just thought it was such a great line. Our people have suffered for too long. <laughs> Because at first I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, oh, yeah, because of all the Spanish announce tables. That's fucking clever. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yo, little shit they do like that where you got to like really think about it. It's fucking magical. Yeah, they're really good. So the show officially starts with John Moxley promo basically saying that this isn't about the kind of man Jericho is. It's about the kind of man he's not, which, of course, prompts Jericho to come out. And uh, did he threaten to fuck Moxley's mom in this promo? Is that what it was? that what they, he was alluding to? I'm going to fuck your mom? He, he he sounded he like he did have, the whole, oh, and I might take your mom out for a night on the town. Like, he did the Triple H thing that he would do to slaughter. He might as well, like, you, you know, know what the thing is, since it's AEW and they really don't care, I'm, I'm just going to say he did. Yeah, I didn't know if it was because it's AEW or because he's close to Moxley's mom's age or what. Oh, my God. That <laughs> motherfucker said we about to have a little bit of the bubbly shit. Like, about to have a lot of bit of the dick. Like, I want to be your dad, Jericho. It would have been a... Uh, it, it, it would have been great if Moxley, because I think it would have been in his character to just be like, dude, did you just say you were going to fuck my mom? You know, like, I'm just asking, right. like, Jericho, is that what you How that strange. Yeah. And then what the weird part is, Jericho, he's there with the inner circle, and then suddenly he has five more guys. Who the fuck would he was like, we got more people. They, and it's the, it was just what, these, what it was, I, I could tell what it was, because I've seen them do something like this in TNA back when they were still good. Uh, it was friends of Santana and Ortiz. It was basically, as they used to call it, an impact, the Latino nation. Mm, they stopped at Home Depot. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I will not continue that statement. I'm going to just leave it there. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, they had all of these guys come out. They had the little Hispanic crew come out. And then they did the whole All the King's Horses and All the King's Men segment. Uh Moving along from this, MJF, I believe he was hiring the Butcher Bunny and Blade for another job. They were actually physically at a butcher shop. Is that where they were? They're inside of a butcher shop for this? I, I guess where they were. The butcher gimmick. You know, why would a bunny want to be in a butcher shop? You know, the butcher's <laughs> only when it makes sense. Um, MJF shows up to the ring. And I got to say, this guy has those high levels of crowd interaction and 
basically ring kissing because he actually has a fan kiss the ring. And it's funny because the guy, his girlfriend didn't want to kiss the ring. He held out his hand and his girlfriend was like, no way. And then he held a hand to the boyfriend and the boyfriend kissed the ring. That's fucking magical. Yeah, it's just so ironic that he's fusing with Cody doing this, and Cody used to do this in the Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Like, and of course, you know, the heels try to assault the baby faces here. It's turned into chaos. Kenny Omega shows up with a V trigger on Butcher, I believe it was. I don't know which one's Butcher, which one's Blade. I'm one of them. That's not Bunny. And uh, Adam Page comes down the ramp with his beer. Very lackadaisically, almost unurgently. This is more like a walk-in. You know the way there's run-ins? This is more like a hold my beer walk-in because he's walking with it, his it, it was like a power beer, walk-in. Like you know? And it, you know what? It made him look cool. Less like a heel because what does he do? He goes into the ring. He takes a sip from his beer, hands it to Kenny Omega, and then he hits this guy with the buckshot Larry. Comes over to boom, hold my beer. When you, Knocks him when you silly. Think about it. Takes the beer back from Omega, climbs back through the ropes, and walks back up the ramp drinking the beer. And all the other elite guys are standing in there like, what the hell? When you think about it, if this is going to be a regular thing, I already got the name for the bit. Hold my buckshot. Yeah, that's what he did. He held his buckshot. I love the fact that he did that, though, because I'm thinking, oh, boy, it what's was... he going to do? You know, it's, it's hard know... to hate him, even though he's turning on them. It's hard to hate him because that was very efficient. You guys have problems out here? Hold my beer. Mm. It's just it's entertaining. He did it so entertaining. Just like, all right, okay, like stretch real quick and boom, buckshot. And then just walk back. And it's like everybody looked around like, why he just do that shit? Like it was nothing. Right? Yeah, pretty it was much. it was Austin esque. Yeah. I could see Austin doing something like that. Hands off the beer, stuns him, then walks back away, grabs the beer. Yep. Uh-huh. And as far as the match between the Young Bucks and the Butcher, the Blade, and the, the Bunny, I, I, you know what? For some reason, I don't like the chemistry between these two teams. The Young Bucks seemed like they toned down their offense to adhere for the fact that the other guys don't really have anything too flashy. Um, Obviously, the Young Bucks go over. I believe they use the Melsa driver, right? Yep. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Uh, What else? We have, we have Nyla Rose against Big Swall. Uh Nyla going over to sit out powerbomb. Um, JR putting this match over. He goes, size does matter. You know, but so does gender. I mean, I hate to say it. Sorry, but I just got to throw that out there. If you were born, <laughs> if you were fucking born a guy and you have physical size and strength advantage regardless of what. And again, this is me not disliking her. She's great on the mic, but I also don't dislike science. And I mean, of course you're going to be strong to be able to throw people around like that. You know, that's in any sport. You know, size matters. You know, size does matter, JR. You're correct in that assessment. Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson against Kip Sabin and Penelope Ford because they are on and fire. This is, the this, is, this is their ring. And uh, Arn Anderson is very involved is because Kip Sabin, he wants a pushing Arn in the middle just to try to get him hot. Um, it is funny to see Cody fall for classic heel tricks. You know, like Penelope, she feigns an injury and Cody picks her up, you know, like in freaking honeymoon style. And like he wants to be getting a PK from the ring apron for his troubles of doing that. Uh, yeah. At one point, Penelope okay. throws her shoe to delay the three count after the disaster kick, and Arn winds up getting hot and coming into the ring with the smoking gun being the shoe, and he throws the shoe out into the crowd while the shitty ref is screaming as Arn, and then Arn winds up pushing him and throwing him out of all of all things, and you know the heels get to stay here. It was all big clusterfuck. What were you gonna say, Dustin? I was gonna say yeah, in the finish wound up being a uh, guy poor Kip Sabian got hit with three crossroads. Yeah, he was crossroading the shit out of him, but. The highlight of this whole fucking match. At one point, it was like uh, I can't remember what they did to Cody, but uh, Kip and Penelope decide they want to celebrate with a kiss on the outside. They get really close to the fucking <laughs> to, to, to the barricade, and as they're about to connect, 
fucking Joey Janela just pops up and Penelope gets him on one side and Kip gets him on the other side. I fucking lost it when I saw it. He pops up in the middle of them and they wind up kissing both sides of his cheeks. Yo, I was like, where did he? I was like, how long was he there? <laughs> that shit was like a cartoon. It was amazing. That makes me think of, uh, let me see if I could bring this up on screen, even though I know we're, we're, we're for the rest of the time I have to. It's you guys so remember funny, you gotta you, do it. You guys remember the movie Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks? Oh my god, yes. Yes. I mean it's do been you, a while, but I remember it. Yeah. Do you remember what they did to the bully in that movie? I that's one I of the few I... times I almost died laughing. So the bully <laughs> in that movie, right? They trick him into a they're in a big hotel and they trick him into having one of the girls knock on the door. And she's like wearing laundry and she's like, make love to me, please. And he brings her into the room and I guess they get to make it. And then the guys, Tom Hanks and the Frankman, they beat the shit out of him and they use the sheets. And you know that gimmick that people do where they tie bed sheets together to climb out of a building? Like they yeah. tie this motherfucker to the end of it and then they hang him out of the building from the bed sheets that are now tied to the bed right, that yeah. are in there. And, and there's a couple completely yeah. unrelated to the movie and they're in, the, oh, they're, they're, they're in one of the hotels a few rooms below. And uh, he's going to open up the window, you know, to to let, I guess, light. And he's like, there's a beautiful moon out tonight. And when he opens the curtain, the guy's dangling with his ass pressed right up against the glass. <laughs> and they're all screaming like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on. But then the gimmick doesn't end there because it cuts later on. It is so perfectly it cut later on to now that same couple. They're like in a car. They're like in their car in the parking lot. I guess the girl freaked out. They didn't want to stay in a hotel anymore. And he's still trying to calm her down. I got to bring this up. Still one of the funniest oh. movies ever. Still one of the funniest fucking movies. They can't oh. have movies like this nowadays. You can't. People too damn sensitive. Yeah, let's see if we could get this up. Oh, God. Of course, I got to go through the the uh, logistics of YouTube to be able to bring up our fun stuff. <sighs> yeah. When it's unplanned, you guys got to wait. Too bad. There was a point we didn't even have a damn screen. Yeah. All right, y'all. You better be happy we got a screen now. Yeah, what the fuck is with this thing? Come on, stop screwing me over. You stop it, right? Now. But it reminded me when I saw the Joey Janela thing. It reminded me of that scene. Anybody that's from the old school that remembers Bachelor Party is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. That's the only reason I'm not saying exactly what it is that happens. I found it on some like, random channel. I'm just trying to load it in. Okay, here we go. What oh, Christ. Uh, I know. I know it's slow. We accept donations if you want to pay so that we can hire like a... A sweatshop style worker to, uh, right. you know, run this shit for us. I'm just saying, we rarely, I'm saying that drop rarely ever gets played because nobody ever donates. So, I mean, okay. I'm gonna put that now. Are you sure you're okay? So he fell. Are you fine? Really? That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just never that. forget. I did not expect his ass to come through the top like that. It was just like you're shitting me, right? I thought his head was going through. When you related this to Joey Janela, I thought his head was going through. No, if it was an ass in that. You gotta see oh, Bachelor Party and Animal House. Stasis is right. Those are great movies. That have way more vulgarity in that than in shit like America. I am Porky's too, man. Go watch Porky. Wanna see some good eighties shit like that? That's the stuff that Oh, has Porky's the truth. was great. You know, those are the movies you got to see. But yeah. Just I brothers. Thought, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I thought God. of that ass kissing moment when 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 this guy popped up. They can't do the ass because it's TNT. I'm sure they wanted to though. Like, it was it was just so funny because like in my head I'm thinking like I watched it back like three times that one bar and I'm going, how long did that fan right there know that Joey Janela was sitting there crouched fucking in front of him? Like, right. What the fuck? Like, no, <laughs> you know much, he man. had to been there for a minute. Like that is too much. Really good segment though. Oh, next, yeah. next we got the tag team match, the hybrid two and Angelico or Angelico and Jack Evans against SCU, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky with Christopher Daniels accompanying them. Uh, what in the hell was the finish to this again? This was, uh, I don't even remember how the hell this ended. I, I, I believe it was, uh, SCU went over where I think it was the SCU later. Was it? Okay. I, yeah, I believe that was the finish, the finishing move, but I do like, uh, SCU coming out with the Kobe jerseys. They mm-hmm. made really nice tributes. One of them was his daughter's number, right? Uh, yeah, one one was his daughter's number as well, so showing her love too. Very thoughtful of them. Um, then we had uh, the six man tag match: Darby Allen and Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn against the inner circle of Chris Jericho, Ortiz, and Santana with Jack Hager and Sammy Guevara. Not too far away, nope. and uh. Basically, Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz wind up going over here. Uh, the finish to this was Y2J hitting the Judas effect. Yep. Poor Isaiah Cassidy caught it. So. Mm-hmm. But the party wasn't over because uh, they wound up, the crowd basically, everybody wound up going after uh, Darby Allen. And they drove Allen's, uh, Darby Allen's skateboard into his throat. And they all. Undertaker chair to the throat spot. Yeah, and this causes Moxley to come in. I guess it's too late for a save, but uh, he comes in with the uh with a baseball bat and he just starts. Because they were gonna hit him over the head from the top rope. Yeah, well, I mean his throat's already fucked up. He would die in real realism. But either way, he's coming in for the save and he goes to beat them all up and clear the ring. Um. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. He does a sting finish where he points the bat at Jericho. They do the sting Hogan finish. Yeah. Overall, good. Nice, dramatic, fun. A little bit of comedy thrown in, too. Really good. Yeah, the show knows what it's doing. I've always said that. You know, it's it's a different tone of show from what I expected. I thought it would be closer to Ring of Honor or NXT. It's not. It's 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 a lot more like Nitro than I had thought. But I mean, there's a lot of yeah. Nitro minds behind the scenes here, so that's to be expected. You know, you got, I'm glad a lot of these people that I haven't seen in years are around now. Well, Moxley, oh, yeah. Moxley did a post, uh, video. I believe it's on Twitter. What happened out there at the end of the night tonight? Maybe it's not my business. Maybe it is my business. Crap like that ain't going down on my watch. Not in my territory. Not in Ohio. Not anywhere. So as next week. Throw Santana at me, throw Ortiz at me, throw the Big Herd at me, throw Sammy at me, throw a tank at me. Chris Jericho already knows, deep down, brother, it's already over. Yeah, I like his whole solid snake look. Yeah, it's good to see how much freedom he's getting to have, and it's just like, do your own thing long as it works. <laughs> Certain things they even asked TNT permission for, though. Like Tony Khan actually had to ask TNT about Jericho stabbing him in the eye. They said that because uh, Dusty Rhodes got into a shitload of trouble back in 1988 when the Road Warriors did that spot. 
and yeah. it was when he when he hit. So so I mean, you know, it's the same exact network when you look at it that way. And he also asked for approval on the I banged that Dallas's daughter, uh, MJF shirt. Yeah. But his daughter actually works backstage as an interviewer, you know, and she thought it was amusing, so they went ahead and did that. His daughter is uh Lexi Nair, in case you're wondering. I like if she's a good sport about it. It's just like, hey, it's funny. Well, some of y'all didn't need to get that level of sense of humor. Just laugh at yourself sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And that being said, AEW Dynamite had 828,000 viewers down from the 871,000 the previous week, but still beating NXT that brought in 712,000 viewers, also down from the 769,000 from the previous week. So both shows have dropped, but just like I said about the averages, we got an average of about 9,000-ish coming in from AEW and an average of about 7,000-ish, closer to 700,000-ish, 900,000 versus 700,000-ish coming in from NXT. And I, like I said, I think that that's the end of the war in the sense that this is where it's going to remain. Yeah. You know, so they, like AEW would have to screw up terribly to lose another round at this point. No, they beat them for Wednesday nights, I think, for the foreseeable future. They showed that uh, yeah. they are better than their third brand. You know, and I'm, that's taking nothing away. I think that's a big accomplishment. Yeah. But yeah, it's gonna, they're gonna be able to ride this out for a good long time. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that being said, uh, NXT, it opens with Beth Phoenix on commentary, selling Edge's injury. I think they did like a really good job with that, with her crying and being sad. It's supposed to be a joyous time for my family and look what happened. And, you know, I thought that was a cool way to get the show started to add like some emotion to it. They had a backstage thing. I don't think this was, I, I found this on Twitter, but I, I don't know if it actually happened, but this was the original attack that sets up later on in the night with Finn Balor and Trent Seven. Shoot, sets up pretty much Matt One. Match One, but yeah. Excuse me, Trent. Trent, just want to get your thoughts on World Slide, that unbelievable tag team match. Um, yeah, mate. I mean, that's the kind of match in the competition you kind of dream of, especially working at this level that we are now and, you know, the crossover. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Shut it. Shut it. Hello. Remember me? I'm Finn Balor. You and your mate Tyler, you keep your nose out of my business or I'll leave you laying the same way I left Gargano laying. I work Wednesdays. I'll see you when I see you. Trent, you okay? No, the guy tried to kill him. Is he okay? Right, you choked him out with a car door. Fuck you, is he okay? He was, someone tried to kill him. Fuck you, he is he far okay? from okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but of course, this uh, chaos wound up transpiring because... Mm-hmm, but you know what? Kenta, formerly Hideo Itami, decided to comment under this video. Oh. And he put, NXT is still not hire a security for the parking lot. Just talk to myself. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right. So, um... So then we have the match. Like you said, it's the first match of Finn Balor against Trent Seven with the finish being dropkick, coup de grace, and 1916 from a very aggressive Balor this entire match. So here's my question, and I was thinking about this, and it really just started to hit me. How do you feel about the fact that, like, the way he finishes it, the coup de grace into the 1916? I like it better. Uh, I think that that's a more definitive finish. It works really well. I like the fact that it's the basement drop kick into the corner, into the coup de gras, into the 19th century. Yeah. It's a very definitive finish. It's good for him, bad for anybody else, because you're really killing p- people when you do that, you know? Because I always wondered if, because to this day I still call it Bloody Sunday, but I always wondered, like, because he used to always use either the coup de gras 
or Bloody Sunday the first time he was in NXT. But now he almost links it into like one basically three-piece special in a sense. Yeah, it works very, very well. I think that that was very well. Solid match. Um, Off-topic complaint. So there was a commercial break during this match on the USA Network. And I don't like that when there's commercials, USA gets the picture in picture, but the WWE Network subscribers just lose that footage. Why am I paying for the network? And uh, sure, that intermission had a lot of Trent underground selling for Finn. But nonetheless, the USA Network version of NXT is about seven minutes longer than the one they're providing on the WWE Network. That's lost footage that I should be able to be entitled to for, for fucking money. Because AEW has their little $4.99 service that I told you guys about last week. And when you pay for that service, all of the picture-in-picture stuff, not only do you get it, but you get it with audio without the ads in there. They're able to give you the complete uncut version of the product. Why are they, an upstart company, able to provide me with the complete version of the show? And the network that I've been paying for for years can't do the same, even though it started on the network and then moved to USA. And I, I know I've said it on here before, but I'm legit just thinking of canceling. I can't justify. I don't have the time to watch the fucking ride-alongs or the dinner for threes, or which will be the only thing that I'd ever be watching. You know, I don't really have time for the documentaries. The, the main thing were the pay-per-views and the NXT. Half of the incentive is gone now because not only are you giving me NXT a day late and it's a, a brand that has a lot of buzz behind it. So I have to dodge fucking spoilers if I don't watch it that night, but you're, you're giving me a cut version. As the originators of the people who supported this fucking brand before you got a deal on the USA Network. It was the fans paying for that network that gave that brand the recognition to become something credible enough to go on to be on the USA Network. I think that you owe us those seven minutes, you know? And if you're not going to give it to me, that's fine. I'm not giving you my fucking money anymore. I think it's a big joke, this whole network thing. And it's getting on my nerves. Yeah, and ride-alongs and table for threes don't show up often enough. I shouldn't have to. Cutting out seven minutes. I shouldn't have to go find a stream of the NXT that I'm paying for on the WWE Network because I know that the version you're giving me is not a complete version. Even seven minutes. Because how come, again, why can AEW do this? You're telling me that they have better technology than you guys where they can capture a full version of the show? Get out of here. Unbelievable. So but anyway, a good match, though. But a good match. Would like to my, see my, all my, of them. I, th- thankfully, inconvenience with that break thankfully i was on the usa so i got the complete thing but now i know i can't watch it on the network so one less reason to have the network they get a backstage promo of riddle saying that pete dunn is his bro from another mole and that he he sees nothing but love when he looks into his eyes um (laughs) i i don't know i I guess they're keeping Pete Dunn has the greatest fucking poker face because i swear i'll i'll crack up during these promos and dunn won't so much as blink yeah we get a singles match. Diana Perrazzo against Shotzi Blackheart. By the way, you managed to spell Shotzi's correct, but you fucked up on the Perrazzo, guys. It's with two Zs. She's been around way longer than the Shotzi chick, so get that right. You know, fix the graphic. Like, how the hell did a... I don't know. They were too focused on Shotzi's fucking tank. That's another thing. How come Shotzi showed up in a little tank? Does she have something to do with little know. tanks? What is she? Is she hanging out with Sammy, Sammy Guevara? It's fucking crazy. Like, I don't you know. You showed up in a little tank. <laughs> She came down the ramp in a little fucking tank. This is the same girl who I was saying didn't didn't look that good last time. Remember, I was like, she's just not that good. What she doing now? She has a tank. Unbelievable, you know. I was so confused during this shit. I was like, what? What is you know, this? The old it? saying: if it's broke, put it in a tank. Get out of here with your fucking advanced wars tank. Going out with this tank anymore. I do like that kick that she does. The question mark kick. That double kick. 
That does look good. Oh, yeah. I have to give her some credit about some. Her kicks look solid. Maybe she's maybe she's better, and it's like one of those things like paid where it's just the adjusting to this brand because I haven't seen anything good from her yet. Yeah, uh, we can hope that's it. Unless you yeah. let him going over with a scent on. So yeah, Keith Lee has a segment with Dominic Dijokovic or whatever the fuck. And they you were close race. that time. <laughs> I was close. Dominic says that if you're going to have a match for the North American title, it isn't going to be against a bootleg Marilyn Manson. Basically saying that about Damian Priest, which causes Damian Priest to punch him. And uh, just like that, a ref slides in like, now's my chance to have a match. Which have that singles match against Dominic, against Priest, with the finish being Dijak going over with the Feast Your Eyes. Uh, I got to say, Keith Lee is lucky right now, very much, because he's radiating charisma taking nothing away from his wrestling these two had some fancy stuff he's the third man in this match these two are breaking an acai moonsault step over top rope con helos crazy choke slams on that avalanche i think priest uh yeah priest hit uh dijakovic with an avalanche poison rana from yeah that was crazy too and that being said you know Keith Lee is still more over, you know, with his big man offense, and he still looks really good. So I give a lot of credit there. Uh, Champa does a backstage interview saying uh, that uh, at TakeOver, Goldie's coming home to Daddy, and Daddy's going to make sure of it. And uh, he's holding a pipe in his hands, but as the camera pans out, it's revealed that he's already taken care of the Undisputed Era because when you look in the background, they're all just unconscious bodies behind him. So long before NXT had started and got on the air and was streamed to the airwaves, he decided he was not getting jumped tonight. So laid out on the ground are three of the Undisputed Era members, completely out cold. They looked like they were sleeping. It looked like nap time. Like you ever seen in the classroom when everyone's having nap time on the mats? It looked like that for these guys. And uh, then he gets in the ring and he has a table set up with a big X on it. And it's funny because Adam Cole, in the meantime, he's backstage and he sees all his fallen friends and he looks at their bodies and he looks up at the officials and he's like, who did this? I'm like, come on, dude. Are you, surely you must have some idea who could have done this, right? You there must be a know, few people you. who cross your mind as to how three unconscious bodies from the Undisputed Era got here, right? Like, why don't you just look at the roster real quick, scroll through and see if you could think of anybody that might have done this to you. Who did this? Yeah, and this this was fucking nuts because uh, after a Regal comes out with the contract and they have a basic ex- uh, crazy exchange, Ciampa powerbombed Cole through the table and I guess at some point the top of his head got cut. Yeah. And, then and, he, and basically then, he wound up signing the, the contract in his blood. Yeah, Undisputed Era not looking really good. Ciampa shows up early to the building, takes out three of them with a pipe and films himself over their bodies. And then when the fourth guy comes running in, he puts him through a table and signs the contract in his blood. It was definitely a bad day for them. If I were them, I would be in the back and catering, talking with one another and being like, listen, man, this whole Ciampa thing was a bad fucking idea. <laughs> we pissed off the wrong one. We've all been having a lot of fun and it's been all parties and smiles and high fives, except now. The only thing that I could think about that's changed is this guy. <laughs> because the fun, the fun basically ended. <laughs> right. You know, everyone was done in that, in that scenario. Oh, we got Dakota Kai against Tegan Knox, the two best friends with Tegan taking out Kai with her knee brace thanks to an assist from Candace. A very shiny, shiniest wizard. Yeah, and we'll finish her off with the shiniest wizard of all. Yeah, but uh, not long after this craziness, 
I think actually one of them later on in the week, we got an announcement that they will go at it again at TakeOver Portland, but this time it's going to be a street fight. So God help us. Good. They need to elevate the violence between these two, especially after that whole cage thing. Oh, yeah. So we have Chelsea this, Green. Oh, go ahead. I was about to say, I was actually just about to call this one. This one made me laugh because we had Caden uh, Carter and Chelsea Green. And yeah. Chelsea Green lost to the jobber. Yeah, she got rolled up by Caden Carter. I'm glad they stopped giving Chelsea Summer Rae's old song, but at the end of the day, even changing it, it seems like this match was more to showcase Caden Carter than the actually Chelsea, Chelsea Green and the Robert Stone gimmick that they've been working so hard on. All we've been hearing for months is how that Robbie's been working on this gimmick. He's been working on this gimmick. They've been really fine-tuning this. If Chelsea Green was on main event, I think, and on a Raw at one point before they brought her back down to see they're trying out, and then it's like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Jobber to Caden Carter. I mean, hey, congrats, Caden Carter got a win, and uh, Chelsea Green just saying that didn't happen to Tessa. So. That wasn't good. Not good. Uh, but then the main event of the evening. Yes, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic 2020 final match with the grizzled young veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson, against the Bros Awaits, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. Me still not sure. And I still wasn't sure going into this finish if they were committed to this team. Apparently they are. Yeah. Go ahead, take it. Yep, because the finish of the match... After a failed attempt at their original uh, bitter flash, as I called it, the bro to sleep Enziguri combo and Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle not only win the 2020 Dusty Cup, they are challenging for the tag titles that take over Portland. Yep, and the setup to that was Dunn hitting a moonsault onto Gibson on the outside and Riddle hitting one onto James Drake on the inside. So, yeah, really cool. Very good stuff, guys. I really am enjoying Wednesday night stuff. It's very busy. Wednesday nights are very busy. Yeah. It's kind of funny, like, this past week of the war, this was one of the few times I watched NXT live, and it was just because it was more for the Dusty Cup for me, but absolutely wild tag team match. It was looking like either one of these teams could have taken it at any point in time. For sure. Moving on to SmackDown with a rating of 2.424 million viewers for a two-hour average. 2.529 in the first hour, 2.318 in the second, 0.7 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. So definitely good numbers there. They were at 2.448 million the week before. So more or less the same, a little bit up. Miz and Morrison joined the list of people that buried the revival. <laughs> good job, man. Let's just have make sure you got to make sure that's your rite of passage, right? You literally got to come uh, into this company when you're a tag team. Your initiation is you fuck up the revival. That's what they need to be. The F, the F U R, fuck up the revival. F U T R. Jesus Christ. You know, because that's what it is. It's like, here we are, Miz. It's like no ring rust or anything. These guys are perfect communicators. Just go in there and bury these guys. And then you're wondering why they won't sign your big lucrative contracts. I can't All figure I'm out why. Is after this, if we report on this show that the revival sign another contract at that point they don't get to leave they get to be in a stable with uh mike and maria they get to be the new king because lately mike canellis has been tag teaming in the house shows with uh tony niece and they call themselves whatever it was it was a terrible name i already forgot it but if that comes to light they could just either fuck it make a kingdom why not there you go even shittier kingdom they were called the forgotten we already have the Forgotten Sons. You know, they'll be the Forgotten Fathers. And, tr- and trust me, more people remember the Forgotten Sons than those two. So. Do they, though? Yeah. It's Tony needs a Mike Canellis. 
That sucks because I really like Tony Nese. I yeah. think they can really do something with him. But Tony Nese was great until he became a whiny little bitch after he lost the cruiserweight title. Like once that happened, it was just like oh, it's all downhill. And then yeah. he just went back to being like the cocky premier athlete. And I was like, no, no. Yeah, well, they're trying something. Obviously, it's not written in stone, though, because if it was, they would be doing it uh, mainstream by now, you know? Yeah. But then again, that involved them actually putting Mike Nels on TV. So I always thought Tony D should be that Dean Malenko guy. Just no nonsense. Goes in there, whoops some butt, and just walk out. Yeah. And then he started counting his abs. That went to 10. That went straight to hell. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't have a clear-cut vision for what they were doing. And Canales, I don't think that they like him. They're trying to cuckold the guy, practically. Yeah, they like his wife more than they like him. And they hardly like his wife at this point. And I tell you guys, they don't know how to write write women. You know, it's it's almost like an alien species to the creative team in WWE. <laughs> they you know, do they, what with those? They have no idea. They don't know what they do with anything. That's part of the problem. You know, you need either male writers that, that are in relationships... Or you need some more females on that staff. What you don't need is people who don't know women writing these shitty stories. Wait, Milk, are you shitting me? What? <laughs> you but know that's, that's where you go. We, we need a kitchen so we can fight. We can make a segment for these women. Oh, God. Where's the kitchen? What do you mean I'm supposed to write for women? Yeah. Nah, that, Like I said, it's something that they better work on because uh, it's not impressive so far. I'm pretty sure not impressive is being generous. Not being very generous. Must be having a good day if you call that not impressive. I'm looking here because I think they had a Miz and Morrison Pulse match thing. And I know you guys are dying to hear from them. I'm like, I can't deprive you of, of your, your Miz and, Mo- and Morrison moments. What kind of host will I be? Okay, here we go. SmackDown Tag Team Titles at Super Showdown. How excited are you both? Back, isn't it? yep. It's going to make our luggage a little bit heavier, but I'll deal pounds. with it. I'll you deal know, with it. Shape, It'll I'm work. We're both in shape. And if you notice, tonight, tonight, the audience was cheering us. And what happened? Yeah, we won. Whenever they're booing us or telling us we suck, what happens? We still win. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. People tonight were hungry for peanut butter and Johnny. Yes, they were. And they got and we peanut served butter them and Johnny. You know, uh. the new day is known as the most entertaining team in sports entertainment ever. But I think people are getting tired of pancakes. Really? Mm-hmm. Most entertaining ever? See, in 2007, 8, 9, there was a little team of the greatest tag team of the 21st century. And they had a little show called The Dirt Sheet. It created the buzz that is YouTube of WWE. Without the Dirt Sheet, there would be no Kathy Kelly on YouTube. No WWE now. So You're welcome. Because in life, there are winners and there are losers. We are the greatest tag team of the 21st century. Be jealous! Okay. Believe me, I'm not going to be jealous of peanut butter and Johnny. They ruined uh, the Miz. I think his face turn uh, was doing wonders for his career, and then they just decided, ah, heal again because he fought the fiend. Yeah. See, they, 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 double, they double, the double turn on one of those is, I mean, the writing is on the wall on that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to see what happens. But I think the Miz, now if they flip him again, it's like now he's going back and forth. You know what I mean? It's, it's ruined he's the a new big show. The new big show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Damn. So, uh, Otis asked Mandy out on a date. And she wasn't free then, but she'll be free two weeks, which happens to be Valentine's Day. Is this going to be like when Mark Henry dated China? Remember those days? Oh, dear God. That's when, we first, that's when we first learned how he danced. You know, we're like, look at that. Mark Henry has some good feet on him. 
It was the birth of sexual chocolate. <laughs> he surprised us. It's so bad. Now when I hear sexual chocolate, I think to his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, is this going to be the birth of sexual vanilla? Is this Otis? <laughs> sexual marshmallow. Sweet. Sweetest yeah, vanilla. There you go. There you go, man. I'm I'm excited. I'm rooting for Otis, especially after he spawned underneath her during the Royal Rumble. I popped for that shit. <laughs> like what? Yeah. <laughs> the fucking speed he needed to be able to get from under that ring and be in place. And his facial expression under there, like, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just he's just he's funny. He's always been funny. Like he was... Yeah. So looking forward to that. So Nikki Otis Cross reminds me of one of those side <laughs> Dragon Ball Z characters. Oh no! You didn't just you rode you. You know you didn't yeah. just Yazrobi him. Yeah, he's like a. Oh god, he's like he's like Yazrobi, but way more important. Yeah, always smiling. <laughs> See, I like guys like him and like Heavy Machinery because you can tell the company just lets them do whatever they want as long as they're having fun and keeping people entertained because they don't they're go too off the cusp. walls. But. They're at that cusp where they're not that important. But they're not that low. But they can just kind of. They, they, it's, it's like our R-Truth thing where like their comedy yeah. keeps them in the spotlight. Yeah. So Nikki Cross has a match against Mandy Rose. Uh, I think there was some really cool stuff in this. There was this one point I've never seen this before. But Nikki Cross reverses Mandy's crucifix pin. They're, they're close to the ropes. And she manages to get a rope break and a kick out simultaneously. Because what she does as she's in the crucifix pin, she uses her left leg to push up off of the middle rope that's above her and roll through using her momentum to roll to her feet. And then winds up kicking, uh, winds up kicking Mandy in the, um, midsection and then hitting, I guess, what will be considered a swinging neckbreaker as crossroads hits the tag and then twisted bliss on Mandy Rose for the win. I thought that whole sequence to the end, the the recoiling off of the crucifix into that was very smart. I like yeah, that, that they sh- I like that they showcase Nikki properly in here. Who would have thought this would have worked out so well? Like that's one of the coolest teams. You know? Yeah. They're they're probably my favorite women's tag team right now. Yeah. There was a botch in here. Bliss accidentally crotched herself. I don't know if you caught that. She crotches herself Ooh, with, the, with the fucking ring apron. I actually, I'm going to bring it up on the screen for me so we have it here. Oh, God. She slides through and crotches herself. Yeah, just like a Fit Finley used to do, using the apron as a weapon. Fit recovering from surgery. <laughs> if, you, if you look at the look on her face, you could tell that it was a bad crotch because she kind of went down. Just like a crotch. Fit Finley used to do, using the apron as a weapon. Fit recovering from surgery. Hope he's doing well as Alexa. And then she, uh, she tweeted, she she uh, like a a laugh crying emoji and said that apron went right up there. Ha ha ha! Did it at least buy you dinner first? Yeah, right. Don't need that checkup for another six months. <laughs> How much is that fucking apron selling for on eBay? Oh my god! <laughs> One of the crew guys went by and sniffed that spot in the apron. Yeah, right. It's gonna be like footage on Twitter in like a week and a half. Some guy just walked by. <laughs> oh, God. Tuna. I can't play that drop for her. No, fuck no. that. I won't do it. I can't do that to Alexa Bliss. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, God. 
<laughs> oh, we are so sorry, Blitz, but damn it, that was funny. Yeah, I'll put that on. I know people still are hesitant about coming in. I, so I, here, here's the tag for that. Here you go. I love how when she walking it off, you see that look on her face like that was a close call. Like that could have been way worse. She had that good thing I don't have balls look, right? Oh, right. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, that would have sucked. Yeah. So there's a title change thanks to uh, Braun Strowman wins his first ever singles championship against Nakamura, which, who had once again underwhelming, underused. They don't know how to use Nakamura. What happens here, you know I believe. What? Is uh Sami Zayn exposes the turnbuckle, but it winds up backfiring and Nakamura takes the exposed turnbuckle bump and Strowman follows up with the running power slam, winning his first ever IC title. There's multiple things I hate so much about this. One, the fuck is Strowman doing with the title? He blows it when he gets to the top. Don't y'all know how this works? That's Two. not the top, it's the IC title, man. It barely means anything. You act like he won it from Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> at this point, at this point, let's be real. This is his WrestleMania moment. Yeah. But uh Two not too long, maybe a couple of days before this SmackDown, I can't remember where it was, if it was Instagram or what, but they mentioned that Nakamura had been champion for 200 days. Wow. Why the fuck are you going to tell him that when you've given him all of, like, a title defense and a half? They're terrible, Sh- dude. They're Shinsuke, terrible. get the fuck out of here, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Go any go to ROH and you'll get better treatment. All right. He knows. He knows. He's been there before. There. This is terrible. You know what I'm saying? They're paying good money there. Some people are just absorbing that vacation money. That's what it's becoming. At this point, I th- at this point, I think Nakamura just likes the vacation. That's what like, it is. He'll be back in action out of this. I told you guys. Remember that episode? That was the We Are Siamese episode. I told you my fears of what was going to happen on here, and it happened. I'll tell you, stuff like this is why when you get to NXT, just stay in NXT. This wasn't a problem in NXT. Yeah. As soon as you come with the Raw SmackDown, everything goes to shit. That being said, we do have an interview that they posted up here from the winner. Oh, goody, goody. Let me be the first to say congratulations, Braun Strowman, the new Intercontinental Champion. It wasn't just beating Shinsuke Nakamura in that match. It was really overcoming the odds as he had help. So what was it like to win that championship. You know, you're right. Ever since I started this with Shinsuke, it's been an uphill battle with basically fighting three other athletes, uh, with Sami Zayn and Cesaro being at his side throughout this whole thing. And you know, uh, their tactics had worked a few times to, to keep me from picking up the big W and getting this Intercontinental Championship. But tonight, their plan backfired in their face. I hit Shinsuke Nakamura in the middle of the ring with the running power slam. One, two, three. Here I am standing, the new Intercontinental Champion. That scared me a little bit. You didn't even <laughs> flinch, but you did get emotional out there. So talk to me about that. You know, uh, it, very, it was. I'm still very emotional. This is a hard thing for me to, you know, take all in. Seeing this, this is my first singles title that I've had as a WWE superstar. I mean, this is a huge milestone for me. For four and a half years, I've been chasing this opportunity. And finally, tonight, I got my hands on the Intercontinental Championship. And uh, I don't plan on letting go into this thing anytime soon, Kathy. You're eager to change those plates out, so we will let you get going. Name plates on here, and let's roll with this thing. Uh, taking challengers, who wants to get these hands? No, we're not. Don't make me get Brock. All right. Yeah. So, segueing into this backstage, uh, the heels basically are pissed off that Nakamura lost the title. Zane's calling this a tra- travesty. Uh, Elias interrupts them from the ring playing his guitar over them and uh, just singing about how shitty they are and then eventually like, 
go out there and take care of this Cesaro and Cesaro goes to take care of it and he gets his ass destroyed by Elias completely job out he's just treated like a henchman goon sent out there by Zane goodbye Cesaro I guess he has no credibility either I guess out of Nakamura Zane and <laughs> Cesaro the one with the credibility is Zane he's like the little boss that uh fucking Spike Dudley used to be oh you th- you read my fucking mind yeah Shorty G has a match against Sheamus where his ear explodes again. I feel like that's his thing. His ear explodes every match. You know, that must be that cauliflower shit, right? Yeah, cauliflower ear. When you don't drain that fluid, that's what happens. Yeah. Finish to this is the Irish curse bro kick combo. And I don't know what the hell the point was of telling this story because it starts off with a video package about how Shorty G believed that he could overcome all odds and then showed that he failed again at the pay-per-view and that now this is him having his rematch and then it ends with him failing again. Like it reminded us that he failed. I was thinking it was leading to something else, but it was leading to him failing twice. So what are we going to do next? Next week, we're going to have a, a package that shows the fact that he lost two times and now here he is again, still overcoming odds. <sighs> Naomi with her space helmet against Bailey. I don't know why she has a space helmet now. Completely covers her head. Looks like a character from one of the Mega Man series. What was it? I don't even remember what the finish to this was. What happens with Naomi here? Uh, I want to say Naomi wound up going over. Yeah, something like that. Goes to show how much I'm paying attention to the match. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Squires, you like this know. match? What happened to this match? Why well, don't I remember this match? You know what it is? Because I think. And this is where I started to feel lately, and it really I, hit I me. This part of SmackDown. It, it, and I think it really hit me with this one. Like the Bailey stuff just become dull. It's forgettable. Like, That's there, what it you, is. I remember her giving a promo about uh about how she she basically took care of uh, Lacey Evans and did it in front of her snot nosed daughter and you know she gave her little heel promos i don't i don't mind anything that she was doing you know i have no complaints with bailey i mean yeah her promos are dry somehow but she's she's going with the character the way she's supposed to i told you guys that before yeah but it's just like amongst the failed ambushes and every now and then when she has a good promo it's just like eh. she like, I, like landly <laughs> <laughs> oh good lord yeah. yeah, but it just—I uh, don't know. It's—it's it's getting to the point where like something needs to change with this Bailey thing because it's really getting to the point where like I want her to lose the title just so I don't have to suffer through the boredom anymore. Like it's not even about Naomi or anybody else become a champion. Like it's more just like save me from this. Shit. I'm still not ready to give up on it. You know. I mean, but it's like how many like failed heel turns are we gonna have to go through before like you call it quits? Like. The, the, the heels aren't supposed to be right. She changed her music. She changed her hair, and then just got her ass kicked like face, like face Bailey over and over again. Like her and Sasha try to ambush people. Her and Sasha together try to ambush one person and fail multiple times. Like you know what it was. I, the reason I remember the finish is because like I was telling you guys about the Bailey coming out and giving that promo. It wasn't really an official match. It was just Naomi coming out, and uh, this basically led to uh, Bailey attacking her. So oh yeah, yeah, and, and then Naomi wanted to blame her out. <laughs> that's the that's the tradition, right? Bailey jumps See, the person. What I'm saying, like, what, and, uh, what, what are you holding on to at this point? There's nothing to hold on to. She it's tried to hit dead. her with the belt. Naomi winds up ducking it, and then uh she winds up hitting Bailey, and she sends her to the outside, and that was it. It's funny how Bailey gets the ambush, and as usual, she she's defeated. I keep it's weird. Yeah. Week after week. <laughs> Like, 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 like I'm saying, I'll save you the trouble. Give up hope, take the horse behind the barn, and shoot it. 
Like, holy crap, that's, that's the problem. The problem with me is that she ambushes all of the baby faces and always winds up injured. Her or Sasha wind up taken out at the end of their attacks. Like, you don't have to worry about feuding with Bailey because whether you ambush her or she ambushes you, you come out on top. Like I said, shoot the fucking horns, get the belt off her, and end his misery. This is starting <laughs> to become like when I used to watch Wiley Coyote as a kid. Like, I'm not watching to see if he succeeds. I'm watching to see how he fails. This is you worse. Know? Like, how's because the attack? Point, what's going to go wrong here? You know? <laughs> it, at least at least for Wiley Coyote in the finale, maybe they would have been like, you know what? Okay, let's have him hit this one. No. Wiley Coyote with his failed bits gets closer than Bailey and Sasha ever do with these ass ones. Yeah, you know, if this, if this was a cartoon, when they get eliminated in the Rumble, they would do the fucking air stop it, where they like look at the audience, they break the it, fourth wall, and they hold the sign up and look down. Like, <laughs> <"Ew!"> <laughs> at, 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 at least with Wiley Coyote stuff, you could see where the end game was. I never see what the end game of these ambushes are. Maybe that's what they knew. Put this in the comedy direction, where instead of having Bailey and, and Sasha be, uh, you know the heels have them be comedy people where like you see them ty- writing up blueprints and charts and shit of the ways that they're gonna catch the baby face and they always you fucks know. up hey it says acme on her glasses <laughs> oh, instead of God. boss right legit acme yes 100 <laughs> percent legit acme uh, uh, uh call comes out it's acme time what a mess we're finally uh, god help us up to the main event it's not even raw fucking smacking roman reigns and the usos against corbin ziggler and rude they finally did it those bats i feel like the end of the original plan of the apes they finally did it ah because they, they did a fucking dog food match which with, with reigns winds up rolling up uh corbin for the win and then they shackle him to the uh that same corner where they had roman and then they have this big ass bucket of dog food first they're, they're teasing him they're giving him a little sprinkle little money shots of dog food before they dump the two buckets on him just two gigantic buckets of dog food all over baron corbin and uh he didn't really eat any he just happened to yeah. uh they tried to spoon feed him some but he was just really pretty much wearing it so are we done with the dog food now is this shit over I hope to God so so Corbin can go on to doing shit that matters, please. Like I love how when the, the Undertaker was the big I, was that? I said the funniest thing I've seen of that was somebody photoshopped Rikishi in front of Corbin and it said I did it for Roman. Oh my god. <laughs> I like how when the and Undertaker was the like was the big dog in the yard, he was metaphorically the big dog, but no, Corbin is like you know, Corbin is fighting a big dog with the dog food. Ruining it. Too, too, they took it too serious. Yeah. And, uh, all right. That tag team, the Mike Canellis tag team. I think I found the name here. Team Absolute. Mike Canellis and Tony Nese. That's almost as bad as one fucking, uh, Davy Richards and Kyle O'Reilly with Team Ambition. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, before we wrap up here and, and, and shoot this horse, we're going to talk raw briefly which by the way the ratings for the previous week because we can't do this week yet it just ended they did 2.402 million viewers which is up from the 2.380 million that they did last week barely up barely they're up what 22 like 22 million point 22 million viewers come on something like too that. much orton opens the show saying nothing for way too long i started to wonder if everybody was still coming in from the snowstorm that they came here for because i'm like how long are you gonna stand there and be conflicted (laughs) and then he goes i can't do this and then he walks away now i gotta say i i saw some stuff in the chat earlier i'm glad that edge is here and i've always been an orton fan but it's a little disheartening that is 2020 and one of the biggest storylines is from guys that have been here for decades. It's like we need it, but it's sad that we need it. No one else has been built themselves, has, has built themselves up 
to be the stars of the caliber in this generation as people like Edge and Orton. So much, in fact, that people like that can come years later and slide right back into their top spot seamlessly. Because regardless of who we have on the roster, those spots never seem to get occupied in the first place. So that's kind of sad. And I uh, I 100% agree with Kula. They screwed the pooch on that rated RKO reunion. Everyone who's saying that, bah, feud is better. Um, it's, it's, I think it's pretty much, you know, I think it's stupid. I've, I've heard that they, that, that they, um, someone said that they could do the rated RKO tag team after the feud, but I'm thinking, why not before? Like, what's the rush? WrestleMania is in two months. Orin and Edge getting to go up against current talent that they didn't get to, that didn't get to face rated RKO years ago, leading into a heel turn. To build a match that's all the way in April or in the beginning of February. And of course, I know now that I put that spin in it, there's going to be a lot of you are going to be like, well, you know, now that you put it that way, I could see it. But it's just heartening that you didn't see it that way in the booking logic in the first place. What, what reason? What was the rush to not have a rated RKO reunion? Two months. There's even another pay-per-view before WrestleMania. If anything, that would have added to the drama. You want to do it like the, uh, like the Jericho, uh, the, 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 the friendship festival where imagine if they would have done it. The way that they said, well, he had to fight for that segment because they just wanted it to be a heel turn. That's pretty much what happened with the Orton situation. That should have been the two of them as a team reunited. And people would have bought it hook, line, and sinker because they even went as far as is uh, reuniting Miz and Morrison on SmackDown. And nobody ever gave a fuck about that team. So we'll just make it seem like the natural progression that Raw's getting a reunion tag team. Maybe even book them against each other somewhere between now and the eight plus weeks that you have to develop more stuff. And then you know what you have? Not only do you have a great feud between Red Edge and Randy Orton, but you have a great video package going into it of the team reuniting, the new young teams right. that they face down the road, maybe show up at NXT one one week and take a team on there. And then finally, that same heel turn happens with the concerto shot and everything else, which is just, you know, it's heartbreaking to everybody else. And then you have this match with legitimate heat as opposed to it just being, well, I'm pissed because of what happened at the Rumble. So I think that that was a complete wasted opportunity. But um, this whole logic that I'm seeing from a lot of fans that are just like, fuck it, we got Edge, jerk off and be happy. That doesn't work for me, man, because just like all the other problems that this company has, they could be careful with their booking. They don't have to ruin it. I've seen them ruin Kurt Angle. I've seen them ruin lots of other legends. I've seen people come back and amount to nothing. They ruined Batista, who they were actually invested in. So, I mean, no, it has to be dealt with more delicately than that. I'm hearing rumors that Christian might become part of this storyline. To me... That means there's an even more missed opportunity because you missed an opportunity. Randy Orton and Christian have a history during the 2011-2012 era. You know, the just one more match came from him and Orton, which they were a tag team. Remember, Christian lost the title to him. What was it? Within a week? She less than you that. Know, there was a storyline brewing there. You know, there was a good storyline, as a matter of fact. There was a point where they were, like I said, they were like Batman and Robin. Christian was like his Robin for a while. And I remember one of the cool moments being when he had him in the center of the ring and he was going to go for the punt. And then you see him hold his head like he's conflicted, like he doesn't want to have to take this guy out. There's so much story to be told there. And now you have team rated RKO who could have had a heel turn down the road. And then Christian come back and the original team reunite because I'm hearing that if they clear him, he's going to make an in-ring return too. But instead, we fast forward all that shit. And we're just going to get the ending right now to go into WrestleMania. You know, like, I think I think that uh, Kula had a point. That was a wasted opportunity. They could have been. I don't see why with the time they had, everyone can't get everything they want. You have your rated RKO. You have your your heel turn. You have your Edge and Christian reunion. Everyone gets everything. You get matches all over. But nope. Why? Why? When we can just have fucking um, Alistair Black come out and beat some jobber. You know, or we can just have... You know, all kinds of dumb shit. You know, I just don't get it. I don't understand why why their time isn't just invested into better people and storylines. You know? So, yeah. 
So here's my whole thing, because I was one of the people where I was just like, I wanted to see the feud. One point that Kula did make was that Orton's never beaten Edge. And the kind of person that Randy Orton is, is Randy Orton going to waste time teaming with him to get the monkey off his back that's been closed for nine years? Or is he going to say, fuck it, I'm taking this shit now? Because truth be told, the RKO reunion would have been cool. I don't trust these fuckers with the RKO reunion. It's supposed to be an RKO I don't want to see them of, fuck out up of, two um, angles on the way to in, one. But it's supposed to be an RKO out of nowhere, not an RKO out of somewhere very predictable. Isn't that what, like, 90% of his are now? <laughs> but, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Why not have the team? Like, why not have them turn after some matches and you know what a lot of those guys could use that rub too including the revival even if they're not going to go over how about let some of the young talent experience facing team rated rko because some of these tag teams can't afford to lose to a team that hasn't teamed in 12 years but the they tag could, already why? Why? They could fucking afford to lose to everybody else and now that we finally have a reputable team that here they can't afford to lose to them come on and then eventually I mean, I'd, ra- the I'd rather lose to the teams that have been here, not the ones that haven't teamed in 12 years. So instead of getting all of that content that I just laid out, what we get is the jobbers are all tag teaming and jobbing anyway. We're still getting the Orton and Edge feud, and we're just missing a bunch of shit that could have happened in the middle. You see what I mean? Like, it's just like, I just don't see why. It's not like they replaced it with anything good, you know? And I think that it, it would have been, like, I, I don't get it. Like I said, there, there, there's so much that, uh, could have been done here so much potential and that doesn't mean it still won't be good but it could have yeah. been better and according to Melsa, they said that uh edge told ww that aw offered him three million per year for working limited dates and they matched that number he's gonna get three million a year for the next three years he has to wrestle four times a year and be on 25 episodes of wwe tv so he'll be around to build his fuse and he'll be around to do his matches but there's a possibility he'll be working even more than that i guess it depends on how he's feeling right yeah like if he's feeling good enough to go more than four matches hey let him go (laughs) so lana against Liv morgan finishes Liv morgan with that crazy rock bottom s springboard uranagi that she does i don't know where i guess just so you can see their asses and and tits rub up against one another (laughs) who knows thankfully Uh, this match ended fast we didn't have to suffer through lana wrestling that long it was just to lead into the return of ruby riot which we get a hug swerve. Ruby comes in for the reunion hug and then has a heel turn that's made so fucking obvious. Yet another thing that could have been simmered a little bit here instead of hot shot booked because you know what? How about you have a real Riot Squad reunion because that other girl's not doing shit anyway. Sarah Logan, have them all come in and then have that fall apart and crumple too leading into my But nope, insta feud. Yeah. Return insta feud. Everything's instant gratification here. You know, on the bright side. I was yeah. gonna say, or in that case, just bring them all together so they can all actually be doing something. No, the bring second them they turn, you gotta fuck off with those Harry Logan. Split them off if you want to, but I'm just saying, at least put them together before you split them up. It's like it's just such a rush with everything. And then on the bright side, Liv lost, lost, uh, you know, a lover and a best friend. And I know it sounds messed up to say on the bright side, but the point being that now there's some direction there if they choose to follow it. You have a character here who literally has nothing to lose. She's her lover betraying her, her best friend turned on her from her stable. Could make something out of her, you know, especially since you've been doing video packages almost kind of alluding to the fact that you were gonna, you were gonna do something. She was talking about how her life needed to change. She was in the tub talking shit and then somehow that became nothing. So how about we do it now that she's lost almost everything? Yeah. But then again, can we really trust them to do it? Yeah, I don't know. 
they have Drew McIntyre like Babe Ruth over here calling it in the fucking air. Three second Claymore <laughs> kick. You know, oh, I'm going to get in there. And when that bell rings, he points to the sky like Babe used to do. No, he doesn't. He doesn't point to the sky. But, you know, he basically says in three seconds, I'm going to hit you with the Claymore and I'm going to go. He's saying this to Moldrow, by the way, in case you're wondering, not that it matters, but he does it. He hey, he literally takes the mic and he does that. Boy, you know what I'm going to do to you when I get home? And then he does a casual promo and then he just hits him with the fucking kick. He's, he's like, Moldrow's a super jobber. Mo jobber. Yep. Unbelievable. Mo Jabba. God, if Mojo's a super drama, that sucks for his valet. Yeah. Oh. Then Seth Rollins and his minions have this backstage promo where I don't know why it didn't occur to me before. It suddenly dawns on me when I look at him with his little man bun and his followers. He's if Joseph he's, Seed. Yes. He's Joseph Seed from fucking Far Cry. I'm like, wait, are yeah. you kidding me? This guy. I didn't know that's where you were going. <laughs> that's where I was going. That's where I was going. Holy shit. I'm thinking... He's fucking Joseph Seed. He looks like Seth Rollins. He's Joseph Seed. He has the hair back. He's he's preaching to these people. The followers are stupid. <laughs> so if that's the case, all they need is to get rid of the office of botch and just get another guy and a girl and then the Seed family. That's what we need to do. If we could do the graphic, yeah. we need to uh, we need to take Seth Rollins and just put him in front of the Far Cry graphic. The, the one with you know the guy poses with his arms out. Or it'd be, it'd be... As far as can you do that? <laughs> well, Give me a minute. If it's even possible, but yeah, you know, we need to Far Cry yeah. him. That's what he is. He's, he's, I'm he's, telling he's, you, like let's just. Like, yeah, that's all you got to do. Get rid of the authors of Bosch because unless Paul Ellering's there, nobody wants to see them. You get yourself another singles competitor. Get yourself one of the girls. Fuck it. Get Sarah Logan. She's the faith. Either that or you turn, you, you, you turn, uh, Rollins into, into, um, or you turn Joseph Seed into Rollins. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but yeah, they could have done something more with the Riot Squad. They could have built something there. They law, they, they, they have some direction, but they didn't really do anything. That, that, yeah, that's, that's just the thing that pisses me off. Cause like we've seen, we've seen what happens when they split them up. So I don't want to see if you're bringing them back, keep them back because they can't be trusted to split them up because they'll just forget about one of them. Yeah. Like we're not going to get all three of them doing something. We're going to get maybe one doing like a half a thing. The other one's going to be on like superstars or some shit. And then Sarah Logan's going to be somewhere. God knows, hoping she gets an entrance. Yeah, and then Lawler, he goes into how the definition of stupidity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. And I'm like, no, dude, that's insanity. Definitely he says not this stupidity. with his corny bits every week, and he's talking about stupidity. Come on, Mira. <sighs> I'm sorry, like his, his 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 bits are painful. He has a good one every now and then, but yeah. like it. And then after <sighs> this, we have a six man elimination tag match. Who are the people in this again? Please remind me. It was uh, Buddy Murphy and the Authors of Botch against uh, it was Kevin Owens and the Viking Raiders. Right, right. The good old babyface stable that we have going on here. And it basically winds up with a clean, well, almost a clean sweep. Never mind. But yeah, Owens did really good, man. He was kicking ass out there. He was stunning people yeah. left and right because uh, who, who was it that got carried to the back? One of the Viking Raiders fucked it was up. um Yeah, Roe um, Ro got eliminated and Hanson wound up getting uh, tossed into the LED board and basically it looked no, like he, he's like... He went to shoulder block him and he ducked it and like he kind of just pancaked the board. Yeah, he basically hit the board. The board went out and then he wound up getting uh, carted to the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rough and stuff. Freaking, and, and, and freaking yeah. Owens pulled his best impression of Shawn Michaels in 2004 when he got rid of uh, Murphy with the pop-up powerbomb. And then it was Akam with a stunner, I think. Yeah. And unfortunately, the the, the heels go over here. Yeah. That's what happens when you leave a man alone. You get pinned by one of the authors of Botch. Mm-hmm. Alistair Black jobs out Eric Young. What a waste <laughs> of time that is. Where? Yeah. Why does he still have Sandy's music? I don't understand. 
yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Selena Vega, she comes out, but this time she's managing Angel Garza. And, uh, she basically asks if, uh, Humberto is surprised. And she says that basically, uh, she knows his weaknesses. And she basically says that she starts putting over Garza for being a former cruiserweight champion. And, uh, Humberto winds up slapping Garza and then they start fighting. And then Garza winds up hitting the wing clipper. And then, uh, he basically tosses him out of the ring, hits him with a drop kick. They get into a big brawl here. Um, Mysterio winds up coming out to help Humberto. And, uh, this leads to a match with Mysterio against Garza with the finish being Ray eating the hammerlock DDT on the exposed concrete. That spot is getting old, but I wonder if this is permanent. Then Andrade fuck up his push. That's it. They move Zelina Vega on now. She's now with Angel Garza, and that's the end of that. I mean, maybe Garza's just the fill-in for now till uh, he gets till Andrade gets back. Because I mean, we're not going to see Andrade for a month, so yeah. What's Zelina going to do until then? Yeah. And it, and it kind of makes sense that like she would have the connections to be able to get to guard to get to Umberto's cousin. Yeah. Andrade tweeted saying, never give up because things get tough. Remember where you come from and where you were going. Never quit because things got tough. Remember where you come from, where you were going. He says it twice. Okay. Is it a chant? I don't know. Yeah. Charlotte comes out to do a promo in regards to who her mania opponent's going to be before she chooses anybody. Rhea Ripley comes out. She kind of spoils it, though, by bringing up NXT before this happens. It would have been better to just avoid that. But anyway, Rhea Ripley comes out. She says that she may have beaten the other two champions, but she hasn't beaten her. Charlotte looks at her and no sells. Just goes up to the top of the ramp. It's kind of like, nah. I kind of like the way Rhea worded that, though, because she said the same thing to Baszler. Look how that turned out. Yeah, so that was but definitely... I mean, but I mean, even though Charlotte did kind of spoil it, Rhea still got a hell of a pop, for sure. <laughs> like yeah. At this point, that girl comes with a pop. I heard... A couple of weeks ago that the decided match for WrestleMania was already Charlotte against Rhea Ripley, no matter what. So I yeah, kinda I, I've, I've heard going. that's what I, I've, in fact, I've, I've already heard what the I've heard what the decided match for all three of those titles might be. Yeah. Yeah. It's still too soon. Things change too often. Yeah. But so far, so I would like that though. solidifying. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be cool. So, uh Natty has a match, Natalia against Asuka with the finish being Carrie Sane with the distraction and then Asuka lock for the pin. Natalia shows a little bit of aggression here when she has the sharpshooter and, uh, after the pinning combination roll through, she has her in the sharpshooter and, uh, she re- doesn't release until almost at the five on the ropes, which I guess that's just her frustration manifesting over. Uh, then afterwards, Asuka calls out Becky. And I don't know if Becky's going through the slow phases of a heel turn. This is the same time she's, this is the second time she's looked a little off to me. Like last week she was extra cocky. This week she's wearing sunglasses at night. I think it's just, I I don't even know if I call it the heel turn. It's just a man. Like she, she got her confidence back after she got that monkey off her back at the room, off the rumble. They're toying with the idea of her being a heel though. And they're on the fence about it. You can tell. The sad part about it is they, 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 the, the crowd won't allow them to turn her heel. They don't get to turn her heel at this point because no matter what they do, the crowd's going to love it. Yeah. We'll see. At this point, at this point, it's face or edgy for Becky. <laughs> I do love the fucking thug life glasses though. Yeah. I need those in my life. Finally, we have the number one contender match with Seth Rollins against Ricochet against Bobby Lashley. And, uh, it was a pretty good match, I have to say, for the guys that we had in here with Ricochet going over. 
He gets in the top rope and hits the 450 splash. So congrats to Ricochet, who Mysterio has called the next Rey Mysterio. And I have a seal of approval right there. This is a short-lived celebration because Ricochet, if you recall, had some dessert. You know, he had a receipt waiting for him because he low-blowed Brock Lesnar during the Royal Rumble. And I knew that that wasn't going to go unheard of. And Brock comes out of nowhere, hits an F5, and then uh, that's it. Ricochet is unconscious. He won't remember this Raw, even though he won. And Ricochet gets Brock at a Super Showdown. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I like that they tried to play it off as if Lashley or Rollins was kind of going to win. First of all, nobody wants to see Lashley in a title match. And we've already seen him and Rollins, so it kind of made sense that Ricochet was going to be the one to win it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think we're ready to wrap up here. You know? Yep. It's been a long one. I consider this sort of like a soft reboot of everything. That being said, thank you. And don't forget to tune in Wednesday, where we're going to have our party games on game night. Also, don't forget uh, Sunday, we usually do our adventure game night. We do streaming and all kinds of different streaming randomly in between there. Unscheduled, unplanned, random streams. If you want to just tune in and check that out. Remember, you can find the replays with video on the bottom of mixit.com slash talkbrush in the replay section. You can also check us out, follow us on social media, YouTube, all of that other stuff. Also, thank you to all of the followers that have been in the chat room the entire night. Six Slayer, Joe Wall, Willie V2, EB Gamer, Cooler Ice, Stasis Dream, Sugar Shane, Concave Ranger 61, Mark 710, It's Gilly, Sound 9978536, Moan in My Ear, Jedi 77974475, George with a Z, Bushy Cart 6536, uh, Finer, Finer Flizz, and Red Dog 76. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 365, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dyra, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, from myself and Destin and Squires. We are out of here. We out here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>